0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick A Side podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez, Joe Dells, and this is now episode 151. In this episode, we are going to recap the conference championship games, talk about Tom Brady announcing his retirement, recent head coaching hires, revisiting the Herbert versus Burrow debate. And more. A quick Patreon shout out to Sensei Stevie, Drew Stop Whining, SA Crimes, Kevin, Woody Buckets, Tizzy, so Corey, up. Max, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Chris, Charles, Michael, Greg, Cole, On Bloods, Cuff, Liam, T Grove, B Money, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis Ball, Aaron Moran, Matthew Jimenez, it's Black Ace, Anthony BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Ricky, Enzo, Sean, Muffins, John, Sean Triplet, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Hikari, Mateen, Dave 2 Freedom, and Jay Aqua. Good
1: old Jay. Aqua yes, sir. Let's get into it.
0: I don't think my stamina is it can last I'll tell you what, man. too long too much longer I don't remember it being, being that long. Yeah, I do sure. not
1: remember it being that long.
0: Because this time I took my time a little bit with it.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. You give these guys the respect that they deserve. Dramatic no, absolutely.
0: Nine. I respect it. Yeah, because if I go too fast, sometimes my voice it just kind of Shuts out. uh
1: man. No, of course. You got to start You over. need air.
0: And I don't want to start over. Yeah.
1: You ever give a presentation and you're like suddenly like, <gasps> yeah. it's because you're not breathing. You're nervous as hell.
0: So, how was your guys this weekend?
1: Had a great weekend. It was a big weekend for you. Had a great weekend. Absolutely amazing. Couldn't ask for anything it, what, better.
0: What made it so great? First off, Patty
1: Mahomes is going home <laughs> and I couldn't be happier. It is a great weekend for the brand for you. That was absolutely sensational. I loved every second of it. I couldn't believe it for a second. Like, it went into overtime, toss went the other way. I already called it. I said, all right, it's over. You know, I just continued to doubt the Bengals. And then by some divine miracle, this guy Mahomes forgot how to play football. Oh, it was amazing. And then to cap it off, Maddie Staffy, scoring on three straight drives to end the game, brings it home for the Ramley. Yes, sir. It was amazing,
2: and let's not forget seven year anniversary with the GF. How could you forget Yo, that?
1: You know what? That is such a fact, and I appreciate that you of course, mentioned that. Bro. Shout out to Shout Alexandra. Out to Al. Real she one. She is watching this show, which I do believe. I know she's watching because she knows that it's, it was our anniversary. Yeah. Maybe she thought that hey, you were going to show some love. That's what and I'm saying, appreciate bro. That. I, I didn't even know yeah. that you were going to do that, so I of appreciate course. that. Anytime, bro. Happy anniversary, queen. We had a great time last night. We went to Archetypist. Got a nice. little ice cream.
0: Archetypist. That? Archetypist. Uh, it's cave, a cave right? place, yeah. yes, oh, in, uh, wow. in
1: Edgewater. I'll tell you what, service, mid. Yeah. That being said, the food, was excellent.
3: Last
2: time I was there was like high school. Really? That's where that I wrong? asked uh, her to prom. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's where I started a <laughs> prom. <In> Say less. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I kind of got like peer pressured into that because she didn't want it at first i don't think she wanted a proposal. Uh-huh. and then yeah we were, she was basic we were just there and then i forgot who were we nah, were guess not basic I, I forgot who were we with but they're like yo she's doing now it's like, guy right. and it was nice though they, they got like a little dessert they put prom question mark on the dessert it was nice it was a great idea it to was be it, it
1: definitely wasn't mine i forgot who we were with though um, i feel like max was there bessie was there look i'm throwing out names yeah, i'm sorry so
2: hot um, <laughs> 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 i don't i don't remember who was there honestly but I don't know. That was the last time I was That's there, lit. though. Of, like, no, it was, a, it was a good time.
1: Bro, I got home like 1030. I got into bed, and I just KO'd. I yeah. was so damn full. Just had the ill food coma. What'd you get, bro? I had, we got some nachos. I'll nice. tell you why. The service was mid. Mm-hmm. I got some nachos. I asked for grilled chicken on top. No grilled chicken. No grilled chicken. <laughs> I get my wrap. It was great. Bro, if they would have threw blue cheese in there, I would have thrown up. <laughs> i said no blue cheese everything else is copacetic i got like a uh it was called the blue rojo it had like chicken it had avocado bacon all that it was good then we got the dessert now this is i'm gonna expose myself i got mint chocolate chip ice cream what's exposing I, there i know i know i actually I just, saw
2: some meme saying if you like mint chocolate chip you like this and it was just Toothpaste with chalk, and I was like, "Yo, that's so that's
1: rude." So Man, chocolate up. Chips ro- is good. Yeah, you know, bro, I'm so so glad good. you guys feel that way because there's definitely people that have that opinion, and I used to be one of them, and that's so why good. I feel very.
0: But a rainbow sherbet is good too. I love it. The say best. that one more time. Rainbow sherbet. Sherbet, not sorbet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rainbow sherbet <laughs> there, there it is. I was gonna say. I don't think yeah. either of those <laughs> sounds right <Sherber>. me. <laughs> sherbet. I've never had that. Yeah, no, Rainbow Sherber from um Baskin Robbins is yeah, fire. Smacks, bro, fire. Bro. But um yeah, so I got a mint chocolate chip ice cream with the vanilla ice cream, then like Kit Kats on top, caramel Ooh, dressing. Bro, hot. my stomach. It was, was in shambles, in I believe. shambles. It. Yeah. Did you make it out of the restaurant?
2: I did, but oh, this
1: nice. today was torture. You were yeah, going to war a little for I was a for my life. Been there, my yeah, Horrible.
0: I played my Madden franchise game this weekend. And? I lost. Mm. First round?
1: little bit of the wild That's Garden. so messed Last up. Last time we played, that beat him.
0: Bro, I faced this dude you who... You got lucky.
1: Oh bro, that God. fumble with the tight end was garbage. I don't want to hear it. What are you going to do? There's, the
2: touchdown return was garbage. The yeah, fumble itself, uh, I yeah. let you up.
1: Guys, it's a tight end. He shouldn't be fumbling, bro. But The person your game. I faced,
0: bro, his team was ridiculous. Yeah. He had... It was it was the Bengals. And this is like a realistic roster, so it's not a fantasy draft. For some reason, he has Aaron Rodgers on his team. He probably traded Joe Burrow.
1: That's messed up. He Joe has, good he has Jamar
0: team. Chase. He has Terry McLaurin. I forgot his third wide receiver. He doesn't really matter. His running back is Derrick Henry. Jeez. He's stacked. And in Madden, speed is mad. Everything. Speed is everything, yeah. bro. So you got Terry out here with a 95 speed. Jamar with a 95 speed. And, you know, I got Bryce Hall starting who has like an 89 <laughs> speed. Yeah, it's over. Bro, my corners was getting cooked, bro. Yeah, the, I knew the Jets. Yeah, so they're yeah. terrible. I knew, yeah, but I made the playoffs. Oh, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson threw 29 touchdowns, like 17 fakes. Yeah, I'm I'm an interception machine, bro. And you and, throw too man, many, you're saying? I throw way too many, that bro. Happens. But I'm that really is, good man. defensively for the most part, so I get him back. But oh my gosh, bro. He smacked me. And I knew that <laughs> I knew that going into the game, I gotta play turnover free football. I gotta take advantage of my possessions. First drive, I scored. I got the ball first, I scored. I missed the field goal. Ugh.
2: It was a, it was a a,
0: it was snowing, bro, oh, in the snow. game. Yeah, bro. Like, oh, you were in Lambo. Oh, wait. I was in Lambo. Yeah.
2: Wait, how are we in the playoffs?
0: No, I was in Cincinnati, bro. My bad. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I'm
2: thinking Rodgers. Where Word, mm-hmm. it Yeah,
0: it was snowing, so you know the kicker missed. I got a stop on him. I got an interception. And right there, I was like, okay, yo, I could really take advantage of this game right now. Pick six? Yo, not a pick six. <laughs> uh, I'm rolling right with Zach Wilson. I, like, nobody's open. I know nobody's open. I have a flat. And, like, the window's tight as fuck, bro. It's really tight. And he has a line. He's using a linebacker that's pretty close to him. Yo, I don't know why, but my finger just pressed. And I knew <laughs> I, I should have thrown yeah. away, bro. I threw it. It was a pick. That I was like... Oh man. Yeah. Been there too many Yo, times, I threw man. four picks in that game, bro. Oh man. Like That's a four speed to pi- lose. Yo, after I started so great, I threw four picks in that game and I was like, I kn- bro, I knew I had to just not lose a turnover battle. Yeah. Like that I hurts. told myself that hurts. That.
1: So what was the score?
0: 34-13. I quit though in the in Oh the, God. And you, in you quit the, in
1: the, <laughs> <laughs> the fourth. Bro said I got 21. I I'm out of here. Do you know these guys that you play Madden with or just Nah it's random.
0: just like some random stuff I find on Reddit? Like That's Madden what? franchises. I just joined. They got a whole Discord server, and, like, they run it as an actual league. I, I, as an actual league. I think some people take it a, a bit too seriously. Yeah. Like, they'll hit me up if I don't... You know, they have, like, this active check weekly. Like, oh, press this check if you're active. And if I don't press it, they, like, hit me up. Like, yo, bro, you still in the league? Uh, you know? So, like, it, they're really on top of things, yeah. and they advance, like, every other I wish I had more weeks. time so we could like play every ours. Because
2: yeah. we do a league. Usually, we just do like, four or five of our friends. We do a fantasy Absolutely draft. Absolutely max five. We've never finished a, a year ever because we just draft our teams we play each other once and we just do another one
0: I don't like that because I like I don't, I don't like playing a CPU
2: well we don't we just sim until we play each other
0: playing offense
1: only though is kind of fun that's what I, if I do yeah. have to play the CPU I just do offense Vax. only Me too. I
2: don't especially in on all Madden bro the computer is so cheese on
1: offense bro they hit the they literally hit the wide open guy yeah, 10 out of 10 like times
2: like any any quarterback will go 12 for 13 for 170 yards and it doesn't matter what coverage you play what blitzes you send it like they'll just eat you up
0: I think it's safe to say that we were all wrong about the Bengals, even though you were you were slightly leaning towards picking them, but you didn't
2: pick yeah, them. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't considering picking them. I was just saying that there's a chance. You know, Casey comes out flat, and it was the opposite. Casey came out hot, and the Bengals still managed to come back.
0: You, I think, because we posted a TikTok clip about our prediction, and it has a lot of views. You are the reason the clip doesn't look as awful. Thanks, Joel. As it. <laughs> Could have looked. I'm glad dude. only
1: my score prediction was in it, to be honest. With you. I didn't <laughs> say anything that? else. Because I, I, think I it was, do think somewhere was 30, in that
2: clip, somewhere in that, I feel like one of the first senses I said is I kind of feel like this could be a blowout, uh-huh. and I kind of saved myself towards the end. But, yeah.
0: My first sense was like, I think they'll score just enough for this not to be a complete embarrassment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was trending that way, bro. 21-3. Nah, yeah, like, come on, bro. We all thought it come I was on. watching
2: the game with Drew. We were like,
0: damn. I like, was throwing victory laps at halftime. Bro. I was like, what? I was with my dad. I was like, "Dad, I told you." Like, but the thing is, when we texted
1: during the game, and I said, "Man, this game is just horrible," you said. It was like this last time, uh, and identical. the Bengals came back. Yeah, It
0: was; they did come back. It From was the pretty exact same identical, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's why I'm surprised to hear you say that you're telling your pops that yeah, it was a lock. I knew Casey it's, was going to win. It's hard
2: to remember that though. At week 17, when you see, when you're looking at KC just dominating them, to think oh, it could happen again, just because like well, we've seen it once. What a chance this happens? Because we
1: thought that the Bills were better than the Bengals. That's ultimately what it was, and the fact that the Chiefs had came out so hot, some people at this table thought the Bills were better than the Chiefs. I really do. Not- I yeah, really
0: I think. do <laughs> think the. Do you think the Bills? Would it be in the Bengals? I do think that would have happened, yeah. I think, yeah, who knows? He
2: just came back from 21-3 yeah, against the Yeah, I know, KC man. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I Mahomes like had like was, a
1: historic choke for at did, least him. Yeah, he had a really bad
0: half. I feel like, man, I feel like the, the Bills blew their opportunity this year. This was the year for them to go all the way. You really think this was the year? This was the year. Like, yeah. no Trey
1: White... Like secondary was obviously really great. Josh this Allen season,
0: was flawless, but he's going to he's be gonna flawless be great again. For years, I know. Lose but like— going to hurt, though. We'll get into that later. It's going to hurt, Dable but like gonna hurt. I feel, I feel like this year was the Bills' year, and losing to Casey really messed that up. I
2: don't know, bro. Josh Allen is twenty four. Like I get they have the cold I get future. that, but I and know, he's still is he still on his rookie? This or year, just,
0: I felt like the AFC was wide open. For the most part.
2: Yeah, why wouldn't it be? I mean, next year will be a little bit tighter, but the Bills are still probably going to be have the second best
1: odds to come out behind the Chiefs. or They even, may even have the best odds. They might have the best odds, truthfully. I guess. Because people are going to sleep on Cincinnati again. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's only going to get I'm better. The AFC
2: is just nuts with quarterbacks. Yeah, or no, I, that, agree. Like, the I competition agree. I agree. I'm top. not either.
1: But I'm saying Cincinnati's only going to get better, but we've seen it in past history where teams are not automatically favored if you win the Super and, Bowl.
0: And we'll recap the game in a little bit, uh, but you, you said something good right there. I don't know why, like okay, on TikTok I'm the face of the Bengal like being wrong about the Bengals and stuff. Like somebody made an edit about it. It has like 2.5 million views right now. now. Yeah. That video yeah. is nuts. I didn't. I didn't give a record prediction. I just said I just you know Joe Burrow torn ACL. I mean come on. Let's stop acting like people thought the Bengals were gonna be good. I'm with you. Man. You can go through every single content creator, analyst. Person that gets paid on TV, whether it's ESPN or Fox or whatever other sports network. There's only one.
1: I'll give him his credit. He,
0: he didn't even say it in the offseason. That was really? like week three. He it was, was early. That was, was early. when the Bengals started out good. I was yeah. going to say,
1: there's a clip of me saying that I think that the Bengals could come out of the AFC at some point in the season, too. There's just, you did say yeah, that. Yeah, you did. did say that. Yeah.
0: Everybody in the offseason didn't see this coming from the Bengals. And that's what makes the story so special. I get it. It's fine to pick at, you know, people being wrong and stuff. But let's not act like this was an an abysmal take oh to say the Bengals were not going to make the playoffs or much, even make uh-huh. the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> come on. Nobody expected it. That being said, I'm disappointed in myself. Why, though? I owe it to the fans out there that listen to the opinions on this show and listen to my opinion on the show better. I've been I've went one in six these past two weeks in my playoff predictions. Not great. My dad made me feel a little better about it, though, because he was like, most of these games have been. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just are so
1: funny in <laughs> the way that you say things sometimes.
0: Mo- my dad told me he said, I mean, the most of the games were came down to the final second. Definitely. The Packers losing against the Niners. I thought the game was going to come down to who had the ball last. Niners had the ball last. I picked the Bengals over Titans. Chiefs versus Bills. I mean, come on. Bills, you only have to guard the Chiefs for 13 seconds, and they lose. That hurt. Who could have predicted three upsets in a divisional round?
3: Yeah.
0: I predicted two. That's it. And the Rams and Bucks, I got that wrong. I Okay, I was really wrong about that. Then this past weekend, AFC Championship, Chiefs and uh, Bengals, the Chiefs blow a 21-3 lead, an 18-point lead. That's tied for the most in championship history. Like come on. And then the, the Rams and Niners. Jaquiski tart man. Jaquiskit tart. Tartt. tart. Jaquiskit
2: all of this, bro. Jaquiski
1: tart. Not Jimmy G playing like ass. Chill, chill. He did bro, not play terrible. like ass until it mattered, unfortunately.
0: Jaquisky tart man, when he dropped it's it, terrible. I I already knew. I already knew when he dropped it. That's gonna cost him right there.
2: Of course. I knew yeah, it. I course. knew it. That
0: was the one mistake that Staffy made in the entire it, it, I second half. No
2: clue what he was doing. Like even the replay. I was like, bro, where are you throwing it?
0: I think this just this is just uh You
2: know what they say, bro. Sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes the bear eats you. Shout Bears out, you shout out to you Standals. This man,
0: is man. the football gods teaching me a lesson in humility humility. Because last season I picked the Bucks since June. They got blown out by the Saints twice in a regular season. I stood firm. I stood my ground. They ended up proving me right to the point I bought a Bucks hat. It's over there. And a Brady jersey. I was going to wear it on the show today because he retired. I wanted to honor him, but I, nah, I, really, I didn't really want to do that okay. on this show. This was the football guys trying to humble me, making me go one in six. And what makes me feel better about all of it is that LeBron James choked. In 2011, against the Mavericks. Patrick Mahomes just choked against the, the Bengals. We just saw it this past Sunday. Without a doubt. We've seen legends have bad stretches, yep. have bad games. Yep. I'm going through a bad game, a bad stretch, but I'll be back.
1: I agree. Of course. I'll be back. I agree.
0: LeBron 2012, revenge
1: tour. Now, on the contrary, there's me who picked the Rams week one, and here we are. I got bashed for that game against the Niners, the game against Tennessee, in prime time because Staffy couldn't get it done. Now here I am, sitting here with my Ramley. As we're here together, boys, we're here together. We didn't get here alone. And we're going to the bowl. The big game. And Matty Staffy, he gets his chance to show the world, including my friend Joel over here, that he's that dude.
0: I don't question Matthew Stafford. Oh, you're over it? We're no, done? no, I don't no, no. trust You him. have
2: very weird wordage. No. I don't trust him, but he makes dumb decisions. Like The way you word things is very specific, so you could come back and be like, oh, I never said I didn't trust him.
0: No, oh, no, no. Last show we got him. I don't Last trust show. him. Oh, my but God. I, what do you just I say? I don't question him. I, you, I'm not going to question his ability. You don't I know question he can do him, it. but you don't trust him. Yes. Come Lamar on. Jackson, you know he's a great quarterback. I don't fully trust him in the playoffs. Do you question him, though?
1: Wait. So you still don't trust Staffy in the playoffs after he? Come on, bro. come on. He's got to win the bowl. He just got to do the whole thing.
0: We'll talk about the Rams next segment. We will. But no, I still don't fully trust Stafford. Insane. I don't. Insane. I don't. It's just a gut feeling for me, bro. It's just you know how I trust my quarterbacks. All right, man. I knew in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. The guy right behind me, Sanchez. All right, then, I let's, let's, trust that then guy.
1: let's talk about the guy who your gut feeling told you could one day potentially be the greatest of all time, and Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about him.
0: Me, Patrick Mahomes. Talk let's, about him. Let's now. talk about him. Why not? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Let's recap Man, the let's game do real it. quick. Let's do it. Well, I thought Mahomes was bad situationally late in the game. Um, really, Lou Anarumo, I think that's how you say his name, defense coordinator for the Bengals. Yeah. They just made Agreed. they just made an adjustment in the second half, and they dropped eight. They basically covered the Chiefs, how a defense would cover the air raid system. They just dropped back a bunch of defensive backs, and Mahomes wasn't being patient with his throws. It felt like he wanted the big play the entire time. And also, just some Bengals made some big-time plays. B.J. Hill getting that interception on that RPO, that was a big-time play. And Mahomes, I think, really struggled in just being aware and sensing pressure. Mm -hmm. It felt like he bailed the pocket early a lot in the second half. You think so? I do think so. In in the first half, he was damn near. He was great. Oh, no, he was perfect. He was great. But I felt like they started to struggle the last possession of the first half where the Chiefs had perfect position to score a touchdown. They were right in the red zone. They couldn't even score a field goal. But Mahomes, instead of recognizing the situation and being smart about it, instead threw it to Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill also has some blame because instead of getting out of bounds, he tried to steamroll two defenders to get to the end zone. Chiefs had no timeouts. He gets tackled. Now the Chiefs get no points before the half. I mean, that situation, that's just abysmal by the Chiefs. But the second half, I mean, nobody could have saw... The Chiefs scoring three points in the second half at all. Yeah. And I think it's a credit to the Bengals. You know, we talk about Mahomes choking a lot, and I think that's what the internet's rolling with right now. But the Bengals nice. just were perfect defensively, and their secondary players did a hell of a job covering KC. And KC has to go out in the offseason get another receiver to pair up with Tyreek Hill because they have Hill, they have Kelsey. Those other guys are non-factors. I know McCall Hardman had a pretty big play in that game, did. but he's a non-factor. He's not what he was sought out to. He's not what people thought he was going to be. What's
1: interesting about that is that I felt like there was a momentum shift when on the sideline you see McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill and a couple of guys on the offense start to get into like a little spat. Something's going on on the sideline, and McCall Hardman's saying, get me the ball. I'm open. Pass me the ball. Now it's interesting because clearly we know that McCall Hardman is probably – the fourth option, if we're not going to include the the third option, if we're not including the running back, but including the running back, he's probably the fourth option in in KC right now. But McCole Hardman had some huge plays on Sunday, and he definitely was open a bunch. Where the offense coordinator was coming in is like, yes, like he's getting open, like maybe you could see him. But I feel like McCole Hardman was a non factor after that moment, and that whole time the offense is just stalling. They had four punts in the second half. They had an interception from Mahomes, obviously, that was very agree- Like it was a great play by the defender, but like a bad decision by Mahomes. It's like the defender's in your face. Stop trying to be the Superman that you that you think you are that he's shown to at least give him some kind of credit. And I think even if he got it through, there was a defender right no, behind him. No doubt. It was it. definitely an ill-advised decision by Mahomes. And then you get into field goal range, a very impressive drive to go to go about 50 yards to get yourself into field goal position, a 14-play drive to get you in field goal position. That was impressive where it seemed the complete opposite of the first game where the Bengals had a ton of tries to get into the end zone, except they capitalized and got into the end zone where Kansas City was only able to get into field goal range and kick the field goal ultimately. But that last drive, Mahomes almost blew the game for them. Where That's why I say, do you think that he escaped the pocket too long? Because in that one moment... Throughout the entirety of the game, I agree. I feel like it was a little bit of where he was a little bit scared in the pocket. Not scared, but like he was quick to evade the pocket like you were saying, sure. But in this one moment particularly, he's cooling in the pocket. He's chilling, he's chilling, he's chilling. Nothing is happening. You're Patrick Mahomes, take off. Why are you just staying stagnant in one spot for seconds waiting for something to happen? We saw last week where early in the game, you decided to take it into your own hands and you made big play after big play in that first drive, which ultimately ended up leading in a touchdown. You led your team in rushing yards that that game. You've shown to be a factor, which you're like, why didn't you show us a little bit of that more this past weekend? And then you get into overtime and Mahomes again gets the ball and we're all thinking this game's over. But there was nothing they could do that drive. Did nothing the first two plays. And the third play, they decided to go deep to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is the scapegoat. Just, you know, close your eyes. Oh, Tyreek's down there somewhere. In the and in ball. double coverage, we've been giving Jesse Bates this endless credit. That's one thing we can at least be proud of. We've acknowledged that Jesse Bates has been a difference maker for the Bengals, and he made a stellar play on the ball, step for step with Tyree Kill, at least playing perfect defense on him to get a hand in the last second, no interference whatsoever, and was able to tip the ball to first defender to make a play and, and ultimately get the interception that led the Bengals to kick their field goal to win this game, but Mahomes was rare this game. Where we saw Mahomes be Mahomes, that we've been accustomed to in this first half, and second half, he was like week week five Mahomes where he was irrelevant in a game. It was shocking to see. For me personally, obviously, we know my agenda when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't want him to do well. I'll be honest. That being said, I was shocked nevertheless. And yep. To see him play that bad was, was crazy. That's one thing I would give Josh Allen –
2: over Mahomes is Mahomes gets into these slumps. And we've seen it this year earlier in the year where he went on a few games slump almost a month where he didn't look like himself. The offense didn't and that's one area where I think Josh Allen has him just being more consistent quarterback all throughout. But you nailed it, man. I mean, it's a tale of two halves. Same thing that happened week 17 where the Chiefs come out hot, look spectacular, and it looks like there's no chance that the Bengals could come back in this game. And you mentioned it, Joel. The second half of the game, the Bengals played a lot more man. They dropped back in coverage because the zone was really killing them because whenever Patrick Mahomes would either step up in the pocket and run, he would outrun the linebacker or there's a couple plays where he would step up, the linebacker would step up, and now you have McKinnon open in the flat and you're able to get a big play there. Mahomes in the second half when facing three-man rushes was three for eight for 15 yards, one, one interception, and four sacks. He was able to do nothing in coverage. He wasn't able—you just got to give credit to the defense. Like you said, for it's sure. easy to say, oh, Mahomes had a bad game. But like when there's nobody open and you're dropping eight, and there's no, and you're they were still getting some pressure with only three rushers. They had four sacks, only rushing three against a stellar Chiefs offensive line. So you got to give credit to the Bengals and how good their defense um, played in the second half. But a few takeaways, the field goal at the end of the first half was very questionable not taking the field Mm -hmm. goal because you're giving the Bengals some momentum. Up until that point, you have all of the momentum, all the momentum, everything's going your way. And now instead, they get a, I don't know what down it was. There's only five seconds, might have been third down. But now they're getting the momentum going into halftime. They're thinking, okay, like, Sure, we're down 18, but at least we're not down 24, 25 now, right? We still have a chance to come back into this game. So the Bengals go into the locker room feeling a little bit better about themselves. The Chiefs feel a little bit worse, and that definitely played in the second half of the game. Um, I also think you mentioned the defensive coordinator. It was also interesting how they were playing their spies with him, that play that you mentioned uh, the fourth, third down play when they kicked the field goal, the Chiefs had to go into overtime. Uh, Hubbard was actually the one who was playing QB spy that, that play. Like yep. Normally you have a linebacker. He backer. had a great game. He had a phenomenal game. He was the one who was the spy. They only rushed three or four. But then once Mahomes started running around and going crazy, once he saw an open lane, he just you know looked like a bullet yeah, and went right through Mahomes, mm-hmm. right through the offensive line, was able to sack Mahomes, almost made him fumble as well. Um, and I think it's important to note, if you're a Bengals fan, this is a game where Joe Burrow didn't backpack you. You know, a lot of us thought that if the Bengals are going to, you know, go far in the playoffs, make a Super Bowl run, we all expected it to be on the back of Joe Burrow. He's going to have to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. He's going to be, have to be the focal point of this offense and this team overall. And that really hasn't happened throughout the playoffs. I mean, uh, this, the first game against the Raiders, he was 60% completion, 250. Um, Am I looking at... The, oh, sorry. First game against the Raiders was 70% completion, 244, two touchdowns, zero interception. A really solid game, but 240 and two touchdowns, that's good. That's not mm-hmm. Hall of Fame level. Mm-hmm. His game against the Titans, 350 yards, but an interception, no touchdowns, a QBR of 28. And this game against the Chiefs, 60% completion percentage, 250, two touchdowns, interception. He's not putting up these video game numbers like we saw at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that they're really playing as a team. And the offensive line, even though they allowed 16 pressures, which was even more against Tennessee... Burrow was able to get the ball out quicker. He only got sacked one time, and it was a team effort because that's how you're going to have to beat a team like the Chiefs.
1: And that's where we got to give Burrow his credit, where we saw him be very elusive in the pocket, evade some big-time sacks, one specifically. Chris Jones is right on his ass. He's about yeah. to sack him. He somehow escapes it. He's able to outrun Chris Jones while Chris Jones breaks goes a breaks time. a tackle and goes and gets the first down. It was amazing, that play, and... It was very it's very interesting because I feel as if we haven't seen a lot of we were taught I said this a little bit before the show. We haven't seen a lot of big time throws out of Joe where it's like, oh my goodness, this guy has a one-of-a-kind arm. How did he fit in that window? But it's been big plays where he's the one doing the work to get out of the pressure that he's being felt. Another one where he's being, the pressure being felt on his on his strong side, he he somehow breaks out of it and sees Jamar Chase, who's in double coverage, just break out into just open space. Yeah. That's because Joe Burrow broke up, made that play happen with his legs. So we got to start giving him some credit in terms of he may not have the best arm, the most fantastic arm, but he has big play ability.
0: The Migos did a great job at disguising what they were going to do pre-snap. They would give Mahomes these two high looks then, in the middle of basically their formation, before the ball is snapped, they would now shift to one high. And Mahomes like, okay, only one, one back now. Then, when the ball is snapped, they would go back to two high. So, they did a great job at disguising what they were doing on defense. And you made an excellent point. Maybe in a traditional sense, Joe Bro didn't backpack the Bengals. Like, you know, we saw Josh Allen with the Bills. I think the Bengals deserve a lot of credit on defense for holding the Chiefs with three points. There's no doubt about that.
1: Joe Mixon had a great game, too, surprisingly, where I've been down on him these last yeah, couple and weeks. And the run
0: game got going yeah. in the second half. But I will say this. I kind of believe Joe Burrow backpacked. Like versus the Raiders, I think he—a little bit of a grinded-out game, but he showed you why he's a great quarterback. Yeah. Those timely plays he makes— Versus the Titans, he had a lot of timely plays. Oh, I
2: agree. I think situationally, he's been fantastic. Then for sure. The,
0: it, with the Bengals versus the Chiefs, he had three third-down scrambles for first downs. Yep. He escaped a sack from Chris Jones, threw it right to Jamar Chase, who they were double-teaming the entire game, KC was. Yep. Joe Burrow makes these situational plays that are winning plays. And in that sense, I, I say, like, maybe, okay, he didn't backpack them. But I'm saying the only reason they won is because of Joe. Like the only the biggest reason they won is because of Joe. Well, the
2: biggest reason they won against the Chiefs is the defense. They gave up 3 points in the second half and overtime. They also
0: let up 21 in the first.
2: I know, but if you're giving up 24 points to the Chiefs, you should probably feel pretty it good was, about yourself. It was
0: a great
1: team effort, which I feel like that's ultimately what we're all yeah. agreeing on. The defense Needs to be at a different level if you want to beat Kansas City. And
2: I also think everyone knows Joe Burrow. Everyone knows Jamar Chase. And we've been giving them praise all year. And even coming into the season. No one thought the Bengals defense could do anything remotely close to this. As
1: crazy as this would sound. The reason why the Bengals won. T. Higgins. Great game. T. Higgins was sensational. He was so damn good this past weekend. Big catch after big catch after big catch after the first half. I think he had just one bad drop.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah,
1: he had a bad drop, and after that, he was a different guy. Yeah, the touchdown one, right? Yep, that was hard. The, the first, the, the first down that he picked up, where Joe gave him, a th- he gave him a dot for sure. Oh, but to stay with that ball to keep to yeah, yeah. keep such strong hands, T. Higgins deserves endless credit because you knew they were going to try and take Jamar Chase out of this game, which for a good portion they did in the red zone, one on one coverage. You're begging for Jamar to beat you, but other than that. T. Higgins stepped up to the play and hit a home run.
0: The thing about that is, um, while I do think it was a team effort, and this entire Bengals season has been a team effort, their defense has stepped up. Evan McPherson, rookie kicker, no doubt, four for four on field goals. He has been ice clothed, he's been cold blooded. He stepped up. The offensive line actually had a worse game against the Chiefs than they did against the Titans. Yeah. They just didn't get more sacks on Burrow, but Joe Burrow has been letting the ball go out quicker. And I think that's a testament to his decision making and knowing the situation like, okay, this doesn't favor me here. I know my offensive line isn't the greatest. I have to adjust accordingly. Our play calling has to adjust accordingly. And quite frankly, Zach Taylor. I'm going to talk about this more in depth when we go into the Herbert and Burrow debate. I I get that Zach Taylor is the head coach for this team and they've made a Super Bowl run. But how how good is he actually? Like, I know he's a good motivator. He can definitely get guys to buy in the locker room. But Joe Burrow left LSU. He left Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron is now fired. It wasn't until Joe Burrow got there to where he had that success at LSU. He made Ed Orgeron look like a good like a great coach. He's making Zach Taylor look like a great coach right now. Burrow, I think, is the reason there is the biggest reason. Because we know the skill positions are there. Mixon got it going. The defense got it going. But ultimately, the Bengals, and it's the same thing with the Rams, the Bengals are winning these games because they have a quarterback who can bail them out of bad situations. And that's what it comes down to. And situationally, I can't think of a quarterback who's been better this season than Joe Burrow. You can name me that Stafford has the best quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. That's my Josh guy. Allen? Josh Allen is amazing. <laughs> You know how I feel about Josh Allen. In big
1: moments, that's the only reason why it comes to mind because Josh Allen, back against the wall, not once, but twice, came to play in Kansas City.
0: I don't want to answer that question out of respect for (laughs) Joe Burrow. Fair
1: enough. You know what? We don't want to be rude to Joe Burrow today. He deserves endless respect for what he did. But ultimately— we will never, ever get a bad word coming out of my mouth just for beating Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship.
0: But ultimately, Joe Burrow— He's the biggest reason why the Bengals are here. And the Bengals have found a, a special guy at quarterback. And for him to be doing this, this thing, I don't want to waste my material on the debate later because I got a lot of stuff. That's fair. But Joe Burrow, that's just a guy that I look at. And I hope one day I could be as cool as him.
1: Yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah.
2: It's hard to do, it, man. All we'll
1: right. Let me ask. Soon. All right. We'll 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 ask you guys, the fans. What is Joe Burrow's best nickname? Joe Burrow. Joe Scheiste. Joe Cool. Other ones, help me out, which what other what other nicknames? I feel like those are the main three that I see constantly. Let me know which one you think is his uh his best nickname. For me personally, come on. Joe Brr. If you can roll your R, Joe Joe Brr goes crazy. Joey franchise. Joey franchise is a tough one too.
0: I think it's I think it's Joe Sheisty. Joe Shiiste. Tough. tough too. Yeah, yeah. I think the my favorite one is Joe Sheisty.
1: That's fair. That's tough. Free poo.
0: Go ahead. 49ers Rams no don't for him.
1: I don't
2: know I don't know what he's fucked up for actually robbery oh
0: the oh, Rams reverse. beat the 49ers 20 to 17 um yeah man this wasn't <laughs> the best <day> <laughs>
2: you So <sound laughs> strong bro <laughs> <laughs> this game took years off your
1: life oh damn
0: <laughs> no I was watching way. this game and Stafford made some throws that were exceptional he also made some throws that made me go can't trust Stafford moment. Uh, that was a can't trust Stafford moment. Tart. No, he threw a couple. That I thought it was a can't trust Stafford moment. The Rams won this game because they had the better quarterback. It's as simple as that.
1: But, but I thought that he didn't have to be a better quarterback for the Niners to win.
0: That's I Jimmy thought. G? That, yeah, that's what I He thought. didn't have to be the, the better one, but he wasn't even half of what Stafford was in that game. In the fourth quarter, without a doubt. W- which is why I think they, they lost. The 40, 49ers nor the Rams, neither team could get the running game going. When that happens, you have to rely on your quarterback's arm. And I don't want to make this a, a Jimmy G slander segment because the guy deserves a break. Same thing I said earlier in the season for Baker, even though I think Jimmy G actually deserves it more than Baker. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing with a strained shoulder that he suffered against the Cowboys. He's been playing with a torn ligament in his throwing thumb that he suffered against the Titans. Back in the regular season, I think week 17. The guy is a warrior. He's been battling through these injuries. He hasn't been complaining. All to retain his starting spot. And after the game, he basically came out and said, "Every play, I feel it, but we made it through." And he told reporters, "I can finally be honest now. I can finally be honest. You know, just get it off my shoulders. I was going through pain. And had he not been going through that pain, do I think he might have outplayed Stafford? Probably. He probably would have
1: outplayed. You're crazy, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Outplayed anybody.
0: The difference (laughs) is that the Niners and the Rams. (laughs) The difference between the Niners and the Rams is that one." One team has a quarterback that is great, and that's the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo, for as, as better as I think he is than other people think, he is as good as what the game script of Kyle Shanahan is for him. Kyle Shanahan has to call the perfect play on every situation for Jimmy G to have ultimate success. Sean McVay has one of the more simplest offenses in the NFL. It's simplistic. You know what to do a lot of choice routes. He gives his players freedom. That's why Odell has been able to just be plugged in and have success immediately because the offense isn't overcomplicated. Kyle Shanahan is different. I didn't think he, nor Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan coached a great game. I agree. Hope I thought Kyle Shanahan's management and lack of aggressiveness, being conservative cost him. Sean McVay wasting his timeouts challenging plays that it was abundantly clear did not need to be challenged, it cost them. And also, you know, just calling plays that weren't the best at the moment. I'm with you. But ultimately, the two, the the biggest plays in the game were option routes by Cooper Cup. And you giving your quarterback freedom and your receiver freedom to be on the same page, to read the defense and connect. They didn't struggle against zone as I thought they would have. They were better against that. And the 49ers can't play much men because they can't cover. They don't have the corners to cover. Stafford can make off script plays. He can make plays off script. Despite McVay not coaching the best game. Honestly, I wouldn't even say he called the best game. He didn't. Matthew Stafford was the reason why the Rams were able to win because he's talented enough to lift up that team in those dire moments. And that's what I thought this game this game came down to. The two biggest ones the two biggest plays that came that it came down to was 4th and 2 at midfield. Sean McVay challenges the spot of the ball. So bad. Kyle Shanahan, you're a genius play caller. I regard you. I think the football community regards you as a top 5 offensive play caller in the NFL. was challenging a fumble by the way okay
1: yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: and the 49ers about to punt it McVay said no let me challenge it first even though you're going to give us the ball back it was mind-boggling
0: Kyle Shanahan has all this time to dial up a play he doesn't you need two yards you have Debo Samuel hell even Jimmy G on a short route or something draw something up Kyle Shanahan you're a you're a legendary play caller That's, that's what you're supposed that you're regarded as no. He decided to punt it. And that's where I think things went downhill for the offense because the offense never had a good field position after that unless Jaquiski Tart was able to catch an easy, fair catch, punt, return, basically ball. Matthew Stafford lays it right on you. Matthew Stafford is, <laughs> you know, I'm not the best fourth quarter quarterback. I'm going to just gift this ball away.
1: Not the— Not the best fourth quarter.
0: Matthew Stafford was was there. He was dropping back. He was like, man, this guy Joel's right. I do make (laughs) stupid throws. He just throws it up. He throws it up. Jaquiski Tart is here, and that's why he plays defense, because he can't catch, and he drops it. When he dropped it right there, I was standing up the entire time, the entire game. When he dropped it right there, my face went into my palm. My phone gets turned off, and I knew that play was going to be the reason the Niners lost the game, and oh my God, the things I was getting ready to say. After I saw the ball there, the ball was in the air on my screen for five minutes. Yeah. In those five minutes, I brainstormed in my notes a bunch of things, out tweets I was ready to send <laughs> off. I had drafts. I told you, can't trust Stafford. I told you, I told you, I told you. I, oh my God, I was getting ready for show. I had my notes out. And he drops it. <laughs> I deleted everything. Put my head in my, put my head in my hand. Went to the couch and started crying. I knew that was it. And then what happened? Oh, Stafford now makes a big-time play. It felt like the Niners couldn't stop them on third down ever. And oh, my God, the Niners get the ball back in Jimmy G. I mean, I just didn't have any confidence in him. The, the guy was doing nothing. Every single time he rolled out the pocket, I was like, it's going to get intercepted. Every single time he rolled out the pocket, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. This is the worst possible situation he could, he, he could possibly be in. And that's exactly what happened. The last play of the game, those in interception, Rams win. And, and I knew, I knew at that point, it's over. It's over.
2: Oh, you're the Rams guy, bro. Go for it.
1: Now, the Rams were down ten points going to the fourth quarter. Any normal football watcher, right? We're seeing the Rams go out, and they're stalling offensively. Just cannot get anything going. They had a great, a great first drive. They get to the end zone. Ah, he throws a pick. Stafford throws a pick in the first quarter. But that's been the story all season. He gets these turnovers in the first half, and it's basically him playing catch-up. That turnover really meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. Niners went out into the field, three and out. They get the ball back. Cooper Cup touchdown, like normal. Then the Niners score. Then they kick a field goal. Then they score again. Now it's 17-7. to Now things start to get really... The pressure is really on the Rams now. Here we are, fourth quarter, down 10. Joel can be my witness. I put my feet up on my couch, crossed my legs, sat back. I'm playing it cool. We have Matthew Stafford. What am I to be worried about? First drive, touchdown. Odell's cooking, by the way. He is cooking. Takes a lick on a, on a deep ball, 30 yards, helmet to helmet, gets up, starts flexing. He was in a different mode. Vintage. Cooper Cup. It might be time for all of us to deem him the best wide receiver in the NFL. It might be time. I can't, I can't fight it anymore. I love Devontae Adams and everything that he does on the football field. Production starting to outweigh talent for me at this point in time. You can't have a season like this and not get acknowledged as the best. It's gotten to that point. Every single week's a Madden stat line. Second drive comes around. And let's talk about what's going on on defense. Aaron Donald realizes, man, we're kind of getting beat right now. Our zones, what are we doing here? We got to get pressure on the quarterback. We didn't bring in Vaughn Miller for nothing. I'm not. I'm not Aaron Donald for nothing. I need to start doing my job. He pulls the boys over on the sideline, starts talking to them, gets in their ear like a true leader does. And from that moment on, the defense completely changed. Every single defensive possession from the Rams, they absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Jimmy Garoppolo was in hell. The run game was non-existent. Less than 50 yards rushing. You do that to the Rams, it is a recipe to win a ball game. Now here we go, Rams are on offense. And you alluded to this a little bit. McVeigh, in my opinion, was nervous. I think McVeigh was truthfully nervous. And it was all on Matthew Stafford. Stafford had to be the guy in the moment to keep everyone poised, keep everyone cool, realizes, man, this run game's not doing much for me. Cam Akers, he's had a couple great runs today, but he doesn't have it. Got injured earlier in the game. Sonny Michel, he's been great for us all season, doesn't have it. This Niners rush defense is legit. This line is legit. I got to be the guy. Goes down second drive. Puts him in field goal range. And the play calling by McVay on third down to do a screen pass to Sonny Michelle. He goes and you see him on the sideline. Points himself saying, that's on me. I agree. What are you doing, Sean? You have staff who's been slinging it all game. What are you doing? Now, we get to, to this guy's play, right? Where Tart drops the ball. The very next play, a 16 yard pass to Cooper Cup. It doesn't phase him. You say his confidence could be his downfall. His confidence is what allows me to put my feet up, sit back in my chair, and understand I have a reliable guy. If my quarterback's nervous playing the quarterback position, we're doomed from the start. But he's cool. He almost makes a, de- a costly turnover. And the very next play, he throws it like nothing ever happened. That was the difference in this game. You're 100% right. One, co- one quarterback was confident in his abilities, and the other quarterback was shaking in his boots because the pressure was too much. Nick Bosa played a hell of a game. Greenlaw was getting to the quarterback. These guys were amazing. Warner on Cup is barbecue chicken. You should never want that. As great as Fred Warner's been, Cooper Cup has been too good for you to throw Fred Warner on him. Matty Staffy gets the ball again, right? And now it's the 17-17 ball game. The third straight drive. Now this deficit just magically disappeared. And Matthew Stafford, common collective, just calmly driving these guys down the field, driving these guys down the field. Kicks a field goal. Sean McVay needed to do better by Staffy. He needed to do better. And this two touchdowns, one interception, it could easily have been three touchdowns, 360 yards. If this guy, I don't want to disrespect him. Uh, score score, Rennick. I don't know how to, if I butchered it. I apologize to you. Number 18 on the Rams. Dropped a touchdown. A gimme. And it kind of, that was the Rams' really chance to, to get some points up early in the game. But instead, a lot of pressure had to be built for this moment. When you have Matthew Stafford, it's nothing. And when you have Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball, that's the difference right there. That really was the difference in this game. They had the better quarterback, they had the better defensive player, and both of them stepped up to their fullest. It was a great game, but the great ones get it done. And ultimately, that's what Staffy and Aaron Donald did.
2: You said something interesting. You said how Kyle Shanahan feels like he has to call a perfect game to get them in the right situation. And I think that's how McVeigh felt last year when he had Jared Goff, who was very limited that year. He thought if I have any chance to win these games, I have to be perfect. I have to make sure, you know, Goff goes up to the line of scrimmage. I could still be in his ear till that fifteen second mark. That's why they were they were really quick last year when it comes to hiking the ball. And you guys talked great about this game, so I'm not gonna get too much into it. I want to talk a little bit about Jimmy G, though. Because you guys are right. Joel talked on him more. He's okay. Right? You compared him. Your comfort to it was Jimmy G. And after watching this past game, that might be a little rude. Because Jimmy G. No, Jimmy G. That's the Jimmy G <laughs> has his moments. But his high moments are like an above average quarterback. Right? He's never going to be in that Matt Stafford tier. I don't think he's ever going to be in a Kirk Cousins tier. And at that point, you're right. You have to coach perfectly and the pieces around you can't have many drops you can't fumble the ball your defense can't drop interceptions they can't miss on fumbles you can't have too many penalties because you just have to play in such a perfect way and that's why it's so impressive that he was able to take Jimmy G to the Super Bowl in 2019 and be right in position a game away to win the to go to the Super Bowl this year so when I look at what's next for Jimmy G and what's next for the 49ers because they're going back from this game and I think they're thinking the same thing We saw the Rams go out, be aggressive, got their quarterback, got Stafford. Now they're going to the Super Bowl. Well, the 49ers did that already. They did it last offseason. They traded multiple first-round picks, a a few others as well, to trade up to number three overall and select Trey Lance, who they they think is going to be the future franchise quarterback of this team. He's the guy who has all of the intangibles. He has the big arm. He's mobile. He can make every throw. He's handsome. He's got that kind of it factor to him, you know, as well. You know, from Jimmy G to, to Trey Lance, I'm of course. Su- you're I'm not surprised
0: dropp- that went into your Now You're not
2: dropping off on looks at all. you got to have some confidence as a quarterback, with you, that's for sure. Hey, short. hey, hey. So when it mattered most, that last two-minute drive, you have a minute 45, you have a timeout, and you don't even get a first down. His first play was an incomplete pass. His second play was a negative three-yard completion. His third play was an interception. That's how you're going to go out. You're the you're the guy. You want to fight for your spot. <laughs> but I think if you're a 49ers fan, this is almost the perfect scenario. Here he goes. Because if you're a 49ers fan, you know you have the team now to compete. And you don't want Jimmy G to play poorly. And he mm-hmm. didn't this season. Overall, he played pretty well. He was an above-average quarterback. And you also want to be able to trade him this offseason you know, and get something nice. You don't want him to play bad and you get a fifth-round pick for him. But did you want him to play so spectacular that you go to the Super Bowl? I'm sure you want to win one, but do you want to go and maybe you lose one? And now in the offseason, all of the talks and all going up to the Super Bowl is, what do you do with Jimmy G? If he wins the Super Bowl, do you keep him? If you lose him, do you trade him? He just took you two Super Bowls in three years. You traded for or trade off for Trey Lance. You have a million questions going around. There could be a split in the organization. Which way do you go? So, I think on the bright side, 49ers fans, this worked out for you. You had a fantastic season. You went to the NFC championship game two times in the last three years, and you just came up a little bit short. But this is great because you could go out, trade Jimmy G, get a second round pick, maybe a third, two, maybe a team's desperate and they end up trading a late first round pick. That wouldn't shock me either. So, I think in the grand scheme of things, we saw what Jimmy G is. He's not a great quarterback. The defense was really what kept them in. All of these playoffs, they scored 23 points against Dallas, 13 against Green Bay, but it was really 6, 17 against the Rams. I I get that these are some good defenses, but even in crunch time, in those fourth quarters, over the past three years, fourth quarter postseason, when it matters most, Jimmy G, 49% completion percentage, 179 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. That's what Jimmy G is in the fourth quarter of postseason games. He's not able to
0: take you over the hump. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. He's an average quarterback. But I will say this. Kyle Shanahan is not without blame in this. I know everybody wants to pounce on Jimmy G. He's the problem. He's at fault. The guy was dealing with a torn ligament in his thumb. A sprained shoulder. A strained shoulder. Kyle Shanahan in the fourth quarter of his last three playoff losses as head coach or OC... 2021 versus the Rams outscored 13 to 0. 2019 versus the Chiefs outscored 21 to 0. 2016 versus the Patriots outscoring 19 to 0. The three biggest playoff games of his career in the fourth quarter as a coach or OC, he's been outscored 53 to 0 in the fourth quarter. He gets conservative. He. Let's the pressure get to him as well. I don't want to pin it all on Jimmy G. I know he's an average quarterback, and I know that Shanahan does have to call a perfect play, but not going for it on fourth and two at midfield when you were up 17 to 14. A first down there, and that drive, not as we're going. You get a first down there. You score. 24 to 14. The Rams are virtually done. I'm sorry, but That's they're like returning
2: points to me too because you go and you, you're you able to go down and score, and it's a whole different game at that point. Instead, first of all, McVay challenging that call, even though the Niners were going to punt to them, was was absolutely insane. I don't know why you would do that. But first of all, I understand wanting them to jump, but it's not like the Rams were playing great football up to that point. They scored two touchdowns. You know, it's not like they're driving up and down the field and there's no way you could stop them. Yeah. Worst case, they get the ball in the 50. Okay. Go three and out. They've done it before. Why can't they do it again?
0: So so question. Where does Jimmy G get traded to? The 49ers are working out a trade. They're working out it with a trade partner for Jimmy G. He wants to get traded to a winner. I have some teams here, a list of teams. Let me know if you think it's a good fit or not. The Giants. No. no. The Buccaneers. I like yeah. it. The Broncos. Yeah. No, thank you. Washington football team. I like it. Makes sense. The Saints
1: understandable as yeah. well.
0: I
2: think they should just blow it up though. I don't
1: they were unhealthy this year, right and left tackle. All, basically for more than half I, the season. The only
2: thing that's stopping me is how open the NFC is and there's just no elite But team. the division
1: without Brady. That,
2: that oh, into, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Now this, it's it's toss up. The Colts. They um, have Wentz. But do you think Jimmy G is better than Wentz or just as good? They gave up a first for Wentz, right? Yeah. Since it
1: turned into a first with the conditional pick, I, I don't, don't think so.
0: I
2: also think that Wentz has a higher ceiling, probably has a lower floor, but he has a higher ceiling. I so think I'd rather... the Colts'
1: main target this offseason should be a weapon. Yeah, it has to be Steelers. Yeah, I like it Love as it. well. But their offensive lines,
2: I think the Steelers terrible. Steelers might be number one for me. I think that's his most likely spot. I'm not gonna lie,
0: I I kind of like Jimmy G to the Colts a lot because in in San Fran similar scheme relied on it's not i wouldn't say a similar again, scheme but uh-huh. relied on the running game i think do the same him thing him playing with JT with Jonathan Taylor the line. with that offensive line i think not, it, it, it could be a good fit and he's much he's a much safer quarterback than Carson Wentz you don't yeah. think
1: he can do it in Tampa Bay that offensive line will protect him he can him. definitely do I it i think yeah. he could do it i think Tampa makes a lot of sense like as
0: as cliché as it sounds i i do think Jimmy G has a quality about him that makes him a winner yeah. And George Kittle's talked about it. It's he's not just cliche. He's, he's calm, he's calm in the pocket. He I think he's a better leader of men than Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz has all the talent in the world, but his downfall as a quarterback thus far in his career has been his ability to rally players around him and really want to want him to be their quarterback. That's yeah. really what it's been. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, Nick Foles overtook that locker room. This past season, his last season in Philly, Jalen Hurts even overtook that locker room. He was benched. Wentz was benched, and now with in Indy, I mean, losing back to back games when you guys virtually were locked in the playoffs yeah. for you not to get in. It's bad. It, it embarrassing. Definitely, it, 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 it is embarrassing. Yeah. Tom Brady retired, and he he announced it on Instagram. I'm guessing he just wanted to announce it himself. People were giving Adam Schefter all types of. Uh, <laughs> Maloney for basically uh, announcing it early, but you know Shafter was right. At the end of the day, he said basically the reason he retired is because he wasn't a hundred percent committed anymore to football, to the competitiveness, and he didn't want to shortchange his teammates. That's at least what I got from it. He mentioned his Bucks teammates, the staff, the organizational employees, but I was surprised that he didn't mention the Patriots. I felt like that was a slap in the face.
1: So. I feel like he already kind of acknowledged that a little bit when he left initially.
0: I know, but I mean, you're, I feel like your retirement, your retirement update, you're retiring from the NFL for you not to mention New England and for you, for the picture of that Instagram post to be a picture of you beating New England. I feel like there's some, there's something there. There's definitely something there.
1: I'll say this. Oh, you're saying that it was when he was in New England? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's crazy. That was crazy. I think that for an Instagram post, I'm not digging too deep into it. If it was him speaking and only said, I want to say thank you to the Buccaneers, it's different different to me. An Instagram post where it's a typed out message will get his true thoughts, his real goodbye to the Patriots 2023 when he's getting into the Hall of Fame.
0: I thought he was eligible in twenty twenty six. I thought it was twenty. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Twenty seven. Oh my uh, god. What am I doing? Yeah. yeah no. Twenty seven. Hundred percent. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um. That was a, made me a little happy that he didn't thank the Patriots. <laughs> you know, I'm the resident Brady hater here. Even though my friend to the left of me, Joel, is a Jets fan, he's also a Brady fan. And, I respect greatness. and I know your your brother's a diehard Brady fan too. So he I is. understand that as well. Um. You know, I'm distraught to see Brady go, man. What am I? How am I going <laughs> to sleep at night? Like. Nah, I mean, he's the GOAT, man. Like I feel the same way. Brady and LeBron, I feel the same way. I'm a Celtics fan, so I've seen LeBron beat us a whole bunch of times. I'm a Jets fan, I've seen Brady beat us a whole bunch of times. So I'm never ruined for these guys, but I understand they're two of the best to ever do it. They're two players I'm never going to see duplicated or replicated again. Um, You know, Brady went out on top. He was a borderline MVP candidate, borderline best quarterback in the NFL. He came back from a 28, 27 to 3 deficit. His last touchdown was on Jalen Ramsey, a 50-yard dot to Mike Evans. So he had nothing else left to prove. He got seven rings. There was nothing else for him to do. I mean, if he really wanted to run it back, but we talked about it last week. They had a whole bunch of free agents, not a ton of cap room. They're going to have a late draft pick. So it was hard for me to really sit there and, and um you know, think, Brady is going to look at this team and be like, "We can make another run." I think this is the year. He's like, "Let's give it one last run." Um, but he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, best quarterback ever. But uh, I can't say I'm sad to see him go.
1: I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset to see him go. I don't love Brady by any means, but my brother, like you mentioned, absolutely adores him. Was his favorite player growing up. Was a Patriots fan all these years. He leaves. He feels like Tom Brady was disrespected by the organization. He felt like the Patriots did not want Tom Brady. It's funny. You felt the same way about Peyton. But it's true. Both both were true. Jim Mercy cut Payne Manning. He didn't say, oh, you know, sign and trade, or trade, you know. They gave him, they did like a press conference say goodbye. It's not like they cut him and he was just on the waiver wire. We're like,
2: oh, shit, you I, know?
1: I don't care. Regardless of that, you just cut a top five at the minimum quarterback That's of Scott all Andrew time.
2: Locke.
1: But they still cut him. You could have traded him and got something.
2: But you also cut him, so now he could go play wherever he wants. No, I
1: agree, but you could have also traded him wherever he wanted.
2: Maybe it was a money situation.
1: Nevertheless, he goes to Tampa Bay. My brother's absolutely emphatic with everything that's going on in Tampa Bay. Now he's gone, and now he's like in limbo. Because what the Patriots did to Tom Brady was foul. This guy gave you well more than what you anticipated when you first brought him into the building. Literally times a million, this guy absolutely blew every expectation of himself out of the water. To bring six championships to New England, to be as dominant as he was in his time in New England, to go over a full decade without a championship, and to bring three home in a matter of, what, five years, was it? The Patriots were ungrateful and unappreciative of what happened with Brady. So I can understand if you were a Tom Brady fan and you go on and you move on with, with Tom Brady to the Bucks that you don't even care about what's going on in New England. I get it. Because if Tom Brady was your guy, what the Patriots did was foul. But it's sad to see him go. You're losing, a, you're losing our generation's Michael Jordan, and I do believe that. We're going to be 80 years old. We're going to look back, and people are going to say, oh, this guy Patrick Mahomes got everything he did. He's amazing. Who knows what happens with Josh Allen? Oh, this guy is amazing. This guy could be the greatest of all time. We're going to be those old guys like they are right with our school, saying Jordan, he's the clear-cut best. No will never pass him. That's going to be us with Tom Brady. We're going to say there's no way you could tell me that that anyone's better than Brady. You had Jim Brown. You had Jerry Rice. And now even old heads are saying it. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Going out like that is incredible. You can't ask for more.
0: You said it. Tom Brady is my Michael Jordan.
1: There's no other way to look at it.
0: And that's why despite my Jets fandom, I'm a Tom Brady lover.
1: Lover is crazy. That That's nuts. is my
0: guy. All right, buddy. How can you say that with a straight face? I love Tom Brady. Do
1: you see the Jets account?
2: Yeah, I um, want to make sure that this uh, is real this time, bro. The Jets social is what Jets The account? best in football. The real Jets account. They're yeah, like New this, York tweeted, Jets. This better be real. And then uh, they tweeted like a, you know, we won't miss you. But the reason why the
0: reason why <laughs> I feel no sympathy is because Tom Brady kicking our ass, being the Jets ass year to year is is uh, because we are horribly run. I'm not I'm it's not like going to I'm not I'm run. not going to hate Brady and the Patriots because we can't build a roster.
2: We were competitive in the 2000s two years, and the bro. early 2000s. Okay,
0: but like when I was seriously watching football, the two oh, yeah, years we were competitive were 09 and 2010. When we when we were facing Brady in the playoffs, yeah, F Brady, you know? Yeah.
2: I just could never imagine room for
0: him. I haven't seen a playoff appearance from the Jets since 2010. I'm not going to hate Brady because we can't be competitive. I will.
2: With a smile on my face, I will. At the end
0: of the day. I'll tell you what, again. Seven-time Super Bowl champion. Three-time NFL MVP. Six-time All-Pro. NFL's all-time passing touchdown leader. NFL's all-time passing yard leader. Most career wins and most... Playoff wins. He is the greatest of all time. It's as simple as that. I did have a problem with him not mentioning the Patriots, though. I'm not going to let that slide. Because in his announcement, he said, I want to thank Jason Light, who's the GM for the Bucs, for taking a chance on me.
1: (laughs) And It was. Taking a chance is crazy. Bro, no one expected him to do what he did in Tampa Bay. Bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Expect... Super Bowl year one, no, but we're not going to act like Brady is Jameis Winston. And I'm, not, a I'm not saying that. I'm saying the fact that he's 44 years old and led the league in yards and touchdowns. They went to the is, Super Bowl two years. The narrative was the
2: Pats.
0: The narrative was that Brady was washed going into la- the year. Before. That's exactly. I think it. it was
2: easy to look at that Pats roster and be like, you have zero weapons on yeah, offense. Was, it was terrible. Yeah,
0: I had a problem with that because the Kraft family. Belichick took the ultimate chance on you drafting you in the sixth round.
1: That's also not an ultimate chance. Him and and Kraft are like this. They are best friends.
0: Belichick Belichick took the chance on Brady by keeping him in as a starter despite having a $100 million man on the sidelines waiting to get in in Drew Bledsoe.
2: The first ever $100 million man in football.
0: Bill Belichick took a chance on Brady by saying... You're gonna start versus the Rams, the greatest show on turf, in the Super Bowl in 2001 over Bledsoe, who just led us to victory against the Steelers in the AFC Championship. Jason, like, come on, like, with all due respect, I felt like Brady should at least have mentioned them like a paragraph at least.
2: He did also like quote tweet their tweet to him and said thank you. That's BS
0: though, because you—that's like you. Patriots had it initiated. That should have never happened. Honestly,
2: I Brady think I, should have initiated. I think it. I hate the Patriots more than Brady, definitely. Because when he went to the Bucks, I didn't hate him as much because he kind of got the like cool dad type of vibe when he went to Tampa Bay. It was much more loose. He had some like funny tweets and and videos and stuff like that. But I think it's more the Patriots I hate than Brady. Yeah, he's
0: really good at social media, man. Yeah, he's great. That's he's definitely phenomenal. him running it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you when the he's he pa- this, like corny kind of funny jokes. It's it's funny. The page that that when I turned the page on hating Tom Brady was. The Seahawks Super Bowl, because that year prior, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> no, I, the year prior, we had gotten our ass beat by yeah, them, and yeah, it hurt. Peyton had a strong chance to at least put a, a strong claim yeah. That's to that be the best quarterback ever. He had just come off 55 touchdowns over 5,500 yards. He had a strong case if he won that Super Bowl I to be the greatest it wasn't ever. In New York, that was the biggest BS ever. And I remember contemplating buying tickets, and I was just like, nah, let me not. It's going to be cold. I could watch at home. Thank God I didn't. And the year after, Brady goes and beats that exact same team. I went into my brother's room. I talked to him. I gave him a hug. I said, congratulations. That's it. There's no debate. He's the greatest ever. After that, I put it to the side. You just have to get to a point where you acknowledge greatness. And that was my moment.
0: You mentioned briefly about the Broncos' embarrassing loss in the Super Bowl it was very embarrassing. One of the that God, was the stop most stop
1: it stop it stop it. Just let's what's the topic? No, that was the most You're embarrassing loss I've ever seen for
0: sure, for sure. Um, Listen, well, so least you've been to one. Speaking about the Broncos, one one after I
1: know that's
2: great.
0: Yeah, speaking about the Broncos, you guys hired Nathaniel Hackett, former offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, spent eight years as an OC. George Patton brought him in, and my first thoughts on this move were that. This is to get Aaron Rodgers, as simple as that. Do I think Nathaniel Hackett is the most qualified? I don't. I do think he only got the job because of his connection with Aaron Rodgers, and he can hopefully, at least the Broncos are crossing their fingers, that Aaron Rodgers follows suits and joins Nathaniel Hackett. I will say, he is not the void of resume, though. In Jacksonville in 2017, he had a top 10 offense with Blake Bortles, Fournette, DD Westbrook, Allen, Hearns. I mean, guys really Keelan Cole. Like, come on. Top 10 offense. The AOC championship that they went on. He was the OC. So at least he's proven himself as that. So I can't be totally down on him. But I, I tweeted it when it, I tweeted this when it first came out. I mean, if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, he's going to get fired in like three years. Maybe two.
1: But I don't see how. Because what, we're going to have another bad quarterback for what? The eighth season in a row. and it's that, But be,
0: that's why,
2: because you guys won't
0: win. It's, and because he only got hired to bring in Aaron, I believe. He made
1: Blake Bortles look good. He could somehow, way make our quarterback, whoever it's going to be, be good. I believe that. Now, my only issue with what you said initially, and I'm glad you didn't say it now, because it, it really was interesting. Called us desperate. This that was is a desperate. desperate play. That is desperate. But we have three Super Bowls. There's some teams that have zero. But we're a desperate franchise?
0: Two in the 90s I believe, right? Or 80 one in the We won 80s, We one in the 90s. won
1: 97, 98. Okay. And we won one in 2016. Okay. Again, there are teams that have not won one in the history of football. Meanwhile, we have won in the 90s, we have won in the 2010s. I can promise you we're not desperate.
0: The Broncos Desperate's the wrong word to use. The Broncos as of recently have been desperate. You're itching and,
1: for a quarterback. And this is the thing, desperate, right? Is, would you say getting bringing Case Keenum in was desperate? Yes. What did we give up? I need to find that tweet. A third?
2: Step back three. <laughs> Joe Flacco.
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that is a classic tweet that I wish I, I wasn't the butt Who of the joke that? of. Uh, years God, ago. Dude, years find, ago. Dude. Bringing in Joe Flacco's desperate. It just seems as if we thought that we could just plug in a guy with our weapons that we had and we can make something happen. It was bad bad decision-making by the head office, John Elway, who, outside of bringing Manning in, which is the most obvious move in sports history, I guess outside of Tom Brady to the Bucks, right? Because he's the GOAT. He has been in, unable to do anything at the quarterback position for us. I'll tell you what, corners, linemen, O-line, weapons, wide receivers, running backs, he could do everything for you. Addressing the quarterback, dead last thing he can do. George Patton comes in, brings in Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm thrilled because you're 100 percent right. This is a play to get Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt. But to call it desperate is definitely not the word that I would use.
0: Let me ask you this then.
2: I, I found the tweet, and you replied to it. A- <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, it's Roto Pat on Twitter. He's he tweeted Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum. He check step back three. Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> and you tweet and you tweet at him two years later. Fuck you.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> How else am I supposed to respond to that? How Bro, well else am I supposed to respond to that? It's really one of the
2: best. I'm re-retweeting it right now. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <gosh. laughs> How else am I supposed to respond to that? He absolutely violated us. Bro, oh, my God. It's like we have made terrible decisions at the quarterback position. That's
0: desperate, though. That is, that's that's literally not, desperate. But that's not desperate. You're bringing in the thing. Okay, let me ask you this then. If you, okay, the Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach. If it's already a certainty that, okay, you're going to get Hackett, Rodgers is not coming. Are you thrilled about the hire? Yes.
1: I wanted an, a, offensive line.
0: Line. an offensive mind. That's a lie. I want an offensive line. line.
1: That's I would have loved over Eric the Manimi. other guys. Over but it, Eric Bieniemy is probably not going to get a head coaching job. Yeah, which is ridiculous.
0: I agree. But I agree. Daniel Hackett got the job because of the, his connections with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a he is not more deserving than guys like Jim Caldwell, Just think about Eric Bieniemy. These other dudes.
1: Listen, I'll say this: Aaron Rodgers is clearly the quarterback, which means your think, offense is going to go. I don't even did they not run a great system over in Green Bay they did. with one wide receiver and a running back? Who well, the way that they were able to incorporate both. But it's interesting, because Melvin Gordon tweeted out, man, I want to be back with the Broncos so me and Javante could actually run things. Wouldn't it be relatively similar to
0: Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? I don't think Hackett was the most qualified person for the job. okay tell the enemy, who? Hell, hell, Pep Hamilton, I would have preferred over Dable, him. Dable
1: was my number one. I thought he was the best candidate this We probably didn't carousel. have a chance at Dable. I, I would rather bring in Nathaniel Hackett, who won has shown a history of success with a below-average quarterback, okay. and two, gives us the possibility of who we were already in conversations with in, in trade talks this past offseason, to now put us in a position to bring in a hungry Aaron Rodgers.
0: I only think it's a great move if you bring in Rodgers. If Rodgers does not come to Green Bay,
1: well then I, I I get it because who would our quarterback be? I Drew get Lock it. Again? My,
0: my prediction is that if Rogers doesn't come to Green Bay, Hackett is going to be out of a head coaching job, three years max.
2: That's the story of the NFL, though. If you don't have a quarterback, you're probably not going to last long as a head coach. You could go through every list of everyone who's got fired. How many of them have an
1: elite head co- elite quarterback? It was like Mike McCarthy. And I that, get it. And Rogers it. also said he never wanted to see Hackett go yeah. unless no. Yeah, yeah, no
0: unless yeah here's coming he- with yeah when is well he he did say that so maybe you know and I know come this guy is crossing you. his fingers man look, I don't you act like I'm no try, when it you,
1: comes you, to the Broncos no, no, no. you're something no, no, no. else no, no, no. Look, you're something else I have no else. hate
0: for the Broncos at whatsoever I have a you hard act, time believing you it. act like I want them to not be good I do just so I, believe no, I believe no. it I believe it I believe it look I want you to be happy I do I
1: believe you
0: you know if Rogers goes I'll be thrilled for you. I'm but gonna cry. I'm, I'm. just being honest about my assessment. It's not far fetched to say the Broncos have been a desperate franchise for the past five to six. To seasons. get a
2: quarterback,
0: yes. yes. To get the most Can important you say position in franchise,
1: football. please don't say desperate franchise. You guys are desperate. Why? Because you haven't won a championship
0: in almost forty years. Uh, like, almost Why almost are like we 60. desperate? Yeah, points. exactly. Facts. Why are we desperate? Because you haven't won. What's the main reason for that? Why are we desperate? I don't know. You tell me. We never have had a franchise quarterback.
1: Okay, there's been bad quarterbacks that have won. Is Trent Dilfer a franchise guy? The reason the Jets are desperate. Is
0: Jimmy Garoppolo a franchise guy? The reason the Jets
1: are desperate
0: is because we're always getting a new quarterback and they always tend to fail again and again. That's why we're a desperate team. The Broncos. Yes, you have been a desperate team because
1: team you don't have a quarterback.
0: Word. It's the wrong That's word. what it is.
1: Again, you don't have a quarterback. The Lions are desperate. Yeah, the Jaguars exactly. are desperate. We, who have won a championship in at least the past 10 years, which a lot of franchises cannot say, are not desperate.
0: Your moves as of recently have been desperate. What, but for they all, I They're would all agree, they are oriented. all
1: like fifth round, sixth exactly. round
2: picks for Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Signing to Flacco, like it's all very—is that desperate to you, or is it okay? We let's try and get a cheap option that could potentially put us in a better situation. We drafted
0: Paxton Lynch, and that was a horrible move. Round it was round one. Round one, it
1: was round one. pick yeah. twenty-four or twenty-three, whatever it was. was.
0: The biggest bust of all time.
1: And we're gonna talk about this later, but we took Paxton Lynch instead of bringing in Colin Kaepernick.
0: I
2: think when you're looking at Hackett cuz we could get into a whole bunch of different, you know, hypotheticals here. But I think if you are a Broncos fan and I watched some of the press conference, the first thing that stepped out to me even if you don't get Rodgers, he seems like a very upbeat guy. No someone, doubt. Who, someone who someone who's positive, no doubt. someone who didn't seem like he was too cool to be up at the press conference. Like he was excited to be a head coach for the first time, just like I'm sure almost every coach dreams about. And it's kind of different than what Vic Fangio did, where he was much more to himself introverted. And, and led shows, them the
0: top 10 defenses. Yeah,
2: but to no success, no great successes. You know, they're the first team since the 90s to have a top three defense and not go to the playoffs. So I understand it, but that's why I also agreed. You need to go the offensive route because you're not getting a better defensive coach than Vic Fangio. He's also connected to the West Coast system, which I think is going to fit well in with your... Um, skill players with Javante Melvin Gordon you got Agreed. some good receivers his dad grew up around Bill Walsh who was the inventor of this offense that damn near the entire league is running at this point point. and I think um one thing one of his quotes really stood out to me I forgot what the reporter asked him um but he said I keep mentioning the players and for me that's what this game's about growing up in a locker room with my father and all these guys coaching it's about the relationships it's about watching those guys go out there and excel while showing something special and making Broncos country proud I think that's the perfect way to summarize what you want to hear from a head coach, because you could have all the X's and O's like Vic Fangio did, and you could go eight and nine and not make the playoffs. We've talked about how Vic Fangio wasn't great at relating to players, and especially at the offensive side of the ball, someone that wasn't, got the most out of his players. And I know you ran through different OCs, and maybe that's not his number one priority is the offense, but still, you need to be a leader of men and someone who other players and coaches could look up to. So overall, I think he's, he seems like a good, upbeat guy. How he's going to translate to the NFL, it's going to depend largely on who their quarterback is. Because if it is Teddy Bridgewater, then it's probably not going to be great. But if you go out and do get an Aaron Rodgers, now Nathaniel Hackett looks like a home run hire.
0: I am not totally low on the hire. I still am standing firm in that if they don't get Rodgers, this was a miss. But I will say, the personnel is there. Agreed. Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, to me are very similar. Calvin Gordon,
1: said, Gordon. Gordon. You said Fournette. You let you said Leonard Fournette accidentally.
0: No, 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 no. I meant to say him. No, because oh, he was in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. I understand. Leonard Fournette and Javante Williams are very similar runners. Okay, so I can I can understand that he can have success with Javante for sure. The receivers, mm, I'm not as high on them as you know you think they're like all star cast, but they're they're manageable weapons. And the offensive line: Cushenberry, Bulls, Risner, Glasgow. They're good pass blockers, run blockers. They suck, but pass blocking, they're pretty good. Our run, blo- our run, our run game was the best part of our our offense. That's because Javante. Bull, uh, that's because Javante. No, for sure. Breaks tackles,
1: but and Melvin Gordon had success too.
0: Yeah, but your run blocking. Like in terms of PFF, the greater wise, they're all pretty bad. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So I'm it. happy with. they the I'm happy done. with that. Then, yeah. if that's the case, then Javante's that much of a difference maker. That just I makes me even more think You guys have as best
2: bet right up there with the Packers. We, me, and Serge were talking in the Discord. I put you and the Packers at forty percent of where he's going to be next Rogers. year. Rogers. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think like ten percent other and like ten percent retirement.
1: Bro, the fact that we're at like minus uh, plus like one plus, one something. Yeah, yeah you guys, you it was
0: like that odds. though last year. For like us? During us. the draft, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, remember draft day, the report I drops, know. Shefty,
1: yeah. man, this guy has been folding. Yeah.
2: But you had to know. That would have been a lot coming together real
1: quick. We, I would have done it in my What close. does
0: the Aaron Rodgers to Denver trade looks like? It has to feature three to four first-round well, picks. Well, I, so I told you, you, I
1: brought it up, and you, you guys kind of scoffed at it. Then it actually came to fruition. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they want to be packaged together. We would have to give up three... You're saying we're not allowed to give up four, but for That's two players, looking. but for two players, I'm pretty sure we'd be allowed to break that threshold. I'm looking it up. Okay. Now, regardless of that, Jerry Judy would have to be involved because they want a young wide receiver. That would hurt me because I talk very highly of him. However,
0: if I'm the Packers, I want Albert O or Noah Fant too. Ah,
1: I get it. I understand. I understand.
0: Oh, I'm man. taking everything. But the I Panthers. also
1: think that Chubb would be included. Bradley.
0: Bradley Chubb. Yeah,
1: and I don't want that because that I, what I want in the best case, the best possible scenario for Rodgers coming to Denver is that we have no holes. You take away Bradley Chubb from us, we need a pass rusher. We have no pass rusher without Bradley Chubb. He's easily our best. We traded Von Miller. We would then trade Bradley Chubb. It would hurt. And I don't, want, I don't want any questions about this roster. I don't want any excuses for, for Rodgers. I want to come into a situation where everyone believes the Broncos have no holes. And right now, we have one hole, and that's the quarterback. You bring in Rodgers, you bring in Devontae Adams. So again, you'd probably have to give up three to four, if I'm allowed, first round picks. We probably have to give up two second rounders as well. And Jerry, Judy, and probably another player. But for
2: me personally... I can't find a straight answer, mm -hmm. but I don't ever remember someone being traded for more than two firsts.
0: I don't... But for Tay and him. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I think the Broncos this past season had less holes than what they're about to have. I mean... Kareem Jackson's opinion. a free agent. I think Bryce, we'll bring Call- him back. Bryce Callahan's a free agent. Probably not going to be. Kyle able to bring Fuller's him back a free agent. So your starting Northern corners Gordon. right now, as of, as of right now, is looking like Ronald Darby and Pat Sertan, which isn't not the that, end of the world. I mean, uh, Ronald Darby's not that great of a corner. He's not. It's not that bad that. though, by he's any means. He's needs. average. And now you got to hold that safety. I think Caden Stern's going to be okay, though. I like his game.
1: I do believe Kareem Jackson, at this point in his career, would contemplate staying with us an extra season.
0: If you. Can get, yeah, Correct. And you, and you guys are for, also
1: expected to have the seventh most caps
0: piece. exactly. You're no, we have money,
1: no doubt. I Callahan is gonna have to go, unfortunately. Yeah. And God bless everything he did for us, he's an amazing ball player. He's too young, he's too well, expensive at this point. If you bring, bring, in, in, his if you bring career. in Tay and Rogers, you don't have seventh most caps. No, cap agreed. No, we that's gonna be all gone with basically just those two players, but you're bringing back basically the most important guys on defense. Sertan's gonna be with us for years, Darby is a number, is a solid number two. I'm not upset with that. Kareem Jackson, I do believe, will be back. We just locked up Justin Simmons. On the line, Shelby Harris is a great leader for us. Bradley Chubb, I'm optimistic we don't have to give him up. I'd rather give up the extra first-round pick. I'd rather give up an extra second-round pick if that means keeping Bradley Chubb. going to have to trade Judy, unfortunately. But other than that, the really only hole, I guess, in the grand scheme of things would be a linebacker. But yeah. Alexander Johnson's Same. a solid You'll give up a linebacker and a yeah. couple corners for Rodgers Exa- and Tate. Oh, my God, my eyes yes, closed. Exactly.
0: I guess the Broncos hiring Hackett wasn't the only, I guess, uh, move you can question the bears hired Matt Eberflus and he's a defensive minded head coach. This has brought out a lot of debate of whether or not he was the right hire for Justin Fields' development. Justin Fields didn't have the best season last year. He ranked dead last amongst all starting quarterbacks in QBR. And now he's having a defensive minded head coach come into the fold of things. Uh, who knows what this does for him? Luke Getzky Getzy is uh, their OC who's coming from Green Bay. So what do you think? I mean, what do you think about this move? Do you think this was the right move for the Bears, for, the Justin, for Justin Fields?
1: For Justin Fields, probably not. I'm assuming you'd want to bring in an offensive mind to really work with him. But in terms of the hire itself, this defensive-minded head coach, he wouldn't have been my first choice personally. He had a great success with the Colts no doubt about it. Brian Flores is sitting right here and we understand what's going on in the NFL now we're going to talk about it later. Brian Flores to me if you want to bring in a defensive minded head coach this was the obvious decision. Brian Flores last season ranked 6 in points. This season the defense was up and down but towards the end of the season it really showed great great strides from week 1 to to week 18. It was at a different place, but you could say that was schedule-based, but Brian Flores had shown already in his career that he can make a difference on the defense. Year one, they were not supposed to do what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to be the worst team in the NFL and somehow still managed to bring them five wins. With the personnel that the Bears have, you could have brought Brian Flores in. He immediately elevates them again. So if that's the case, if you wanted to go defensive, I would have looked at Brian Flores, no doubt. But in terms of benefiting Justin Fields... I guess what, what options are there right now available? Eric Bieniemy, like we mentioned earlier. Caldwell. Caldwell, for sure. Pep Hamilton would have been one, but I feel like as if to bring him from a quarterback coach to a head coaching job at this point in his career would have been a little bit too drastic. I still think you could bring him in as an offensive coordinator, which would be absolutely best-case scenario where you have this guy who's been great, historically known for developing young quarterbacks. That would be interesting. But in terms of head...
0: Pep is actually the front runner to For the, OC? OC in New York yeah. with the Giants. Really?
1: Yeah. And that's super intriguing to me because I'm already extremely high on yeah, they're DJ. They're building a really good staff. I New love York. to hear that. Now, there we go. Who's going to step into this offensive coordinator slot? It's
0: Luke Getze. Yeah, they know. Oh, it's official Dory? From the wow, Packers. okay. He was a quarterback's coach in Green uh, Bay.
1: And that's great, too, because I remember they were talking about him potentially being a head coach candidate as well. for the Some of the Broncos were looking at and. That's that's interesting, especially given the fact that he's worked with Rodgers. But Jordan Love, in his appearance this season, did not look fantastic by any means. So I do have a little bit of concerns about that. You don't have to worry about Rodgers, but you have to worry about this young, developing guy and Jordan Love who you used a first-round draft pick on. So that does worry me a little bit. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't love it whatsoever. I mean, I would have really liked for them to bring in someone that really would focus and hone in on Justin Fields and his strengths. And right now, I don't feel like they did that.
2: Yeah, I think Eber Flew is he's a great defensive mind, right? And that's kind of how the NFL and people perceive the Bears, you know, back in the 80s, you know, the tough Bears uh, with, you know, all their guys that they had. So... Going from Nagy, who's an offensive guy, to a defensive guy, doesn't shock me. We see that a ton with between NFL teams. Just you're going to go from one opposite to the other way. It's offense, defense, personality. We see it with the Broncos with Fangio and Hackett. Now, Um, he's a great DC, right? He's the only the Colts were the only team the past two seasons to rank top ten scoring, rushing yards, and takeaways. We know he's a great coach, but that's not that's not going to what makes or break him, right? Just like it is with Nathaniel Hackett. How's the quarterback going to play? Different because they have a quarterback in Justin Fields while you guys are still trying to figure that out. Yeah, Nagy and Pace were the were the tandem that traded up multiple picks to get Justin Fields 11 overall. So I was a bit worried going into this. How, you know, how exactly, how invested are they in Justin Fields? Because they're not tied to him specifically. They don't have a first this year because of him, so they're going to do everything they can so he could win. But it is different when you're able to go and, and select your guy. They did ask Iberflu and... Uh, I don't think Getsky was at the, the press conference, but they asked him about, um, you know, like, what do you think about Justin Fields, this and that. And it was mostly just, you know, regular speak, like, oh, we're excited. And same thing. They asked Justin Fields, who was actually the only player to interview at the press conference. He, they brought him in, which was a really good sign. I thought they're making it obvious, like, he's our franchise guy. There's no questions here. And he brought up an interesting point because one of the reporters asked him, what are your thoughts on getting a defensive-minded head coach? And I kind of had the same thought as you guys, like I'd want an offensive guy, but he made an interesting point and said, I kind of like it because the defensive or the head coach has huge responsibility. He has to overlook the entire team, offense and defense. And now that I have a defensive head coach, now I could just talk to the OC and he's just worrying about the offense, about what we're doing. And he doesn't have, you know, all that responsibility that a head coach might not have. And that's something I really haven't heard in the past. And I know I saw it in the comments it was funny. They're like, oh, well, what if gets so good and and, you know, someone takes him and he's a head coach in three years. And I'm like, bro, if he's a head coach in three years, that means Justin Fields broke out. He's a top 10 quarterback. Yep. It's the same thing with the Jets. And when we uh, hired Michael are like, oh, well, what if he's a head coach in three years? I'm like, well, then I mean, Zach Wilson is borderline elite. So I don't care if he's a head coach, because if you're able to go from coordinator to head coach, it means you had great success. So on Eberflue I think he's going to be great defensive side of the ball now getting to Getsy who's really the more intriguing piece here because he's going to be the one who's developing Justin Fields he's a former quarterback led Akron uh, Akron to their only MAC championship in 2005 so he has some playing experience um, he's also known for being like another coach on the field during his playing time. was like a, a really smart guy. He was also responsible for third down with the Packers and really helped bring uh, RPOs to the to their offense as well, which I think is something that the Bears should be doing a lot more of with Justin Fields as well as read options. Getting his legs involved too. He hasn't coached, He hasn't called any plays before in the past. He is part of the game plans, obviously, but we know Lafleur is the main guy there. But I think more than anything, when you look at this Bears team and their offense, it's a personnel issue more than anything, right? The coaching has to get better. But when you look at their team, they allowed the most sacks in the NFL. Darnell Mooney's a really good receiver. I don't know if he's an alpha, number one, no doubt about it receiver. And they have no depth behind him unless you're talking about Marquise Goodwin or Demir Bird. Like, those are their wide receiver twos and threes. And
1: Jakeem Grant also.
2: And Allen Robinson. Mm -hmm. So there's really no wide receivers. I don't even know who their next wide receiver would be outside of Darnell Mooney. Um, they have a couple good pieces with Cole Komet and David Montgomery, so I expect them to run a, a pretty run-heavy offense and play action based off of that. They also don't have a first-round pick this year because of Justin Fields, so it's going to be a bit difficult to bring in talent on the offensive side of the ball, unless you're going to go for those second or third tier of, of free agents, potentially, in wide receivers, and I don't really see many people going to Play like in Chicago unless you're getting huge money from them. So I don't expect them to be in the market for Chris Godwin or Mike Williams. Like I said, I think A. Rob Walks. So you don't think guys would be interested in playing with Fields? I don't think they're going out of their way to do it in fair, Chicago. Fair, fair. He no. hasn't
0: proven himself yet. Yeah. But
2: if thing. the money's there. If the mo- yeah, if you're going to give them the bag, then mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, fair. But I think more you're, you're than right. anything, they need to revamp this offense, the offensive line, the wide receivers. Um, hopefully Cole Komet, usually year three is the year tight ends break out. So maybe he could have a good season, but I think they need to just revamp this offense. And then from there, we could really see what the coaching staff can do.
0: I think Matt Eberflew is a good coach. I really do. And I think he's a culture setter. My worry is not about if he can coach or if he can assemble a staff. That's not my worry. My worry is that Ryan poles, the GM had, the final say in who he was going to hire as coach. And the Bears were not all in on who the who the coach was going to be because they hired a search committee led by Bill Polian to hire a coach and GM. There's rumors out there that say that the Bears didn't want Matt as head coach. That ownership in the search committee had different options in mind for the coach. In my opinion, it was Jim Caldwell. That would have been my pick for the coach. That's just, I think he would, offensive-minded, would have been great with fields. But I guess if they want to get back to the roots defensively, they can do it. Mm -hmm. Because they have the pieces to do it. Roquan Smith is one of the better linebackers in football. He can play a similar role just as a Mike, as like Darius Leonard. You know, we know Darius Leonard's a, a weak side linebacker, but... Roquan Smith can have a breakout year with Mack. He's legit for sure. You got Jalen Johnson, Thomas Graham in his limited snaps showed a lot of uh a lot of impressive plays and coverage. And they have Robert Quinn still, Khalil Mack. So so they have some talent. Artie Burns wasn't too bad for them last year. And also Travis Gibson, who's a 24-year-old pass rusher, was pretty darn good too. So they have talent on this defense. But when we think about the Bears. We never think about defense being their problem. It's about offense, and it's been that way for a while. You talked about what Justin Fields said about the benefits of having a defensive-minded head coach. I think those are spot on, and that was a great answer. But the Bears' success, is ultimately, it comes down to how good fields can be. I was not high on Justin Fields before the draft. I know the talent is there. But, mechanically, throwing the ball is not there. You talk about the sacks. Justin Fields had the worst QBR in the league. Had the worst sack rate in the NFL. Worst off-target rate in the NFL. But he was 8th in rushing estimated points added, so I guess that does something. The, he took so many sacks. Not because the Bears' offensive line is so abysmal. It's bad. It's not as bad as you think. It's not good. It's it's Justin Fields running into sacks and running into pressure makes it look worse. Statistics are, are swayed that way. This, like, but the same thing with the Jets. Like, the Jets' offensive line this past season wasn't horrible. You were a top 15-ranked offensive line. We were the 13th-ranked offensive line. But Zach took a lot of unnecessary snap, sacks, held the ball long, and that's what made our O line look worse. Fields right now is still learning. And that's why I never bought into the narrative that he was ready to go out of college because he wasn't. It was clear he had to develop. He has a talent, but he had to develop. That's for sure. But Bears fans were impatient. NFL fans were impatient. Oh, just throw him in there. Who cares? Throw him in there. Fire Nagy if you don't start Fields. Now field starts, seven touchdowns, 10 picks. Worst quarterback in the league QBR-wise. He should have sat and developed last year. The thing that you pointed out, this isn't this coaching staff's guy. Matt Nagy walked in with Trubisky not being his guy. Now Matt is doing the same thing with Fields. Fields, we can say, has more talent than Trubisky. Yeah, I guess you can say that. Even though Mitch is, I mean, he's had more success than him. He's been to the Pro Bowl, at least, in the second season. He
2: started 10 games in his career.
0: Is he going to be a Pro Bowler in the second year? Mitch was.
2: Maybe. Who knows? I mean,
0: we don't know, but I'm just saying. And that was his ceiling. Mitch, Mitch was. And who cares about Pro Bowl? Mitch Mitch was not as bad as everybody thought he was. He just
2: wasn't. He's an average guy.
0: He is an average guy. Maybe he feels an average guy. Maybe. I'm just saying. The reason I'm not too high on this hire is because I feel like they had to go all in to getting the perfect guy to develop fields because I'm not super high on fields. I'm just not. And ultimately, if he doesn't pan out, This coaching staff is going to get recycled again, and there's going to be somebody new come in, a new quarterback, and the cycle is going to repeat itself.
2: Fields had some good games this year, though. He showed flashes, the Pittsburgh game. He had a good game against Green Bay. Like, it wasn't all terrible. He He had had two
0: games where he threw under 38%. He
2: had some bad games for sure. Like, the game against his. And that Green Bay game, I
0: didn't think was like. I really didn't think he played that well. I'll just be honest. It was it was a slant that got taken eighty yards. Nah, he had
2: some good games though, for sure. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and Pittsburgh let you game. Say he he was played terrible. very well. Yeah, I thought great. the
0: Pittsburgh game was the only great game of the season outside of week 18. That's it.
1: He's a rookie. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and and, and call him a bust after a rookie season where oh, he I'm was, not calling
0: him a bust. No, no, I understand. I'm this, just saying that's what it, that's what it, it was. It's
1: again. I'm not going to give be so cutthroat to say that one, that he's not going to be able to get the job done. I'm not going to be on the opposite spectrum of saying that this guy's going to be an all pro one day. I'm just not going to be so quick to pull the trigger on Justin Fields just yet. Given the fact that rookie quarterbacks just don't always come in and and act like a Kyler Murray. Don't always come in and act like a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow. It's a rarity that these guys come in and, and really leave the impact that they do at least statistically and, and in terms bro, of winning. his
2: two games where he's under 30%. One was his first start against Cleveland where he got sacked like 20 times. In the second game, he threw 11 passes and got hurt. Some context, please. That
0: Cleveland game was com- abysmal. It, it was, but that, that was terrible. His first but the, start the, in the that game. We also,
2: I remember, I don't know if it was on the show, but I remember the play calling was absolutely ridiculous. His it passes was so his
0: accuracy was absolutely abysmal. But he had good
2: games. His last full game that he was healthy against Minnesota, he had over three hundred total yards and a touchdown. Ninety-six quarterback rating, completed sixty-seven percent of his passes. San Francisco, seventy percent completion percentage, over two hundred, over two hundred seventy total. Like he's had really good games and really good moments. Minnesota's a 29th ninth
0: Minnesota was your
2: team. You thought they were going to the Super Bowl, probably. No, I didn't. You picked them every week, every single week. (laughs) I don't don't, don't, don't want. You can't talk shit about Minnesota when they were your team. What do you mean their defense
0: sucks, bro? What are you talking about? That's a fact. And when I said
2: Buffalo's defense was amazing, you're like, oh wait, wait a second. So I don't know. No, it's just
0: they're just not lock up number one ranked defense in the NFL like you thought they were. You, you got but to they play are their statistically, opponent. they were number one. And I don't care, bro, because but, so that's, that's what you're saying. Bill Bills stuff exactly is ridiculous
1: thing. because I saw Mac
2: Jones have 300-yard games. I saw Zach Wilson have 300-yard games. I saw huh? Trevor Lawrence have good what games. What are you talking about? You're saying, because we went through their schedule, and you looked at all the quarterbacks that they played, all the teams, and they weren't great. But I also, all these teams and all these quarterbacks have good games against other opponents, but not against Buffalo.
0: <laughs> so which one is it? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, you're so, wait, so... Okay, the one game Mac Jones played in Buffalo, it was freezing temperature. They, they let him throw the ball three times. I'm not talking
2: I'm not talking about that specifically because, yes, that's going to skew it a bit. But when you go down the entire list, you're acting like every quarterback there just always had bad games when in reality they just played poorly against
0: Buffalo because they have a good defense. Outside of the Bucs and Chiefs, they didn't face a top 10 offense all year. Okay, the but did.
2: Zach Wilson had 300-yard games. Mac Jones had 300-yard games. Trevor Lawrence had some Zach good Wilson games.
0: Zach Wilson had a 300-yard... <sighs> So just because Zach Wilson had a 300-yard game against who? Who was it again?
2: Maybe it wasn't 300.
0: But still, two touchdown
2: games. Like, they've had good games in the past.
0: Okay. The one game Zach played against Buffalo, our best receiver was Barrios. Elijah Moore was out. Corey Davis was out. Even our starting tight end was out.
1: He threw for 297 against the Titans. I'm counting it.
0: But you're acting like players could have good games
2: and they almost never did against Buffalo. Okay, but Buffalo's
0: secondary is, look, I'm not about to argue about Buffalo for 30 minutes because they are just not an elite pass defense secondary-wise. They're not. I'm just saying it because you brought up
2: the Minnesota thing and it sparked my mind.
0: They were literally abysmal this year. Because what if
2: Minnesota played on 12 defense. amazing de- offenses? Like, we're going to be like, oh, well, if you really I mean, they look did, at they, it.
0: They did have a good schedule. Like, bro. But like, they got burnt. The but but Sean Breland was toast, bro.
2: I'm just saying. Mackenzie feels-
0: Alexander was toast. Like, come on, bro.
2: Fields overall didn't have a great season. I thought he, he had, had some the good worst moments. season of any
0: starting quarterback. He was behind a Zach Wilson with a
2: terrible line, and he had he has barely any weapons. He has darn. The line Mooney is out there not as bad it, as you think. It it's is. He, made it it's good, he made it look way worse. He made it look
0: way worse. And where was
2: Zach Wilson in QBR? He we're,
0: was right in front of him. Where?
2: All super high on Zach. So we can't just say QBR and be like, oh, he's the worst because his bottom QBR and be like, oh, Zach's the second worst, but we think he's going to be a top five quarterback. You know that
0: Zach Wilson had, the, he faced the toughest schedule of pass yes, defense I, in the NFL, I'm right? I'm well aware. I watched yeah, every Fields game. Fields was nowhere near that list. I watched every game. Okay. All right. Just because you have a one the world, I mean, the, QBR, the world. I mean, I'm still high on Zach, but the world is pretty much low on Zach.
1: All of us here are pretty high on
0: Zach, so. But the world is pretty much low on Zach. Like, I think PFF even thinks he's going to be garbage and all, like, the outside of Jets fans, people think Zach is not going to be good. We can't look
2: at the one stat and be like, well, our guy who we think is going to be the best is just barely ahead of him. It's not
0: just the one stat, bro. It's accuracy. It's QBR. Bro, Zach and Fields both had great
2: moments and terrible moments.
0: People think that quarterbacks taking Zach is... Always on the offensive line when it's not. I bro. understand it's, it's not. not, but when
2: you're number one in sacks allowed to Fields, to Dalton, to Foles, it wasn't just Fields. When you allowed the most sacks, I can't just be like, it was probably mostly Fields' fault. No, you gave up 58 sacks, bro. That's not something you just do and be like, oh, uh, I guess we'll try again
0: next so year. So you think Justin's the guy?
2: I think Justin should be the guy in Chicago. What's your other option? No, I know.
0: No. I, I know. I'm just saying, like, you think he's gonna be a great quarterback?
2: I'm not there yet. Okay. I, need, I need
0: to see. So you just rambled this on this much to tell me you don't have I'm, a him
1: because you think he's going to be. You put him in the mud. You're putting him in the mud. He's no, defending. I'm not. You were put. Oh my
0: god. At least if you ask me if I think Zach's going to be nice, I'm going to say yes. Because
2: I understand Justin has some stuff to work on. I think his number one thing you touched on it is his delivery is slow. Okay, what but he what had good
0: moments. This entire segment. What did I say? He has a lot to work on. I did Not once did I call him a bust. Did I, did I Drew? Bro, I don't know. talking about do? the QBR. Well, I'll He's this. the worst QBR in the NFL. He is. He was the worst quarterback in the to say?
2: NFL this he year. Was. Joel. He, had what was. he was. He Isaac. brought up the 30% completion percentage. One was his first start against the Cleveland Browns defense. who bro, like you were, you were pooping on him. His you second, were pooping on him. Bro, that's what I took away, too. I thought you were trash talking him. He had 11 pass attempts and got
1: injured. Where's the context? Joel, that's what I took away from it as well. And that's why I had to start
2: defending him. Because you brought up that sound, I was like, I don't remember these games. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, Cleveland, he got
0: killed, Cleveland, bro. He was so inaccurate. He in would that look game. terrible. Bro, I he understand got, he got that. It's a stupid his first of start times. of the year. It's week three. His rookie year. So he had preseason. He had three weeks to sit and learn. He didn't look good in preseason either. What the hell? What are you talking about here, bro? At least I, Zach I just, looked I just want good. Some context. At, at least Zach I just looked. Want some context. At least Zach looked perfect want, in preseason. I want
2: some context.
0: We at least saw that. I want some context. Okay, where, you, where are you at with Justin Fields? And tell me that context. I want to know.
2: I think he's going to be a good quarterback.
1: I think okay. so, too, personally. Okay.
0: Give me, like, a you, number, you, I
2: mean, well, it's hard because it's so much is dependent on the organization, how much they believe in him. If they're all in and they go no. out and make moves, all right, then
1: sure. So, so, 1 to 10, how confident are you that he could be a solid franchise guy? Hmm. I'm at, like, a 7. I, I was going to say around the same. Because it's, it's a bad number. Because when
0: I look at just
1: Where are you at? 4?
0: I'm at three. (laughs) When I look at just
2: his talent,
1: yes, it's all there. But
2: I don't trust the Bears as much as like the Jets, who have proven to go out and get like weapons the Jets. for him. Are you serious? The Jets went out. They drafted Makai back in the first round last year. AVT trade up to get him. Signed Corey Davis. Drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. Drafted Michael Carter Mekhi in the fourth round. lose his job. I'm just he saying. They, they went. Yeah. They went out and made all these Wait, moves. Why do you say Robert Mekhi? Sala just said that
0: Makai Becton is not guaranteed the starter starting spot. Maybe Becton, Becton
2: was the year before, but even in the one year they drafted, okay. Zach Wilson was the most they have ever done for a quarterback I've seen in my life. Probably like Sanchez, and when Sanchez came in, we already had the whole team. We just brought in the Santonio San Holmes is the brilliant Edwards. The offensive line was the best in the NFL. We already had Sean Green, brought in LT, but this was the most I've seen the Jets ever do in one offseason to help their quarterback.
0: The GM for the Bears, Ryan Pohl, said that we're going to take back the North and never give it back.
2: If Rodgers leaves, maybe. If Rodgers leaves, the if division's Rogers up for grabs. If Rodgers leaves,
0: the division's wide open. Actually, no. You want to know why? Minnesota! Jordan! Jordan. Love no because I don't know who's gonna who's gonna rule for Jordan Love
1: Minnesota I'm, who's next No you
0: want to know I like Jordan. you like Detroit too like who knows No, nah, this makes sense
1: because it segues perfectly Yes I get it I know where he's going John Harbaugh yep, There we go Jim is
0: ru- Jim Harbaugh I'm sorry is rumored to be the next Vikings head yep, coach you Had to know They're actually flying to Harbaugh tomorrow I think or it's the other way around But either way they're gonna have a meeting tomorrow and it's it's expected. That he's going to be the next head coach for the Vikings. And I frankly think this is amazing. You know, when Ryan Pohl said, the Bears GM said that we're going to take back the North and never give it back, kind of fell on deaf ears. Because I I said in my head, if the Vikings get that guy, Jim Harbaugh, how many NFC championships did he lead the 49ers to?
1: What, two? Three? Three? Something and like a that.
0: Super Bowl appearance? Jim Harbaugh's looking at a guy like Kirk Cousins, like, I'll provide Alex Smith's career. Look what I could do with Kirk. The captain. He's doing, he's doing. Two, okay. He's the captain. Captain Kirk. You better respect that man.
2: I do respect you him. Better respect <laughs> why, <that laughs> why are you man?
0: pointing at me, bro? You better respect <laughs> that man. Well, bro, why are you pointing at me? You better respect that man. Jettis, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Oh, they're going to give back Irv Smith Jr. too. Oh, yeah, they're going to get him Herndon back. Chris oh, Harden, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Nah. we we not worried about Chris Harden. Right. Oh, they got different. Dalvin Cook there, right? And Alexander Madison. I'm glad and to hear you And Kane I, I knew, like him. I knew he was going to say It's a his really name. good returner. No. It's great. That it. offensive line is looking better, too. At Bradbury is a bad center. They need to improve, but Christian Derisaw, they nailed that Solid pick. I think he's going to be a really good player. Brian O'Neill, really good player. And that defense, man, they invested like $45 into it this past offseason. Just so happens it didn't pan out. But Daniil Hunter, Davin Tomlinson, DJ Wunum, Michael Pierce, they have talent. I'm not sure exactly who's going to be a free agent and who's not. But they got talent. They work on that secondary. They'll be fine. The Vikings are in position because the Packers are leaving. Because I'm not the highest on Justin Fields. Because the Lions, I mean, I think they're trending in the right direction.
1: I agree. Not
0: there yet. Agreed. Maybe they have a shocking Bengals Bengals? run. I don't know. You know, know. they don't have a Joe Burrow. But the Vikings. No, they're gonna take the North. And you know, you're gonna hear that champ. Skull. (laughs) That's how it's gonna be. Because maybe I was a year too early on the Vikings. You know, maybe I put a little bit of blind faith into Mike Zimmer. You picked them a couple years in a row. No, 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 no. Not, <laughs> no, no, no. I did not. I did not. No, 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 I didn't. I feel I
2: did you ever I feel like you've told us in the past you picked them in a prior year.
0: Nah. When? I don't know. I feel I like you told
2: about. us that. Okay. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah, 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 no, no,
1: no. No, he chose the Lions. That was that was the oh, team that he chose. That it? Yes. Oh, okay. My apologies. Anyone to choose other than the Packers. Word, word.
0: Twenty eighteen I chose the Bears to be my surprise team and Mitch's second year they made the playoffs. <laughs> Twenty nineteen I said Green Bay is gonna win the win the division again because they signed Darius with the Press Smith. Twenty twenty I said Detroit. I was I was trusting Stafford. You know how that turned out.
1: Oh, I do know how it turned out. Yeah. Um and it's then, traded, now he's a super bowl. And then this year
0: on. I chose the Vikings, but you know, they lost like the most one score games in NFL history. Jim Harbaugh is the complete opposite from my from Mike Zimmer. He's a player's coach. He's a motivator. He's an innovator. He's played the quarterback position. He can even help Kellen Mond too. The Vikings are gonna run the North and they're going to be there with their skull flag and put it down in territory because that's what being a Viking is all about. It's about taking and never giving back, and that's what they're going to do with the NFC North if they get Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to be a little selfish
1: are. here. I don't want him to leave Michigan. I really don't. As I'm a fan, as Wolverine know, stan, yeah. I don't want to see Jim Harbaugh go. He's come in and immediately changed our organization and everything that's going on with our program.
2: And I also saw your DC who everyone was really high on went to Baltimore too. Really? Yeah. That's
1: interesting. That's very interesting. Harbo definitely gave him a great letter of recommendation to his brother. That being said, Harbo's NFL career has been stellar up until this point. Career forty nine twenty two and one has a coach of the year two NFC championship appearances has a Super bowl appearance came down to the very last play of the game where Michael Crabtree, you so could debate nice was, yeah, I know <laughs> that was different. That was two different years. That was the one against the Seahawks, where, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah right. where he he swatted that. That was yeah, in the nice. NFC Championship, and then they went to the to the Super Bowl the year before that, uh, where Crabtree and I don't know who the corner was for the for the Ravens, but they were definitely having a hand battle at the line of scrimmage. But that five yard rule, especially in the red zone, yeah, that play? Just no kills way. just kills pass interference calls. And there's no way that a ref could have called that, especially with that big of a moment on the line. And it was a great game. He came back from what? I forget. At one point, it was like 21-0. like 21 zero. I, I don't want to. It was go, the, the lights went yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In in the in the dome in New Orleans. It was a crazy, crazy game. I think Beyonce was actually doing the halftime show. Uh, she turned the lights out, apparently. That was the whole big thing. I already forgot that. Uh, of course. Come on, it's Bay. That being said, you bring him to Minnesota, things get interesting. That offense has a lot of firepower. It's a matter of bringing a coach that's going to be a culture changer, and that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh is. Minnesota needs that, especially after Zimmer put a, a sour taste in their mouth—a coach that's not one that can relate to the players, one that that really puts their players first. And that's what Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, that's what Jim Harbaugh is. He's a guy that that cares about his players, that cares about putting the team first over personal agenda and ultimately results and success
2: yeah i think this is one of the best landing spots he could land you know i know last year there was some rumors going around about potentially jacksonville number one pick and even the jets the number two pick but i don't think he's really really you know in that time of his life where he wants to go and completely overhaul and rebuild the team right minnesota has the pieces there and the vikings have emphasized over this you know this um this coaching search they want someone with leadership and a really good communicator because mike zimmer like you mentioned isn't that's not his best trait, right? There was a, a rookie, one of the offensive rookies, like in training camp, he was talking to players. He's like, he doesn't even come over and talk to us. And one of the veterans was like, nah, he really doesn't, you know. And Harbaugh is not like that. He's gonna go relate to his players. Um, there are you no know, things that go that are said about him that he could wear you out and he's not someone who's gonna be there for the long term, who his message gets stale at times. But I think for a team that's ready to make a push now and has pieces. This is the perfect hire. And if you look at Uh that 2011 San Francisco team, they had a bunch of talent too, right? Just very similar to how the Vikings do now. Um, In San Francisco, 2010, they were 6-10. He came in, they go 13-3, go to the NFC Championship game. And he took over that team that already had Frank Gore, Crabtree, Vernon Davis, Joe Staley, Mike Ayupati. Like, they had pieces, offensive line, weapons. And similar to... Alex Smith, I'm sorry, similar to Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith was there who everyone was kind of torn on, right? We all think Kirk Cousins is an upper top 12 to 15 quarterback, but none of us thinks he's elite or at that level yet. And same thing with Alex Smith, who up until that point, a little bit different. He was more labeled as a bust. And once Harbaugh got there, he turned into, um, you know, a, a much better quarterback, went to KC and have a really good career. And then the defensive side of the ball too, with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, that might've been his rookie year, Alden Smith, Deshaun Goldson, Carlos Rogers, they had weapons everywhere. And I, I see the same thing with Minnesota. You mentioned offensively, all their weapons. Defensively, they have pieces with Danel, Darnell Hunter, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, So they have all the weapons there, and they have the pieces to go and make a push, but I do think this is the one area where, different from the Bears or the Giants, where they need just a talent overhaul, this is a team that needs a coaching overhaul, because we know the talent's there, they still have picks, they still have, I'm not sure what their caps looking like this year, but they still have all their draft picks, and they're going to be able to bring in a couple pieces too, because I'm sure there's going to want to be players that want to go and play for him.
0: Their cap isn't looking too good. You know, Kirk is still getting paid a, a lot of money.
2: Yeah, I think it's like a $40 million cap in next yeah, year. Yeah, so
0: the cap isn't looking too good. But I think the Vikings right now, they just totally shifted their culture. They hired a new GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who his resume speaks for itself. He's a very smart guy coming over from Cleveland. Working and they have with, a
2: connection too, Harbo and him.
0: Working with Andrew Barry, and, you know, he did a lot of good things for Cleveland. Now going to Minnesota, taking that experience, for your first— Head coaching hired to be John Harbaugh. A home run. That's a home run. And the Vikings historically are a franchise that they let their GMs and their coaches go through ups and downs. You know, Mike Zimmer spent eight years in Minnesota. You know, Rick Spielman was in Minnesota for since 2006. So the Vikings are going to have a lot of time to overhaul this roster. And I think they're going to be the surprise team in the NFL next year.
1: It wouldn't shock me, and I am wholeheartedly sorry. They went to three straight NFC championships games. You were one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh's yeah, legit. he won Coast of the Year his first year there, mm-hmm. and they went to three straight. That's crazy.
0: Jim Harbaugh's legit. Yeah, yeah. he's he's that guy. No, for sure, he's that
1: guy. Because that was the year that they they lost to the Giants. Giants. Yep. Then they went to the Super Bowl. Then they lost to the Seahawks. And
0: they should have beat the Giants.
1: Yeah, the it the was K-Pun, a muff. The, yeah, the, the yeah. punter, yeah. Yo, he got killed. Yeah. They killed him. <laughs> yeah.
0: And John Harbaugh is, in, is also not afraid to take risks. I mean, he... Jim. Jim Harbaugh. I keep messing it up. Messing it up. He started Colin Kaepernick, a second-round pick. Kellen Mond, third-round pick. You know, what if Kurt, you know, gets... God forbid he gets hurt, and now Kellen Mond comes in, and this guy's lighting the world on fire. Maybe. You never know. And he sticks with Kellen Mond. I mean, it can happen. <laughs> that would be something. You don't
2: know. Insane. After this coaching staff said they don't ever want to see him play in the regular season, that would be a huge turnaround.
0: Mike Zimmer said that. I, yeah.
2: it, I
1: see him in practice every week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a great sign. Nah, that that really
0: was sucks. that was a bozo thing to say, though. Yeah, that was a sure. bozo thing to yeah. say. And before we go on to our next segment, a quick word from DraftKings. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook An official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million dollars. Top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBP, TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL.
2: And I hope you guys have been taking advantage of that promo. The squad. because yeah, yeah The promo's been fantastic. Last uh last week, they boosted Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdowns that hit. Boosted Jamar Chase anytime touchdown that hit. So you got to be looking every week. I'm sure they're going to have something sweet for the Super Bowl, too.
1: Every single year, DraftKings blesses with an insane promo that you cannot miss out. We've brought in so much money for our friends and family because of DraftKings. Shout out to them. Especially around Super Bowl Sunday.
0: The Giants hired Brian Dable and... We saw him work with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Josh Allen was a guy who was touted as very talented, but very raw. And if you look at all the analytics, I mean, I follow a lot of analytic football guys on Twitter. They basically say there was no stat that basically could predict Josh Allen was going to become good. Even though we know now he's arguably one of the best quarterback quarterbacks in the NFL. Can Brian Dable have similar, similar success with Daniel Jones? Can he revive Daniel Jones's career. Joel, you're not the highest in Daniel Jones. So is Daniel Jones viable?
2: I think so far the Giants have had the best offseason. I think uh, bringing in the Bills assistant, Joe Shine, I believe that's how you pronounce Joe it. Joe Shane. Shane and Brian Dable. I've mentioned it multiple times last week, this week. I thought Dable was the best coaching candidate on the market right now. It's not very often where you could hire a guy who has coaching it who has play calling experience coached you know in in buffalo as well with belichick in new england like he has the laundry list of stats to top three scoring offense in the league the last two years so i think so far the giants if you're a giants fan you should be thrilled right now and the main reason more than anything why i was down on daniel jones while i don't think he's the most talented it was mostly because of the coaching staff in front office i'm sure i thought sure. i thought joe judge was a disaster i we i talked about it Mid-season, I thought he should get fired. And we already knew Gettleman was I'm going sure. to as well. I'm, sure. I'm still not the highest on Daniel Jones, but mm-hmm. there's no excuse now. This is his Agreed. best chance to go out and have a successful season. Um, But but first, to, to talk about on Dable's side, the number one thing and the most important thing is he's going to be able to build a relationship with Daniel Jones, which is, I don't know, past coaches, they brought in... First, they had an OC, and then they brought in Joe Judge, who they thought was going to be the CEO type of the whole team. Neither of those worked out. I think Dable, so far, is in their three coaches that Daniel Jones has had, is the most offensively friendly, competent Uh competent Mm -hmm. guy that they're going to be able to have. So number one, he's going to be able to build a relationship and already showed the entire league and the Giants. He was able to turn Josh Allen from nothing into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Number two... He's able to recognize and build upon Josh Allen's strengths. And I think he should be able to do that with Daniel Jones as well, who's a really good athlete. He does have some strengths. You know, he has a nice arm. He's not incredibly accurate, but he's accurate enough. So I do think he'll be able to build on his strengths. And number three, I talked about it. The stats back it up. It's not something that we're just looking at. And the stats are there. One of the best passing offenses, one of the best scoring offenses. Josh Allen turned into a superstar quarterback. And when David was asked about Daniel Jones... Um, he said just about what I've been talking about. We're going to find out what he does well. We're going to try to implement a system that suits him, and then it's our job to bring in the pieces to help him be the best version of himself. Music to my ears. And he said Daniel Jones actually called him and introduced himself, and Dable told him, tell me over the last three years what you've liked, what you liked at Duke, and we'll put that into the offense. And that's what you should be Beautiful. doing. It. Offense in the NFL isn't incredibly complicated. See what your guys are good at and do that. If they're not good at it, don't put it in the in the playbook, yep. right? So the Giants offensive line still needs some work. I do think they have their franchise left tackle in Andrew Thomas. The rest could use some pieces there. Saquon, not the highest on him, but at worst, he's an above-average running back. right? At worst. It's not like he has some scrub back there. It's not like Devontae Booker is starting. No disrespect to you, Devontae Booker, if you're listening. You're not the best running back in the NFL. He has a competent running back. The pieces they have. We talk about having a starting five. They kind of have that. Kenny G being the big body. You have Sterling Shepard, who is who is fast, but he's more of a Yak guy. And, and Daniel you have,
1: Jones loves him.
2: And you have Shepard who ran in the four threes. And Kadarius Tony, too, is a great yak guy. He has to be able to stay healthy. Evan Ingram's a free agent, so we'll see what they do with tight end. But their biggest or their number one priority, other than Daniel Jones, is you gotta stay healthy this year. Same thing happened with the Jets, where you had all these weapons, all these pieces, you brought in free agency in the draft, and everyone got injured. So I think this is the best chance. I think if you're a Giants fan, this is a plus-plus start to the offseason, getting rid of Judge, getting rid of Gettleman. You're bringing an offensive mind, which should have been number one on your list. And Daniel Jones, it's now or never. It's year four for him. He has the pieces around him. He has the coaching staff now. So now let's see if he can do
1: it. The way I supported Tua Tungavailoa this season, I hope you guys are prepared to have a part two with me supporting Daniel Jones. It's just some odd quarterbacks to really get behind. It's just
0: like <laughs> quarterbacks that suck.
1: And if Daniel Jones sucks this upcoming season, I'll be utterly shocked. And the only way it happens, in my shocked. opinion, I would be shocked. You'd be- He's being put in an excellent position. And early in this season, I cannot emphasize it enough, we sat at this table together and we mutually agreed that Daniel Jones had showed strides, great strides,
2: That first month, yeah.
1: Team started to fall apart, him included. That Dallas game was murderous for the Giants. You lose Galladay to a, a, a weird injury. You lose Saquon to a weird injury. You lose Daniel Jones to a concussion where he absolutely got his bell rung and he's stumbling over himself and has to be pulled from the game out for the game. Now we're going to see Daniel Jones in a position that he has yet to be in. As you just alluded to, with all, everything that you said, I'm just backpacking off what you've said. Really, Pep Hamilton's coming in to be the OC, or at least the lead candidate. Correct? <laughs> yeah, he lead candidate. Yeah, which is fantastic news to me because we're we're getting a guy. Or we're the Giants. See, I'm already I'm already <laughs> in. I'm already in. Bros, you're already
2: friend of the Cowboys. You're friend of the Giants now. too. Nah,
1: listen, it is what it is. Okay. It, it, it's Ezekiel Elliott. That's my guy. Okay. Okay. You're bringing in Pep Hamilton, who has a history of developing young quarterbacks, and at this point in his career, this is Daniel Jones' last chance. Without a doubt, I agree. This is his last chance to prove it. Now we're going to see him in a a situation where this offense is really oriented around him and his strengths. Name another quarterback in the NFL that has Josh Allen's skill set. Skill set? Not not many. I mean, Herbert's probably the closest, but he doesn't have the rushing ability. Daniel Jones is a poor, poor man's Josh Allen. Daniel Jones has the rushing ability. I'm a poor man's Michael Jordan. Then no, you're not. We're both six six. I'm sorry, six, King. Five, actually. I-, I seen your jumper. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Was it's not bad. That I was you that, bunkers, Yeah, That's <laughs> not <cap>. come on. <laughs> you're a pretty good ball player. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, back back to my original point. You got me off track a little bit. He runs the football very effectively. His deep ball last season was statistically, analytically, the best deep ball in football. Daniel Jones has the, the, the capability to throw the football with the best of them. He's shown that ability already. If Galladay's is healthy, Kadarius Toney, who's shown very, very high promise this mm-hmm. season when he was on the field. Sterling Shepard, who when he was on the field was electric. Maybe they could get 20 the ball because
2: there were so many games he was healthy, bro, and he got like two targets.
1: And I'm sure that this new personnel with Dabble, with with Pep Hamilton, they are realizing that this guy needs to be one of our focal points in the offense without a doubt. It's about putting pieces on this offensive line to protect Daniel Jones. When Andrew Thomas is in the lineup, when he's out of the lineup, it's night and day. Now continue to build off that. You have two first round picks. In my opinion, this is what you need to do. Two top. Yes, exactly. I apologize. That's what I meant. Address the O-line. Bring in someone offensive line, whether it's center, right tackle. Do something to address it. What are your thoughts? There's Giants fans out there that believe they should use Trade up
2: first-round picks on O-linemen. They I think should. that's a
1: great idea. Why not? I understand the need of pass rush because that's what my thinking is. You go o lineman, you go pass rush, you get best of both worlds. But if they went both O-linemen, I wouldn't bat an eye. I would say great job. You did a great job because you're trying to protect Daniel Jones. You're trying to get your offense to a different level than what it's been at. And you want to put Saquon in a position to be successful too. What they've been doing to Saquon has been unjustifiable. You had all, you had this guy come in his rookie season was all world, was all pro. He was fantastic, and from then on, we've just seen a a a, a shadow of what Saquon Barkley actually is. He's been injured, sure, and that hurts. But at the same time, the Giants, when he's been on the field, have been incapable of putting a line in front of him that will actually block for him and get him some separation. He's being met at the line of scrimmage more often than not when he's running the ball. It's weird to me. I understand Saquon is this shifty type of guy and he's trying to make players miss and to a degree that's kind of a reason to why he hasn't had that much success because he's a flashy type guy. He's trying to be Superman. And when Booker's in in the... on the field, excuse me, he makes it a lot easier on himself, which is why Booker seems to have more success than Saquon because he does not have the skill set that Saquon has and Saquon's trying to do too much. I think you put a line in front of Saquon, we see Saquon become the guy who we all expected Saquon to be. What I want to see from Daniel Jones next season is a willingness to see Saquon out of the backfield. For sure, we saw it early on in the season where they started to actually incorporate Saquon into the pass game, where his numbers were the best were in the pass game against the Saints. He had a blow up touchdown. A game against Washington, he had he had some good yardage on um, through the air. Excuse me, Daniel Jones, Atlanta, Atlanta, absolutely. I do believe Daniel Jones is being put in the best situation possible. And I do believe he does have the talent to meet the expectation that I'm expecting him of this season.
2: Which is what?
1: I think he could be, a, without a doubt, he could be a top 15 quarterback this next this upcoming season, and he could border on that 11 to 13. you think he's
2: better than Ryan Tannehill?
1: I do think so. Okay. I feel like he has the arm. He definitely has the confidence within himself. It's just a matter of if this team could stay healthy. And the coaches around him are going to put him in a position to be successful. And this is what makes me even higher on Daniel Jones than I already was.
0: What I like about Brian Dable the most is how experienced he is at different position groups and developing them. He spent 11 years with the Patriots as a wide receiver coach, tight end coach, defensive assistant and offensive coaching assistant. And along with his resume as an OC, it speaks for itself The Bills have literally went from the 30th to the 23rd to the 2nd to the 3rd ranked offense. Dable has experience at every single position group. And that's what's the best thing about Dable, in my opinion. And he said something in the press conference that really I, I was moved by. You know, he said a great coach once told me players don't care about how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So Brian Dable a person who, who puts people first. And you talk about Daniel Jones. Brian Dable's press conference, he had to drive through a snowstorm in New York to get there. I mean, we know, we literally, we're in, we live in the area, so we know how bad it is right now. He said the guy he saw in the building, there weren't too many, was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was in the building. He's keeping Patrick Patrick Graham as defensive coordinator. I think that's a good move. Yep. He's He's been a pretty good DC for the Giants so far. I think the Giants have a good defense. I think they have good offensive weapons. I think Andrew Thomas and Shane LeMay, who were like the only two offensive linemen, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I think they're good to start next season, but they have to revamp the entire offensive line outside of those two guys. This was a home run hire. I think Brian Dable was the best guy for this job. Daniel Jones, when he was drafted, everybody overreacted. Oh, this was a horrible pick. I didn't. I thought it was a a good pick by the Giants. I, I'm not saying it was like a home run. Like oh, DJ is a franchise guy, but between DJ and Haskins, because that's who that's Giants. It. Yeah, that's who Giants fans were mad at that they they didn't get Haskins in the NFL fan community. Whatever.
1: He had the swag behind him. I get it.
0: I said Daniel Jones is better than Haskins. Daniel Jones could run an offense. It's hard for me to believe that a quarterback in his rookie season that threw 24 touchdowns and 12 picks doesn't have some untapped potential there. He's had to suffer through Jason Garrett. I mean, who doesn't suffer Jason Garrett? I mean, he's just a horrible offensive play caller, offensive coordinator. He just does a horrible job at marrying plays and concepts. DJ finally has somebody who's proven, offensive guy, And this isn't just for DJ. I think the Giants, if they find a quarterback, knowing that Brian Dable is there, I think that can be a smooth transition. I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that Daniel Jones is the franchise guy. Mm -hmm. But the Giants building this roster the right way and getting all the pieces to help the quarterback definitely helps whoever else wants to be the quarterback of that team to the point that you just got to slot a guy in. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks on the market this offseason. Maybe Derek Carr gets traded or maybe Russell Wilson, maybe Jimmy G. You know, I think Jimmy G can win in New York. He definitely can. So there are a lot of options here. I will say this, though. Despite Daniel Jones showing some flashes, he has 50 touchdowns and 49 turnovers and 37 starts. That is one of the worst turnover to start ratios that we've ever seen in the NFL. That is abysmal. I want to pose this question. How likely is it that Brian Dable signs Mitchell Trubisky and says, I'm having an open quarterback competition, Mitch versus Daniel Jones? Who wins it? Say
1: so there's a negative percent chance.
2: I, I think he could sign Mitch because Mike Glenn is Yeah, they terrible, might need a backup without Brock a doubt.
1: is not good either. Without a doubt.
0: Brian I'd- Dable was a huge advocate. Of Mitch coming to Buffalo.
2: I don't know if he's going to say it's open competition. I could see him getting signed, but open competition, I put like
1: 25%. I would say negative percent chance.
0: Second overall pick versus six overall pick. You look at Daniel Jones in his first, in his 37 starts.
1: I forgot he tweeted this. He tweeted this.
0: I did. Daniel Jones, 50 touchdowns to 49 turnovers and 37 starts. Trubisky's three year span in Chicago, 53 touchdowns, 37 turnovers and 38 starts trubisky is i think is just as mobile maybe more than daniel jones he's a safer quarterback uh now that we see what happened in chicago matt Nagy wasn't a good offensive coordinator wasn't good at grooming a quarterback i don't know maybe this is the redemption story of mitch trubisky
1: it <laughs> see, could be things. so you're out on daniel jones
0: I'm not out on Daniel Jones. I'm just saying, if Mitch goes in here to compete with him, can he beat him That's out? That's what I'm saying. I like, think you If can. you
2: think Mitch is going to come in and so competition, you're telling me you're out on Daniel Jones. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm not out saying. on
0: Daniel Jones. I'm just rooting for the Mitch
1: Redemption story. But why in the why in New York? Just because of Dable?
2: Because yeah, connection there.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. there's pictures of them together holding a yeah. football. Uh-huh. I they mean, definitely <laughs> have a close relationship.
2: <laughs> and we and Giants PR staff, their social media team's got to step it up. Did you guys see the Brian Dable like hype video mm-hmm. hype? Bro, it's him. He's pulling in with his pickup truck. There's no music. He opens the door, doesn't say anything, and just walks in the door. It was probably the worst hype video I've ever seen his in my life. His press
1: conference was pretty lit,
2: though. It was, but I'm yeah. talking about their, their social team on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, was horrible, horrible. Hit us up. Absolutely Let horrible. us interview
0: he, a few players a month. We'll help <laughs> on the TikTok. So. Come on. He's a he's a business guy, business first guy.
2: That's fine, but I'm talking about the social team. Uh-huh. Jet yeah, social team's the best in the game. They got the Giants over here. Yourself, man? Uh, let's stay within oh, division.
1: <laughs> let's stay within division really quick. The Washington football team just announced their new name. Commanders. The Commanders. Oh, really? I
2: thought they announced it tomorrow.
1: The Washington Commanders. Okay. Are you a fan of that? I like. Did it get leaked or something? I I like the Red Hogs. What? I didn't mind it, honestly. I like the Red Hogs. Red Hogs? Yeah.
2: I feel like Commanders, I remember seeing the list and there wasn't a lot of good
0: names. DC
1: Commanders would have been cool.
0: I mean, that just sounds like something from Avengers. Yeah,
1: well, sure to play on it maybe. Why not? I mean DC I like the Red Hawks. Red Hawks would uh, Hawks there's already like a Seahawks is This going to be their logo. There's a Atlanta Hawks. That's w. ugly. That hey, W looks, looks kind of weird. Terrible. terrible. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not a fan of that name at all. Honestly, me personally, I wanted
1: it to stay the football, football Team. The Football team is amazing. It's one of the best names in the history of football. I hate to see it, man.
0: The Washington Football Team?
1: <laughs> They're the Football Team. I like it. The Football I like Team. It. It's amazing.
0: The Commanders is not a good name. Horrible. Uh,
1: the, all of
2: their options weren't that good, though. No, you're I right. think Commanders was the best of the worst.
1: Ho- the, that's what I'm saying. What when you say you like Commanders or Red Hogs? Red Hogs. Hogs. All oh, those hawks. No. Oh no, Commanders. Okay. Red Hogs is weird.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said what, Red. Let hogs. Let me look up really quick. What, what is a Red Hog? It's an animal. Like a, yeah, it's literally. Oof. It's like a pig.
1: Washington. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like a hog. It's like really what that's what it is. Red hog. Did you find it? What is it?
1: Uh, All right. The admirals, armada, brigade, commanders, defenders, presidents, red Hawks, red hogs, and sentinels. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a pig, a red
1: hog. Yeah, I liked red hogs a lot.
0: I don't. Why, Why do you want to be named that for a pig? That's kind of weird. Because who
1: cares? Why not? It, the logo would have been cool. A
0: what pig? A pig would have been kind of They would have made
1: it look tough. A hog has horns. They could Facts. I, but then that
2: makes me think of like a bull.
1: Exactly. And you're, and you're, but you're but you're called the Red Hawks.
0: I like it. I like the Red Hawks better. No, there's
1: already a Seahawks, Atlanta Hawks. That's eh. NBA, bro. I understand, but there's already Hawks, especially there's, there's one with Jets, the NFL.
2: NHL and NHL. NHL and NBA. Uh, fuck. Ex- oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Giants. <laughs> Jesus. MLB and yeah. uh, NFL.
1: I understand, but there's already a Hawks, a Seahawks. I know, yeah. You think it confuses people? Yeah, it would. People aren't the
0: smartest. I know, I know. On to the next segment. This might be a little bit serious, but we just mentioned Brian Dable going to New York and yep. Brian Flores sued the Giants and the Dolphins and even mentioned the Broncos, Broncos. in the lawsuit. And it's a lot of uh, crazy stuff. Claims that racist hiring practices by the league have left it racially segregated and managed like a plantation. He says this in making the decision to file the class action complaint today. I understand that I may be risking coaching the game that I love that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against systematic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. I'll say this what Brian Flores is doing right now is courageous. I think it's one of the most courageous things that I've ever seen. Risking his coaching career to stand up for what he believes in and what's right, because truth be told, I don't believe he ever should have been fired for Miami. Uh, 24-25 and record, overachieved every single season with an average quarterback. (laughs) Had to throw that in there.
1: Oh, I didn't even realize because I'm so locked in. That's uh, so rude of you. um,
0: Brian Flores, he never should have gotten fired. And what he accused the Dolphins of doing, Stephen Ross saying basically in twenty. Nineteen, I believe yeah. it was. I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars to lose every game. Every game, each game, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. That I think is one probably legal because
1: yeah. the fact that he, that's openly admitting that tanking exists in the NFL. The NFL should st- like Raw should sell the team. He honest to God, he th- should be yeah, forced to sell. Be f- I'll I mean, be honest for, for, that's for him to fast. say
0: that to Flores, and not only that, but to also try and set Flores up because also in the, mm-hmm. in the lawsuit it says that he tried to get Flores to tamper with the quarterback by inviting him onto his yacht. And when Brian Flores got onto Stephen Ross's yacht, Stephen Ross was like the quarterback that I want you to tamper with to come to Miami is going to be here. Brian Flores left. He didn't get involved in that. And the quarterback
1: sm- wasn't named? Wasn't no. named.
0: And it's very smart of Flores to do that because – I feel like that was probably a setup to get Flores fired and Because Steven Ross didn't have a yes man, now Brian Flores is made out as a scapegoat. He's fired. He couldn't forge these relationships. But the locker room in Miami, they were shattered when he was fired. I mean, say what you want about him not developing two or the offense being you know, inconsistent. He overachieved there. With the Giants. Saying that he had a sham interview. Basically, and uh, the Broncos was the champ interview, also the Giants. Oh, yeah, he went out, he yeah, went true, out, true, he, he true. went out to dinner with Joe Shane after Brian Dable was already announced. Well, they were already The inner one.
1: workings under they believed that Dable was going to get yeah, the job. Yeah, they, they,
0: already, they already had picked Dable to get the job, and, they had, Dable dinner, and they had dinner with Flores anyway. I will say, the reason I'm skeptical about that story in particular is because. The Giants interviewed Leslie Frazier twice, the Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator. He was a part of the Rooney Rule too. So do am I necessarily going to believe that, okay, Brian Flores is like, you know, did the Giants just interview him to fulfill the rule? Well, how is that possible yeah. if Leslie Frazier got interviewed? John Merritt personally called Brian Flores and was, you know, talking to him to potentially be their next head coach. So I'm not too sure about the Giants one. You know, but if it is true, this is this is some crazy stuff. The Giants PR department came out with some statements retracting uh, basically what happened. The Broncos PR department came out and basically said that we're not going to be challenged on our integrity of the organization. Brian Flores also mentioned a sham interview with the Broncos where, you know, your executives came in drunk and they really didn't take it later. seriously. The Rooney rule is supposed to be in place so minority head coaches get a fair shake in getting head coaching opportunities, but it's really been anything but that, and it's been used as a way to, okay, we're just going to interview this black coach just to get it out the way, and then we'll go find our real candidates. Because the fact that guys like Eric Bieniemy, Jim Caldwell are not head coaches, I think is just ridiculous because they deserve a job in this cycle. They deserve the job but here's where statistics come into play there are 32 owners in the NFL they are all white at least the majority owners and Brian Flores compared the slave thing to the plant the plantation thing because all the owners are white the NFL is made up of 70% black players that's they're profiting off their labor And basically, you got these rich executives just sitting on top, you know, having a dandy time. And, I mean, these guys basically putting their lives on the line. I mean, they get CTE. And for a very long time, the NFL withheld um, information about CTE, so it didn't get out. And that's putting the players in harm's way. I love the game of football, but there is no doubt in my mind that football is modern day gladiators that's what it is back in the old times in rome you know they had gladiators fight to the death out there football is basically a violent sport as well i mean it's it's very violent and i understand it i still love the sport but i can understand the truth about that there's one black head coach in the nfl that makes up 3% there are four black ocs that makes 12 that makes up 12% there are 11 black dcs defense coordinators that makes up 34% there are eight special teams coordinators that make up 25 percent, three quarterback coaches, 9 percent and six NFL GMs, 19 percent, six NFL, six black NFL GMs. The black population in the United States is 14 percent. Black coaches make up 27 percent of the positions Flores stated in the lawsuit. So while the percentage isn't. The 70% of players, it doesn't equate to that. And I understand that what people are talking about is, well, the coaches should represent the players and, you know, what their races and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's just so many more white people in this country than there are minorities, it's like 40 per, 44%. 27% of these position coaches are black. There are 14% black people in the, in the United States in the population. Out of 724 billionaires, only seven are black. That's 0.009%. When you look at the numbers like that, it doesn't sound like it's that big of a discrepancy. Even though I do think we have ways to go, I don't think we're at the finish line yet. I do think saying that, wow, because there's no black owners, then you know, this is definitely racist or something like that. The reason I don't agree with that is because, I mean, to be an owner, you have to be a billionaire and there's only seven black billionaires in the United States. How th- th- That doesn't even make up 1% of billionaires. So the numbers actually look quite clear. Okay. There are no black bill, There are no black owners because really they're not even 1% of billionaires are black. You know, then we get into ownership groups, but, There are owners that are women. You know, there isn't the majority owner for the Bills. She's an Asian woman. There are seven women that are owners. Shah Khan with the Jaguars is an owner. He's Indian. He's not white. So, I mean, there are minorities that represent this group. So I don't think just because there's no black people that are owners, it's all totally racist Uh, I do think that we have ways to go in terms of getting coaches fair shakes, minority coaches fair shakes in getting a job. And even though this, the stats say there's only one black head coach, Mike Tomlin. We have Robert Sala, Lebanon descent. He's not white. He's a coach. He's a minority coach. You also have Ron Rivera. He's Mexican. He's a minority coach. There are three minority coaches in the NFL. There needs to be more. And I think there are more deserving candidates, but let's not act like it's just a black and white thing. Like it's, it's not, there's a lot of gray area in this and there's a lot of statistics that kind of back up the numbers of why the NFL is shaped this way. And I think we have to, you know, definitely there's, there's room for change, but we also can't just walk into this blind and feel like the, everything is problematic. You know, that's what I, that's how I feel. This is
1: very, very hard for me because my team's involved and I love the Broncos. You guys watch our Zooms. See, my room is Bronco'd out. Got Broncos sheets. My walls are orange. I have Bronco memorabilia. And this is the second time now that my team has been in some type of controversy revolving around racism or some type of Racist activity. The first time Colin Kaepernick. We're interested prior to the 2016 season. We want to trade for him. Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to take a pay cut. He doesn't end up playing with us. He plays relatively well that 2016 season. Now San Fran said that they were going to cut him. Regardless whether he opted in or or out. Regardless of that fact. They were going to cut him. But that was during that season. That he started his kneeling protests. And. Even with all that going on, he still played great football. He didn't allow the outside noise of people constantly screaming and yelling at him to stand for the anthem. He stuck to his beliefs. He played solid football. He did his job. He kept that, He kept both of those separate from one another. Where he was a football player, he was also a social activist. Now all that goes on, Broncos suddenly aren't interested in him in the offseason. We decided to draft Paxton Lynch. We decided to bring in Case Keenan. We decided to bring in Joe Flacco. We don't give someone like a Colin Kaepernick who has shown the ability to go to a Super Bowl, go to an NFC Championship game, showed in his last season in, in San Francisco that he's more than capable of being a starting quarterback. John Elway goes and says that we gave him a chance. He didn't want to be with us. It's a cop-out way of essentially saying, we don't want the burden of bringing this guy who has become such a a globally accepted or, excuse me, globally, just looked at globally more than what he is on the football field for what, for what he did on the sideline of the football field. Because it was affecting the money in these owners' pockets. They wouldn't let Colin Kaepernick suit up again. Now, here we are again, 2019. We're interviewing Brian Flores for a job, and the guys are supposedly, according to Brian Flores, this is all alleged again. So I don't want to jump into conclusion, but or jump to conclusions. However, one time is already bad enough. Now two times is getting inexcusable. Shows up to the meeting an hour late, accusing the people in the meeting to be drunk, not taking the interview seriously. And Vic Fangio ends up getting, getting hired. Now, in this, in this situation, Vic Fangio is a great coach, but he is a white coach. Then these text messages between Bill Belichick and Brian Flores get released. And it's Bill Belichick. Who knows if these, t- these are texts that are in a lawsuit. I'm assuming they're real. It's a screenshot. It's 2022. Technology is different nowadays. The wording from Bill Belichick, the way that he texts, is interesting. Which is, it's almost like you or I are texting with the question marks, the exclamation points—they're real. And it's Bill Belichick texting Brian Flores accidentally, thinking that it's Dabble. Correct, I'm pronouncing his name correct. Dable. Uh, Dable. Saying, oh, "Congratulations." Word around is you're getting this gig, and Flores is uh, is. Have you heard something that I haven't heard? I'm supposed to be interviewing with them on Thursday. This is three days before his interview. He's finding out that they already are going to hire this coach, but they need to hire, they need to look at this guy. So why bring in Flores? I understand you mentioned that they already had interviewed someone, but why bring in Flores for an interview if you already know that this is going to be your guy? It's tough for me to sit here as a Bronco fan, to sit here as someone who loves the game of football and see history again where Brian Flores saw what happened with Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick took a stand. It cost him his NFL career. He knew what was on the line when he decided to take a knee. And I'm 100% with Colin Kaepernick. Everything he did. Colin Kaepernick's a hero to me. He decided to take that knee and put social injustice, police brutality first. But he understood what what risk stood with that. Now, here we are again, Brian Flores. Similar situation. Before any we heard any of this, was a top head candidate coach for for a plethora of teams. We're, we're shocked to hear him go. And at first, the rumors of what I heard is that it's tough for them. It's tough. In Miami, in the organization of Miami, that he's he's tough, that, it, that the organization is the players are not happy to be with him, that he's a a, a, t- a strong personality, it's his way or the highway. And so here I you know, I'm I'm with Tua. Tua is my guy. I, I want the best situation for Tua. It seemed as if there was some turmoil. And it comes out all these news and all these different reports of everything that's going on within Miami's organization. And how how can't you? Stand with Brian Flores. His career is on the line now. He might never get another coaching opportunity again. You take a stand like this, you're putting a lot at risk. NFL's already came out and, and said that these aren't true. That we're, we're strongly going to fight against it. Broncos have come out and said this, strong, this isn't true. But what can you expect from these guys? Of course they're not going to come out and say, yes, Of course, we, we did that, we apologize. They want to go do the trial. They wanted to, to 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 see what's going on. They really want to see how far they could push it. We saw how it went with Kaepernick. The NFL had to issue an apology. They reached an agreement money-wise. It was a fact they had blackballed Kaepernick. For me personally, it's hard to see why this man would put so much on the line, especially knowing the climate that we're in. Where African-American and black males and black females as well deal with as much as they do on a day-to-day basis. It's tough for me to sit here and say, I think he's just saying this because they're not giving him a fair shot. Or he's just saying this because he's not getting a head coaching job and he's upset about it. It's, it's really hard. I'm getting a little emotional because this it means a lot to me. I'm a Broncos fan. Now this is number. Two, this is strike number two. Strike one was bad enough, especially with how much I I love and appreciate and admire Colin Kaepernick. If it comes out and this is true, I promise, I can't root for the Broncos. I can't do it. it it's truly sickening to me, and I really I I pray that this gets sorted out correctly. I pray that everything happens and. I, I don't want it to, if it's not true, I don't want it to pray that it's not true because I don't want Brian Flores to come out wrong. But I want it to be resolved properly because I want to know the facts and I want to act accordingly because it needs, it needs something needs to be done. And you read off the statistics, and it makes it seem on the big picture of, of there's not black owners. There's not African American owners. There's not that many minority owners because the populations are different. However, It's tough for me in scenarios like this, where players and coaches who are getting paid for this, who are doing a job for these people that have such high power, especially in in a country where we, we view minorities differently than a certain population, it's hard for me to feel as if he would just come out and ruin his life or put... His financial situation at such risk knowing the position that he's in
0: is beautifully said uh, to to piggyback off that point. Um, there's definitely a race problem in America, but in my opinion, it's more much more about classism. It's about wealthy versus poverty. Fair enough. And I think that's what society has always been. We have scenarios where gruesome stuff does ha- happen and it is unjust But at least in this current climate in America, while there still are race issues, I feel like it's much more classism that decides power structures. And the NFL right now has a power structure. Do race plays into part just because of the history of the country. But I think classism is at the top of it. And it is basically the wealthy versus people that don't have wealth and so one percenters
1: and joel i i know you want to say something but it's the first day of black history month right we we want to we want to celebrate all the history that that the the african-americans that black that black americans in our country have done to get to this point in society and we have today 12 bomb threats on hbcus today right we have this news that brian flores now has been to a degree put in a, a scenario where he's not getting head coaching looks and they're just using him to 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 fill a quota for for the Rooney rule where when are we going to actually start to celebrate these people and not the the African American the black community and not put them in situations where they have to be afraid 12 bomb threats is disgusting where you have to shut down class these kids have to fear for their lives because we live in a society where they're not fully accepted. I can't sit with that.
2: Yeah. Listen, you guys both spoke really well on it. And Joel, I think you talked, you touched on it earlier. Um It starts at the top, right? We have 32 or not everyone's white, but majority of these owners are white. And I don't want to generalize everybody, but, Older white men don't have the best track record of giving minorities, you know, the chances. Especially when you're filthy rich like that and you have all the money and you think you have all of the power. I think it's obvious that the Rooney Rule hasn't hasn't worked to what the NFL thought. Right? The, the NFL thought they'd put this rule in place and it would give minorities and black coaches and, and executives a chance to have these these positions of power. And although the a lot of players and like you mentioned, seventy percent of them are black. A lot of them after their playing career want to go into coaching. And, you know, there, there's there been some success stories like Mike Tomlin, and, you know, we've seen in the past with guys like Todd Bowles, who's gotten head coaching positions, in Ron Rivera, but they are few and far between, right? For the most part, even look at this head coaching cycle, you have Jim Harbaugh, rumored to be in Minnesota, McDaniels go to the Raiders, Dable go to the Giants, you have all of these white coaches, and we look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy who's... I mean, we've we've beaten this to a dead horse at this point, right? It's year after year after year-wise, and you he getting a head coach. And you don't want to sit here and think it's because he's black, right? That's not the first thing you want to come to your mind. But when you look at what he's done for the Chiefs and year after year, and a lot of the stuff we talk about in here is sports, right? And it's the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important. But stuff like this, when you're impacting people's livelihoods and impacting their families and you bring everything into it, it is a lot more important. So I do think it starts at the top in, in ownership and bringing in possibly more ownership groups. And we mentioned a team like Miami as someone that I would definitely go out and force them to sell. There's no reason you have, there's a line of people who are going to be signed up to, to uh, buy an NFL team and Steven Ross should be forced to sell. There's no reason why you should be purposely losing games that, you know, impacts the integrity now and the team of the NFL in general. And I hope it's not true. And it's hard to go through all of this because it is a lawsuit. A lot of it is he say, she say. A lot of it is the people in the room know what happened. Not everyone else did. And now, none, none of us are lawyers, so I'm not going to say it. I read through it. I understood most of it. But it, there's going to be a lot. And it's going to go over year after year. And the sad part about it is it's the NFL. They have the most money and basically any organization in the world. And at the end of the day, Brian Flores is probably going to have to settle because the NFL is just going to go add add him, and we saw the same thing with Kaepernick, who eventually, I believe, he settled. Am I yeah, correct? Right? They settled. They settled. Where you just have these huge organizations and structures that have all the power, all the money, all the lawyers, and you have Brian Flores, who, one of the most courageous thing you could do, you're putting your family on the line, your livelihood. This is what you've done your entire life, and you're going up against such this big organization, almost too big to fail, that. It's going to be hard to really get down and get to the facts because there's no excuse if you are a Broncos team and whether it's true or not to not even show him the respect. This isn't even black and white. This is a respect thing, right? You have a guy who wants to come in here and really fulfill his dream of being a head coach, something he's been thinking of, I'm sure, when he was a player or even when he was an assistant coach, coordinator, whatever. This is his dream and you can't even come in and give him the time of day to even respect him. The Giants thing is also something I am skeptical skeptical on because of the Leslie Frazier and as well as the Giants are allowed to have a favorite. If the Giants like Dable, I don't think there's anything wrong with them liking Dable but still want to bring in Brian Flores. Just be like, you know what? This is a guy who has credibility. It sounds like they gave him a fair shot that they interviewed him for multiple hours. Like you mentioned, the owner came out and talked to him as well. So I'm not sure how much we could really buy into the Giants stuff, but it, it's really a reflection of our country who has been struggling with this for years. And it's sad that we're at the best place we've ever been in. And it just kind of goes back to like, we're not that far away from the sixties and the fifties with MLK and segregation and everything that's been going on. Like that was one lifetime ago. Like my parents were going through that, right? My dad lived through that. So it, it's something that not only the NFL has to deal with, but we're still dealing with as a country. And, you know, we've had presidents in the past and in the present that, haven't done the most for the minority and african-american community and that's a reflection of the nfl who have tried and just like the usa could say they've tried it it hasn't executed right it hasn't gone to plan exactly i don't know what the next steps are for the nfl because the rooney rule isn't working um they're giving these people a chance but at the end of the day when you have these extremely rich older white owners they're probably more often than not going to end up going with white coaches or white general managers. Now, we have seen a couple in the past, like Eric Berry and Minnesota's general manager as well, who are minority. So we are seeing at least a little bit of progress there, but we read the stats. It's disproportionate to the amount of NFL players and NFL coaches as well, who come into, you know, who have the ability to get these roles, because you do mention the population is 14% black, but... I mean, look at how those 14%, what percentage are qualified to be an executive or a coach, right? That's under 1% most likely. On the other hand, you look at the NFL players and executives, it's 70%. So a lot more opportunity there. So I, I do think while it is an NFL problem, it just goes back to to US problem, right? It's something that other countries look at us and we think we're the best country in the world. And if you think that, I, I can't say we're not. I mean, We have a bunch of freedoms and things that other countries don't, but we do lack some of these just very basic and common sense things that we've been struggling with you know, ever since we become a country.
0: You mentioned the point about Mike Tomlin and it's a good, it's an excellent point because Mike Tomlin is the only current black NFL coach currently in the NFL. And he has had to be damn near perfect to not get fired.
1: He's not agree more.
0: He's never had a losing record in his career. Despite big Ben being washed this past season, Mike Tomlin still managed to pull out a winning record and every so often, we hear an idea floated out there. Oh, should the Steelers move on from Mike Tomlin? Should they move on? It just goes to show you that you can be as perfect as Mike Tomlin and still not be good enough. Because if you're a black coach, you have to be five times, 10 times better than a white counterpart. Brian Flores went 10 and six and nine and eight this past season. Went on a seven, eight game win streak, one of those. He got fired. He was as close as perfect as you can be. Maybe not the personal relationships wise or whatever. That's a different story. Just talking about expectations versus reality. He overachieved. And he was still let go. Jim Caldwell let go after a winning season in Detroit. Hire Matt Patricia. They don't sniff that. They haven't sniffed that since. So it just goes to show how much more you have to how much more your results have to show themselves if you're a black coach versus a a white coach. And we talk about Pep, Pep Hamilton. I talk about him a lot. You know, was Joe Judge more qualified than Pep Hamilton to be a head coach? He wasn't. But he was the coach for the Giants. So this is a tricky situation. A lot needs to be done. This was a bombshell that was dropped on the first day of Black History Month and it's just it's a it's a touchy to- it's a touchy to- topic because I understand the emotional implications of it but also I I feel like when we get over emotional about these things we forget about the statistics of these things which are very important because while there are 70% of, 70% of NFL players are black and that should correlate I guess in the coaches somehow there are a lot of play- people that don't play football that are very smart about football Kyle Shanahan has never played football he's one of the most innovative offensive minds that we've ever seen well he's never played football at any NFL I mean he played in college so does I just what I'm trying to ask is what's the what's the appropriate number to where we say okay that's that's much more like it like is it that 70% of of 70 do we does, it, does the number of coaches has to equally represent the number of players, of minority players, or is it 50%? Is it 40%? Like i am just not quite sure where the number is at.
2: I, I definitely think, though, it has to be more than one black head coach. I understand there's a couple minorities in
1: there, but...
0: Head coach, head coach, I understand. Yeah. And more so than one... It's, look at it like this. Wilkes was there
1: for one season, was fired. Coley was there for one season, was fired.
0: Cully, I agree. I, I think Cully should I have think stayed. Dungey
1: was too. Dungey got fired in yeah. Tampa Bay yeah. after Tampa winning Coach of the yeah. Year. Yeah. I, I, the fact that there has to be a Rooney Rule should just but tell the thing, you all that the you thing, need to know. But the that thing about why is,
0: but the thing about Steve Wilkes is that they fired him after one year. But was it the wrong decision?
1: No. They got Cliff Kingsbury. I get it, but the, like I the, get
0: that. But then we, the room like for I,
1: error is just.
0: I agree with you. Leaves and bounds
1: but smaller.
0: That's where I get into situations, though. Because we just we just saw, not too long ago, Freddie Kitchens being fired after one year with the Browns. He was white. Joe Judge got fired after a second season with the Giants. He was white. And they almost gave him a third. But inevitably, this was the mean. result. So it's like Vic Fangio just led your Broncos to a top three defense in the NFL. He got fired. You know, for a white counterpart, that be it, but offensive-minded, So that's where I get into situations because, you know, we throw these names out there like Steve Wilkes, but like did Arizona make the wrong decision? I mean, they got better. I mean, they got better. It it is
2: what it is. Yeah, Kyler Murray, things change. Yeah, you're right.
0: You're you're sure right, but it's also the offense that Cliff implemented to help Kyler out. So that's where I get into situations of things. The Tony Dungy thing, I agree. You know, Jim Caldwell, I agree with those. I mean, that is like blatant. But you know there are situations also where man, this coach wasn't good and he probably should have got fired. You know, so I, I just don't think just because you're a black coach that oh you deserve more leeway because I'm um, not
1: saying to deserve more leeway. I want them to have as the much same leeway as, I as white to, coaches. It's but all that's about the same equity. thing with
0: me though is like I don't think white coaches that suck deserve leeway either. You know they get it, but inevitably this is a results driven business. You either show it or you don't, and. I'm just saying that not every situation I think is like, oh, look at this. This is a blatant act of racism. I just don't think every situation is that. There are some situations that I go and I say, yeah, it's, it's pretty damn evident, but, or at least like the fairness of it. There's some situations like the Steve Volks one where I'm like, I mean, it wasn't great. Coach. Really? No. Like, really? Like he just, he wasn't good. I mean, Arizona looked like a shell of themselves. We've seen rosters with less talent than what Steve Wilkes have show more heart out there. We saw Jets teams that won four games still play for Todd Bowles. You know, Arizona that year, I watched them. They were flat the entire year. We've seen Brian Flores tank for two a season, still managed to win five games. So maybe still Steve Wilkes just wasn't a good coach. So that's why I don't think every scenario is that. But there's definitely more rules that have to be put in place for, for the fairness of minority coaches get a better shot. And Brian Flores in, in the lawsuit, that's what he wants the NFL to give. He wants he wants there to be more ownership stake uh for like minorities to get some ownership stake in the teams, mm-hmm. and he wants to make the process to be a little bit more fairer. So at the end of the day, it's a very courageous act of him. For sure. No and, doubt. and what he's doing is is um I'd even say borderline revolutionary. I mean, he's a guy who Other people are going to follow in his footsteps because of what he's done. You know, same way we look at other heroes that have stood up to an unjust system. That's how we're going to look at Brian Flores. And hopefully things turn out for the better. And this creates real change because it's needed in the NFL.
2: I do think it's good that we are seeing more younger hires. These, you know, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, 38 and 36. And the GM, uh, Brian Poles, is in his 30s or 40s. I do think it's better that. We're getting away from the typical, you know, look at 10 years ago. All the coaches are 50, 60 years old. I do think it's at least a better step because I feel like that generation is at least one generation removed from, like, being in the middle of real segregation that it was. And, like, we grew up in a very diverse community in high school, right? So, it's different for us. It seems so, like, obvious and so crystal clear. But you go to some cities down south or in the Midwest, like, they still think, like, black people are second tier, or you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to generalize, but there's people out there that still believe it who are our age. that just seems ridiculous. I'll
0: just say that we, we grew up in a fortunate circumstance where Hackensack, our city, is a very diverse city. Where if you go, where you go to other cities, I mean, just even in our state, we we go over to Paramus. I mean, how many, how diverse is it it there? It's not. You know, so we, like there are towns and still in Jersey where it's not diverse. So, We've grown up in a very diverse place, so we don't have that mindset, but there are definitely still places that, that, uh, that do have it.
1: When I actually went down to Florida, I'm sure my dad wouldn't be happy that I'm sharing this story, but we were in Florida. My brother was with my, my, uh, with my pops while we were actually recording the podcast while I was over down there in Miami, and apparently some homeless man came up to him, and he was asking him to help him out. My dad gave him a few dollars, but he wanted him to like, help him move something. And the guy just started getting really hostile with my dad. He's like, he says something along the lines of, "It wasn't an issue when they let you into our country. What, what, what is going it's to a white guy? I'm assuming a homeless guy. It was, but it just goes to show you. It's like we we live in an area where I, I'm I'm very grateful. Yeah. I'm blessed it's that we bro. we we live in a a, a, a area that I, I'm proud to live in where you could take a trip down south and it's just completely different story.
0: Yeah, it's a Yeah, we are forcing where we grew up in for sure.
1: It's terrible. That's why this this really just sits so differently with me because uh enough's enough. It's been hundreds and hundreds of years.
0: Yeah, even in saying that um it's all about progression.
1: For sure. No and doubt. No doubt. We got to move forward together as a society I
0: will say this the NFL although it took longer than expected I mean I remember 10 years ago black quarterbacks wasn't a normal thing maybe one starter you know yeah. Jamarcus Rus- Russell did a lot to ruin the <laughs> ruin the <laughs> perception of it but Cam Newton, I mean there was a lot of racist remarks around him coming out of the draft yep. and We've seen it translate over to Lamar, too, when he came out of the draft talking about he should translate to wide receiver, running back, one of those two. So we are not too far removed from the NFL being all-white quarterbacks for the most part. You know, Tony Romo was, like, Spanish, like, half-Spanish. And that was back when, like, Washington, their first championship was with a black quarterback, Doug Williams. Mm -hmm. You know, now in the NFL, look at the top quarterbacks, Collar, Deshaun, Mahomes, Lamar. Um, Lamar, I mean Dak, Dak, Jalen Hurts. Like now, it's becoming much more of a normal thing mm-hmm. that we're seeing uh, black quarterbacks and minority quarterbacks in the NFL. It wasn't like that ten years ago. I remember it vividly. So maybe ten years from now, we're looking at it and we're looking at head coaches and the hires and how that is th- that's much different because, like you said, you know we haven't fully lived past the the '60s era. Yeah, I mean that's sixty years ago. So we haven't fully moved past there, and I believe that over time we progress as society. And you know, same thing with um, you know, ten years ago there were slurs being said freely. Ten years ago, oh, that yeah. don't be that aren't said now. Sure. You get canceled for them now. So we have made progress in society, and I think over time it, it does. History does repeat itself in a way that we do progress, and then there's gonna be a new problem and we progress past that there's going to be a new one we progress past that you know and it just i just i just think that's how it goes
2: just everything seems like a lifetime ago when you look up like when you learn history in school like we're in our 20s right that seems like a lifetime ago when you learn that when you're 10 years old and then you grow up and you're like oh that was 50 years ago you know that's not that far away you know 50 years from now we're gonna we're still gonna be alive we'll be in our 60s 70s you know like it's it's in the rear view but it's not far back
0: the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels to be their new head coach. And it was a package deal. The Raiders hired Dave Ziegler as their GM, who was the Patriots director of player personnel. Then hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach. And his first in as head coach, eight and eight, his first season, three and nine his second season. He was fired. I believe he was hired at thirty two or thirty three. And he came out and said that, you know, at that time wasn't I ready for wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, and I didn't know how to forge relationships with players, and he feels like he's grown in that aspect. We know he knows a lot about football. We know he is a a brilliant offensive mind, but with him it's really about forging relationships and kind of what I said back to what Brian Dable said, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think with Josh McDaniels, that quote can really resonate with him because he lost his first job because – he didn't build meaningful relationships with his players. How good of a hire is this? Do you think it's going to be good for Derek Carr? Do you think the Raiders can now make take that next step? I mean, I know they were a surprise this last season; they made the playoffs. I mean, are are they proud to make the playoffs again? Are they going to take the next step? Was this, how good of a hire was this?
2: Yeah, 2021 and 2022 is quite the year if you're a Raiders fan, right? I don't think a lot of people were expecting this offseason to be a new GM and new head coach. But, I mean, go back to the racing, John Gruden got tied up in some stuff that, uh, you know, forces you to obviously fire him and no longer part of the team. Um, I do like that Ziegler and McDaniels are tied together, right? They have history together with the Patriots. Um, uh, McDaniels actually gave uh, Ziegler a Ziegler role in the scouting department when he was head coach in Denver there. So I was like when the head coach and the general manager have connections because it just, it, it seems like the relationship is already there. It's already formed. It's not something new that you have to get into. You're already familiar with each other. Um, he mentioned as well in the press conference, his first year, or his first two years in Denver got fired in the second season. Wasn't great when 11 and 17, he was responsible for some personnel as well. The, uh, Kyle Orton for Jay Cutler trade. Wasn't great. Trading for trading away Brandon Marshall, Tebow in the first round. He made some mistakes that you look back Kyle on Warner it. was solid. Yeah, but Jay Collar was definitely better.
1: Uh, not leaps and bounds. He uh, was better. He, he was definitely better. He was better, but he wasn't
2: fit for the team. Regardless, I think he made some personnel choices that weren't in the best suit for the Broncos. And it, it does sound like Ziegler's going to have... Um, the final say there as well they're gonna work collaboratively as well collaboratively wow that, that fucked me up um it's gonna they're gonna work together for sure um but they're also you know McDaniel's will have the final say like he did in denver back in in 2011 um it's hard to believe or at least i have to see it before i believe it in terms of the whole building relationship things because i know he was he was really young when he first got the job in denver and the patriots the Belichick coaching tree doesn't have the best history in terms of you know having successful head coaches, guys being able to build a relationship with players. In 27 seasons, Patriots coaches have won 41 percent of their games and five fight playoff appearances, so they don't have the best history. But I think more than anything from this Raiders team, I'm not worried about Derek Carr. I see him. I've seen him succeed succeed with Jack you Del Rio. I've seen Carr. him succeed with Gruden.
0: I don't. Yeah, nice. I don't
2: think McDaniel's comes in and makes a drastic change. I think if The Raiders do get a drastic change. It's going to be the personnel side. I think it would be great upgrading the offense and the defense, respectively, because Carr's already a franchise guy. I think it would be foolish for them to trade him. If you do trade him, you got to trade everybody and just blow it all up because it makes no sense getting off him and and then trying to retool this team. Um, they allowed the 12th most sacks, Colton Miller did come along and played really well this season he was the 5th highest grade tackle, according to PFF you do have a phenomenal tight end, Darren Waller Hunter Renfro turned into a really good receiver I still think in this era of football you need at least 1-2 to more weapons on this offense, not a big Zay Jones not a big Brian Edwards guy, I've been talking about Josh Jacobs too. I'm not the biggest fan. I just don't think they have as many explosive players as the other top teams and the AFC and the NFL do. I know Zay Jones and Deshaun Jackson take the top off of, t- of defenses. But when you look at explosive guys, like I'm looking, can you go and get a top 10 type receiver or draft guys and, and really put a solid foundation around Derek Carr, who it's been a few years since those and Mar Cooper days where he really had two elite weapons and we saw how good of a quarterback he could be. And if they really want to take that next step, it's also going to be upgrading the defensive side of the ball. They allowed the seventh most points this year, third most in 2020, ninth most in 2018, ninth most in 2019 and most in 2018. So it's been like five seasons of them just being a, a terrible defense. That's another area they're going to have to improve. I think McDaniels I'm still torn on him. I'm not. I don't think it's a home run higher. He wouldn't have been my first choice. I don't think just because of everything he brings. Not the best first stint. The Patriots coaching history just not being the best. But I think Derek Carr can overcome everything. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't think he's is. i he succeeded with Jack Del Rio. You know what I'm like fair, and, fair, and fair. interim coaches. Like there's just been so much chaos that he's gone through that I don't think McDaniels comes in and makes him so much better with the supporting cast or brings him down. I think the Raiders would be about what they are, borderline playoff team, unless they make some moves in the draft and free agency and really bolster this roster.
1: Now question, is there a reason why Jim Harbaugh didn't decide to take this job?
0: I don't know if there was a specific reason. Um, Especially they needed, if he's they interested needed, in Minnesota. They needed a GM, and Dave Ziegler, I guess, was their first option, and he basically told them that if— Daniels um, is
2: his dream hire.
0: I don't know. He said, that's what he said? Yeah. Well, Dave Ziegler basically said that, well, if you get me, you're going to get McDaniels too.
1: As someone who had McDaniels as their head coach. Sorry, disrespectful. Sorry. Thank you. That was very rude. (laughs) All right. And that Tebow season was magical. You can't take that away I wasn't with him. You're 100% right. Oh my God. It was Fox. You're so right, bro. But he drafted Tim Tebow. He gave us that. And people give him shit for it. But if not for him, we would have never had that season, regardless of whether John Fox was the head coach or not. That being said... That justifies the first time absolutely, Tebow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Peyton Manning came to town. You get rid of Tebow. It's that, it's that easy. Yeah. Did it break my heart? Was it a little bit of of Peyton? Yes. <laughs> I was I was a little upset. He could have gone anywhere. He decided he wanted to make a home in Denver, and it worked out for him. Ultimately, I'm skeptical because we've seen what happens when he's a head coach, and As an offensive coordinator with Tom Brady, of course, he's top five almost every single season. And this past season, he had top six in points. He was top six in points. But in terms of yards, he was top 15. He was number 15 exactly. I am skeptical only for the fact that this offense needs work. You mentioned it 100%. I like Josh Jacobs, actually. I'm a little bit more on the Josh Jacobs bandwagon than you are we had this conversation. Is he top 10? I wouldn't say he's top 10. He's on the cusp. I'd say he's in that 11 to, to 13 range at, at minimum. He can't be lower than that, in my opinion, especially for what he did in their playoff push and in the playoff game against the Bengals. He was great on both the receiving and the rushing end. In terms of Hunter Renfro, he showed that he could be a number one receiver, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, freaking nature. And he did a lot of this without... he Listen, the statistics are freak of nature Ask
2: Freak of nature is crazy. Come on.
1: It's freak of nature-esque. 1,109 touchdowns. If that's freak of nature, what's Cooper Cup? What's Justin Jefferson? No, it's Devontae Adams. If, if, to do if Hunter it this freak, freak of nature. To do it this early. To do it this early. What, what are you this talking about? This is year three. And and it Cooper Cup is in what year?
2: I don't know.
0: Jedis is in year three. P- is different. Can we right. just Tomorrow say Hunter Renfro is a good, a good player? He's a good player, yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, all right, 100%. All right. Semantics, you're right.
1: You're right. Sorry.
0: Freak of nature but, threw me off. Sorry. He's one of the better slots in the NFL, though. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, thank you. I'm I'm sorry put me in jail for saying freak of nature when this guy had an unbelievable just, statistical season and was not the number one receiver until I, what week I, five i, I, week I just six? I think we,
2: that's reserved for a very s- small category freak of nature okay and i agree
1: that you was think, very loosely used freak of no I, nature, I, I, first i'm agreeing thing comes all right listen right, man i'm agreeing You're okay right. all right, right. Anywho. all right but for his body type for, for him to do what he's done yeah,
2: no, that's a, freak of nature ask
1: it's impressive and this is with Darren Waller missing a good amount of time, and that's upsetting. We seen, uh, we saw what happened with Ruggs. They need to get him another piece. Yeah. They need to get him maybe one to two. I think one for sure. I like Renfro. I like Darren Waller. You get him one more on the outside, then we can really talk offensively. They need to address the offensive line. You can't have Derek Carr running for his life. The fact that they traded away three pieces and, and cut one of them before the season started was a red flag for me and why I was so low on the Raiders as a whole. I think McDaniels has to do a, a good job of building rapport with Derek Carr if, he's, if they're going to decide to move on with Derek Carr. I feel like that's essential to the relationship, especially given the fact that Derek Carr backpacked them this season. He put them in this position to be successful. And that's without a doubt. I think he can run an offense. My worry is running a team. And defensively, that's where you you've clearly just read out they need their most help. And unless they're addressing that in the offseason and unless they're willing to open their pockets to, to pay some uh, players to come play for them, they, they, need to, they need to find a way to figure that out more so than addressing the offense. Because Derek Carr is going to have them afloat regardless. Defensively is where the struggle happens, and that is not McDaniel's strong point. He's going to have to put that in the hands of someone else, put that in the hands of the GM to figure out. But I'm skeptical because he he showed me on Denver he was not the guy. But as an offensive coordinator, he's shown that he could be very effective.
0: This is a wait and see for me. I'm with you. But I'm leaning towards it was a good hire. You know, say what you want about his time in Denver. I think he's openly admitted that he failed. Yeah. And I think the first step in growth is admitting that you got a problem. And he said he got a problem that he can't connect with players. Now, for a 32-year-old man, now 44 right? Maybe like 43, 44. It's hard for me to believe that you've changed that much of a, that you've changed that much as a person that now you're, Oh, you're the most outgoing guy. Hey, yo, Derek man, how's your fam? How's your this? You know, maybe he's just the same guy not building relationships. I don't know. You know, definitely in new England, it doesn't seem like they have the best of relationships, but there's no doubt. McDaniels is a stern coach. He wants things done a certain way. He's had success before with Kyle Lorton, who is not a good quarterback. You know, he has He was he, solid he, for us. Yeah, because McDaniels was your OC. And McDaniels, he there was a year he started five and zero with you guys, I believe, right? Five and us
1: Sick a Gander. It must have been the first year.
0: It was yeah, he got first fired. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I couldn't tell you. He was eight and a and three and nine.
0: He was five and one, I think, in his first uh first six games. And then he went on a, like a slump.
1: I wonder what happened. I can't remember off the top of my head that he only coached twelve games.
0: Yeah, I was like ten, bro. I don't know. But um <laughs>
1: I was really young, too.
0: Josh McDaniels, this the first time, at least as a head coach, because in Denver, you didn't have it. He has a quarterback. And when you're a head coach and you have the quarterback in place, it makes everything so much easier. You mentioned they have Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Those are all really good players. Their offensive line, Colton Miller, is a stonewall. Outside of that, they really suck. Agreed. Alex Otherwood has been a huge disappointment, whether he's at tackle or at guard. He really hasn't been panned out. But now you got Dave Ziegler picking the players. You got... Josh McDaniels giving his input. Maybe they can build something here. I don't question the Raiders commitment to winning. I think they want to win. I think this is an organization that's willing to put their money where their mouth is. I mean, they've moved to Vegas and ticket prices to get into Allegiant stadium is freaking expensive as hell. So they're definitely committed to winning and they want to build a good football team. Where McDaniels will help is that the Raiders were 26 in red zone offense this past season. McDaniels and the Patriots ranked sixth this past year with a rookie quarterback. And what cost him in the playoff game versus the Bengals? Last play, red zone. I mean, what play? That wasn't even a great play. You know, maybe McDaniel's, maybe he calls the play good enough to get Derek Carr into the end zone. And now they they walk off with with a, with a game winning touchdown. Maybe that's ha- that happens. I think this was a good hire. It is a wait and see. I'm not like overly ecstatic about it. Yeah. Because you do have the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Chargers in the division, which is always tough. It's going to be tough, for sure. But, I mean, you have the quarterback in place, and that's the most important thing when you get a new job.
1: No doubt about it. Look at the Broncos. We haven't had a quarterback. We've struggled. They've had Derek Carr. They've at least been mediocre for for however many years that they've had him. Mm -hmm. It's about getting the guy, and they have it.
0: Two teams that have their quarterback are the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, and the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert. Now, these two quarterbacks will always be tied to one another because they were drafted in the same draft class. Burrow, the first pick. Herbert, the sixth pick. Should have been the fifth pick, but neither here nor there.
1: Should have been the first pick.
0: Okay. Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. We're revisiting this debate. Who are you taking Joe Shiesty, Joe Joe Burr, Joe Burr, Joe Burr, Burr, Jay Herbo, Herbo. Justin Herbert.
1: Let me hear you, bro. Joey Franchise.
0: (laughs) Who are you taking? I mean, you made a very bold statement just now. So uh, you said you basically basically said Herbert won. So you're going with Herbert. So are you taking Herbert, Drew?
1: Now, I am taking Justin Herbert. I feel the difference between the two is Herbert has the better arm. He can make the big plays like Joe Burrow can. With his legs, he can make things happen with his legs. He's very mobile in the pocket. He just has a cannon attached to his arm. Take it easy there, you kid. Said atta- sorry, I Take wasn't expecting it, expect it easy attached there. to his arm. Right. I hope it's cannon. It's Jesus cannon. Christ. That being said, this guy's arm is special. Wins yeah. games with his arm. Put them in a position, week 18, against the Raiders with no time left on the clock. Threw an absolute perfect ball that looked like it was thrown at 100 miles an hour to Mike Williams. Perfect ball placement. Perfect throw with with the supreme velocity. I don't know if Joe Burrow can make that throw. Now, Joe Burrow, like we said earlier in the show, is extremely poised in the pocket and his big playability with his legs are what puts the Bengals in position to win games. He wins games. And I love to give credit for wins, no doubt. Especially when you're taking your team to potentially a Super Bowl. You could win the Super Bowl. It's That's a strong possibility. I just look at Herbert, and he has everything I want in a quarterback. Reads the game very well. Does turn the ball over from time to time, but it's because of his confidence within his arm, and I've said it. I want confidence in a quarterback. If I don't want a quarterback that thinks, oh man, I shouldn't make this throw. But, but again, Joe Burrow, I'll give him that one. He definitely does not fear anything. He's not any less confident than what Herbert is. But Herbert can make more throws than what Burrow can. And I feel like that's the only difference for me. Statistically, this year, Herbert clears. Basically, every single stat aside from completion percentage. But that also stems from Joe Burrow's pocket collapsing and him needing to hit the quick check down. And that's not discrediting him. You think? No. What, there's that, been, there's that, been a no, lot. Easy no. before you say that no. to me. Before you no. say that to me. You're not getting We watch me. a lot of film.
0: <laughs> no. How many times
1: did no. they hit Uzama no. on a five-yard curl? How many times? While the pressure's collapsing, how many times?
0: If I'm not mistaken, Joe Burrow has the most 20-plus yards play in the NFL this season. He does.
1: Really? And he also has arguably the best deep threat wide receiver in the game. Okay. Arguably, yeah, I mean, he's got two great, without a doubt. T. Higgins, who's unbelievable in his own right, and Jamar Chase, who Robert has.
0: got some weapons too, though.
1: Are they? Are either? Are they the together? T. Higgins and Jamar Chase.
0: Nope. Absolutely no chance. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler are closer to Jamar Higgins and Mixon than that Bengals offensive line is to that Chargers offensive line. My point about is about the that, completion That Chargers percentage. offensive line is top ten. My
1: point is about the completion percentage.
0: Okay, but I'm just saying, we just a, talk about weapons right now. Oh,
1: But weapons right now, it's They're, the offensive line, yeah. fine. But we're talking about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase with also Tyler Boyd, who gets left out of these conversations pretty often, Solid, a solid option. And Joe Mixon, who was just top five statistically in everything. So weapons-wise, I lean the Bengals without a doubt of mine. Okay, but then
0: offensive line, mention that. I'm with you. Come on.
1: Herbert definitely has a better offensive line. But, again, Herbert still can do the similar things with his legs that Burrow can. And he has a better arm. You're trying to make up. No.
0: no You're no. trying to make up. <laughs> I'm not.
2: You know what? I'm not. Uh-oh, what's he doing here?
1: here there you go. He's, he's making <laughs> up. Why I can't put Burrow over Herbert, even though Burrow is... A game away from bringing home a ring.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that I just think that Herbert's more talented than he is.
0: I'll go. Because you just said a lot of, you know, interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, he's I'm riding, not.
1: He's writing his wrongs.
0: I'm not trying to make up anything. I was wrong about the Bengals. Who wasn't? Yeah. Let's be honest. But Joe Burrow. You know, the rookie seasons. we I had this debate with Jack. He was right here. And I thought Justin Herbert was having the better rookie season. There's no doubt. At the time, that's what I thought. Justin Herbert is flat out phenomenal. But I've been a big Burrow fan. I have his LSU card. You want to know when I bought it? The day of the draft. Tough. Before. Because I said, yo, this guy? This is going to be worth a million dollars one day. That. That's Joe Shiesty what? LSU rookie card. That card goes absolutely crazy. Joe Burrow is my guy. He's Joey Franchise. I will say this. Card looks insane. Justin Herbert is the only quarterback in NFL history to have 30 plus passing touchdowns in his first 2 seasons as a starter. People want to blame Herbert. Yeah, let them all look at the card real quick. You know that's a very nice card. Joe Burrow LSU NFT. I don't even know how I can do that. I don't think you can.
1: We're not out on NFTs. Oh, and and on NFTs. Yeah? Yeah? All right. We don't stand with Drake and Kanye?
0: All right. A lot of people want to give Joe Burrow pushback because he didn't beat the Raiders. He had six straight fourth down conversions. What else can you ask from somebody? But you know what? Could ask a little bit more. How about? Oh you? my God!
2: <laughs> like, oh geez. my God! Listen to oh, this! Listen to this! Come on, listen to this, listen, listen, listen. this is Mr. It's
0: a team game. Listen to this. Why couldn't you execute on first, second, or third down? Why every single? How about your why defense? Why everything up is fourth and ten?
1: Bro, you're unbelievable.
0: Why is everything fourth and ten? You couldn't execute on first, second, or third down. So why is Listen it why this? is it
2: always oh, it's a team game. We put too much blame it and praise on game. the quarterback. Oh, it but, is a team but game. now it's only Justin Herbert's fault that they I were never saying for When did I long. say that? When did I say that? And, I never said it was a year. Winning fault. isn't
1: a quarterback is that bro. correct?
0: No, it's not. No. But quarterbacks have the biggest influence on winning, which is
1: how many you, kill you kill me. Are you killed me, bro. You're seeing the light. You're seeing the light. You're seeing the light. He's seeing thing. it. You're screwed. you but it's
0: important. Can I finish my point? Justin Herbert lost three of his last four <laughs> to the Texans. He should have won. Davis Mills outplayed him. I'm disgusted. Him. Davis Mills outplayed him. I'm disgusted. Him. He lost to the Raiders. He lost to the Chiefs. Listen. Justin Herbert lost to the Texans. Baltimore. New England, Minnesota, and they lost three of the last four. One of them was also KC and the Raiders week 18. Burrow beat KC twice. He dominated Baltimore. Twice. Not once. Twice. Twice. He beat Minnesota. Okay, it's not, but Joe Burrow threw 900 yards in his two matches versus the Ravens. Didn't the the Ravens had a number killed, one offense. You crucified me Ravens? about that. No, the Chargers got killed by around, the Ravens. Other way
1: around. Sorry. Apologize.
0: And, it's back and Joe Burrow, he, he was very firm against the Raiders. They beat the Raiders, a team that Justin Herbert couldn't get past week 18. Herbert played
2: a
1: 10 out of 10 that game.
2: This is the same Joe Burrow who lost to the Jets and almost lost that. to the Broncos. I don't care about Didn't that.
0: Didn't they lose to the Bears? I don't care about that. Joe okay. Burrow has two road playoff wins. He was sacked nine times versus Tennessee. That's tied for the most in a playoff game. And he won. A good quarterback wins that game. He won that game. There is a reason why the Dolphins wanted to trade three first-round picks to move up to number one and draft Joe Burrow because he's Joey Franchise. And Joe Burrow is also the reason why the Bengals said hell no and hung up the phone. I'm taking Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. Their stats are similar. I think Joe Burrow is the smarter quarterback. He has more IQ. He came off a knee injury. He didn't even start feeling like himself until the middle of the season. He's the first quarterback drafted number one overall to take their team to the Super Bowl in his second season in NFL history. In the last three years of his life, he's won a Heisman Trophy. He's won a college football national championship. He's won AP Comeback Player of the Year, and he might win a Super Bowl. He's an AFC champion, that's for sure. And when you have quarterbacks that are as similar statistically as Burrow and Herbert, Burrow was the number one ranked quarterback according to PFF. That's when you take winning into account. Uh, whoa, whoa, that's what I said, no, no, which no. is
2: what I said. I said uh, it's no, part no, no, no. of the
0: puzzle. It's not number one, but it's part of the puzzle. What, what, what did you say when we had this Brady-Mahomes debate? You said, yo, when these two quarterbacks are this, great. Oh, man, you got to take the accolades, right? And I, We're I, talking about year two Burrow and year two Herbert versus, versus Brady 22
2: years
1: in. And what is and year
0: two year Burrow doing? He's in a Super Bowl. Okay, but bro, what more can you ask of the guy? Wait, Nothing, bro, but no, still, bro, it's
1: year two. I also, I don't want to let you off the hook. No,
0: let me finish. Okay. Because I haven't finished okay. yet. Okay. When will it end?
1: No, How good? I know where he's going. I know where he's going.
0: How good is Ed Orgeron as a coach? He got fired from LSU. How good is Zach Taylor? Despite this season, he doesn't even have a winning record as a head coach. Those two coaches have something in common. They're both mediocre, and Joey franchise Joe Burrow made him look great. We had this debate with Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. I told you back in the regular season, Joe Burrow was better. You said, got to see it in the playoffs. Oh, well, he did it in the playoffs. I He's told doing you, it in the I playoffs. I told
1: you he was going to be better than Lamar. I just need to see it come playoff time. Joe
0: Burrow is only the third quarterback in NFL history to have multiple game-winning drives in a single postseason. The other two were Kurt Warner and Tom Brady. They both won the Super Bowl that season. Listen, man. As cliche as it sounds, Joe Burrow is a winner. He's taken a historically clowned on franchise that hasn't had any success in the last 31 years to three straight playoff wins and a Super Bowl appearance. You can't overlook that. Number one graded quarterback in PFF with an abysmal offensive line. You can't overlook that. And his leadership quality, the cool factor.
1: He is cool as in. He is super cool.
0: Joe Burrow. I'm taking him over Justin Herbert until Justin Herbert has success in the postseason. Because of this Burrow run, we can't put him past Burrow just yet. You're right. Her- Herbert has more talent for sure. The more talented quarterback isn't always the better one.
1: All right. So then, as to your logic, Josh Allen's not better than Mahomes. Mm, that's close. It, no, no, you said Allen no. was better. No,
0: no, no. You said Allen was better than Mahomes. However, well, I off s- I your said, logic, I said one a one. I said it's not clear cut that Mahomes is the best. Off your logic, until
1: Herbert's done it right, you, he can't be better than Burrow. Until Josh Allen has done it, he can't be better than
0: Mahomes. Then it's, it's that close. Legacy wise, yeah. Like resume wise, yeah. Absolutely, Mahomes is clear. So I thought the question was who's better. No, the question is who are you taking. I'm taking Burrow. hate that. I'm taking Burrow. And I do think Burrow's better. I think he's better, too. Hot dog. I do think he's better, too. Wow. I'm stunned.
1: Better? Yes. In what way? Explain to me what he— I think he he
0: he reads defenses better.
1: I'll give you that. He's an amazing reader of the field, no doubt. What else does he do better than him? Nothing. He's more accurate than him, though. The, Burrow was number one in completion percentage this year. Yes, he so. was,
0: and I again, I'm giving him his credit for that. Oh my god! Listen, so, we know you're going to say Herbert. We know it.
1: He has a better arm than him. The accuracy, accuracy, you got to give it to Burrow. That's true. God. I don't
0: know. There, this is the debate. So, this is that damn near, hold up. Let me ask you, Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow, who's better? Oof. Because Stafford has the arm, all the shit you're raving about,
1: and he also has the accuracy.
0: Okay, so who's better?
1: Mm. I'm going Maddie Staffy.
2: Okay, I don't want to answer that question right now.
1: Answer? No, 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 no. <laughs> if I'm going on a limb and I'm answering, I need everyone to well, answer. I have to give my Herbert versus Burrow take first, bro.
2: Give yours, yeah, one at a sure. time. I just want to make sure you were done with your take before I. I'm done. I didn't, okay, I didn't, I'm want done. To, I didn't want to interrupt I'm or anything done. because you were you were going on for a while there. Uh, this is very similar to the debate we had last week of Allen versus Mahomes. Just a. Tear down from the two, right? Oh, we
0: just last week we talked about who played the better game.
2: I thought it was also who's better. That was nah. I think that was two, no. Two, it was, was just who two who had the better game. Okay. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But I think we also got into debate who would you rather have. Probably, I mean, at, at this point, but I see it very similarly. I don't think you could go wrong either way. Both these quarterbacks are fantastic, just like Mahomes and Allen are. And these four quarterbacks are going to be running the NFL for the next 10 years. You hate to see they're all in the AFC. It's, it's honestly it's heartbreaking, truthfully, because even if Zach reaches his peak, he's probably going to be the fifth best, which hurts. I don't know about in, the, that. in the AFC. Um, to get into it, though, this is a matter of talent versus X factor to me, right? Because to me, Herbert is, is clearly... I shouldn't clear is kind of rude. But to me, Herbert has more raw talent, a bigger arm. I think he's more mobile. I think he has more zip on the ball. I just think talent-wise, Herbert has Burrow cleared in just about everything you could, you could ask for in terms of arm talent, mobility, uh, strengths. I think I mean he was a 4.0 biology major. He's obviously smart, knows how to read defenses. So I think Herbert has more natural talents. But that obviously doesn't mean everything right? Jamarcus Russell had some of the mo- best talent in the world, while Tom Brady, on the other hand, isn't the most talented quarterback, and he's the best quarterback ever. So just because you're more talented doesn't necessarily mean you're the best quarterback. And stats-wise, it is pretty damn close, right? Herbert does have more yards, had some more touchdowns, but he also had a ton more attempts. They were a bit more of a pass-heavy offense. Brendan Staley's obviously a, a, a very aggressive guy who tends to throw the ball more often than not, and and Joe Mixon... Uh, Is more of a workhorse, I would say, than Austin Eckler is, who also gets a lot more passing work than than Joe Mixon did too. I really think the better question here is where do we rank these guys amongst all the quarterbacks? Because if you want to look at just these two, we could talk for hours about who's better, who has this going for him, that going for him, look at his weapons, his coaching, whatever you want to do. Personally, if I'm just starting a franchise right now, I'm still taking Herbert. And I know it's crazy to say because Joe Burrow is close to him. There is a small gap in terms of skill level, but I do think the way Joe Burrow carries himself and he has this like humble, like arrogance about him. Like he's not arrogant, but he just has that like confidence. swagger
1: to him. I was told at a young age it's not cockiness. It's confidence. He just
2: goes into the room. He look. He gives me that Joe Namath. Maybe it was just the uh, the the fur coat. But he gave me almost that Joe Namath vibe. He's just the coolest guy in the room, you know. And that goes a long way. Not only confidence in the football field, but other players and coaches notice that. And you know they're gonna, um, you know they're gonna go towards you because they think you're that guy. If you know you're that guy, then other players are gonna see that too. But man, it's just hard for me to look at what what Herbert did. Who was a game away from the playoffs? Put up thirty five points. Did everything he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have the next ten years to have this debate. Yep. Um. And I know you talk a lot about Ed Ogeron and, and, and Zach Taylor. But I don't know. We all sold on Brandon Staley, or even uh, who's their coach last year? Um.
0: Anthony, Anthony, Lynn. Anthony
2: Lynn, we're not sold on these guys as being great coaches either. I know at least Zach Taylor made it through his first season, but that's because it was his first year being the head coach more than anything. and it, was, it wasn't Anthony Lynn. So I don't think we're sold on either of these coaches. At least Zach Taylor is the offensive mind who's going to be with him for year after year. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if the Chargers ended up moving on um, I, I think it is a little silly to bring up the Ed Orgeron thing. It wasn't just Joe Burrow. They had the best offense of all time with Jettas and Jamar Chase and Clyde and, until Joe Burrow and, got and Terrence that. Marshall. Well, that's when also all these guys came, okay. bursted out
0: to the scene. Okay, but Joe Burrow was a guy. He yeah, had no, the most historic taking, quarterback season ever. I'm not taking
2: anything away from Burrow, but not. it's – it. but the – Football's a team game. It's not just the quarterback. It's the schemes. It's the sorry, defense. Kid. You, you it's did the skill positions. Let that go, bro. No, bro, because you've man. been. What do let you let go. it go? You've been it go. No, it no, whole stop year, it, bro. bro. Sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I can let you off the hook on something. We can't, we can, we can, we can't go up a, here and give all the praise my, to the quarterback. about schemes? What about schemes? My arguments be firm.
1: In what way, bro? You do flip flopping right now. You do laps. You do laps. No, 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 it's not. Flip flopping right now. No,
0: it's not. Joe Burrow, his rookie season was on pace to have the same season as Justin Herbert had he not got hurt. It was literally a debate before Burrow got hurt who's the offensive rookie of yes. the year. it was, So until Joe Burrow got hurt, they were neck and neck. They were having similar seasons. What's that to do with anything? That they have been similar quarterbacks. It's not like Justin Herbert has been far and away better than Burrow. They have been neck and neck. And Joe Burrow has now proved it on the biggest stage that he's big time. So that's the separate. Did
1: Herbie not put... Pull- Showed that he was big time
0: in the, the biggest, biggest stage is not week eighteen. It was a bro. playoff game. It's a pl- playoff. That was a playoff game. Joe Burrow's done it three times already. I'm he with you, If the, hey, no, the, hey, the only if two it's quarter- coming
1: off like I'm disrespecting Joe Burrow and, and trying to disregard everything he's done. That's not what I'm trying to The only to do. two
0: quarterbacks that have beat Mahomes are Tom, Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, bro. In the playoffs, Joe Burrow beat him twice in the season. Mahomes Impressive beat himself. himself.
1: Mahomes beat himself. Oh, really? Okay. And oh, uh, Joe Burrow beat Mahomes. Are you serious? Joe Burrow beat Mahomes. You're he had himself, a
0: bad. game-winning Bengals, drive. The Bengals what are you didn't beat the about? Chiefs.
2: The Bengals didn't beat the Chiefs. Oh, so Patrick Mahomes beat Josh. You're Allen. You're right. The Bengals beat pa- the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes we, beat Josh Allen. We Hold just up. had. We just this had Patrick oh my Mahomes beat Josh Allen. You're doing no, You're you oh doing
0: yourself. We just had an entire freaking segment. About praising the Bengals' defense, did we just not? Yeah, I'm of course. Saying, of you course. Said bro. Joe you Mahomes. said Joe Burrow beat Mahomes. You said Joe Burrow beat Mahomes. You did, Bro.
2: Pick a yes, side, bro. Which did. one is it? He okay. did beat Mahomes. Right, then we're going to run with that going forward. If I say ex-quarterback beats ex-quarterback, you can't say nothing about it. defense. No, no, no. Hold, 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 hold on, hold up. hold 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 up, hold, receivers,
0: hold up. Receivers. I hear that, hold bro. Up, hold up, bro. No. <laughs> what you're, you're doing,
2: crazy, bro? No, you're crazy, <laughs> what you're bro. doing is different. No, 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 no.
0: Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Bro, let, me explain. let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I almost spit on my water. I almost just listen, bro. Water. Nah, you're getting too emotional. You gotta let me talk. No, right now. no, he's not. No, I'm yes, he talk, is. I would yes, tell he is. I'm, I'm the crazy. judge
1: here. I'm the judge here. I'm he's the third crazy. part. I'm telling no, you,
0: bro, bro I'm listen. sorry. You did not to yourself. Can I speak? No, no, no. First of all, where are your allegations stemming from? Why are you telling what, me that? How, no, how, no, no, geez, how many months how back did? do we have to go back? Get, no, 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 no. My first episode ever on the show.
2: Just give That's me, probably when it just, started. Just give me just give me one example. One was the Mahomes versus Brady. Brady beat Mahomes. You said no.
0: Okay. An, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's start there. Let's start there. Okay. My gripe with what you said was that Mahomes could never catch Brady. That was my gripe with what you said. You said it doesn't matter what Mahomes does. Yeah. Because he lost to Brady, he can't catch up to him. And you threw it out. because I, you said it's a team. No, no. no. I said yes, that's exactly. I, I said this. I said I just don't. The summary of what I said. I just think it's silly to say Mahomes can't catch Brady just because he lost to him. Because you never know, Mahomes could rack up some of the Super Bowl wins and have statistically better numbers than him. So you don't know that. Okay. What about when I brought up Lamar, all of his stats, and I was like, oh, by the way, he's the most winning
2: quarterback under twenty five in NFL history. You threw that out. You said, I don't care. The Raiders the, had a good and the, team. They and have a the good Joe, defense. In the Joe
1: Burrow Tua, debate, Tua, Tua, all he does is win. You absolutely throw that away also.
0: Look, let's not even mention Tua because I don't want to upset you even more. Um, the Lamar you, thing. You, Tua's not even in this conversation. We're talking about great quarterbacks right now. I'm just telling you this guy wins. Well, we're talking about great quarterbacks right now. He is. Let, let's please. He's he Jimmy G. Let's pl- Please. We're talking about great don't quarterbacks Don't insult right Tua like that, please. Don't
1: insult him like that.
0: You mentioned that Lamar stat when we had the Joe Burrow debate, right? Um.
2: I don't know. I feel like we just got off track with that one. I don't remember. Okay, you're
0: right. Lamar is the most winningest quarterback. His rookie season, he went six and one or six and two, I believe. He wasn't a great passer that year. He wasn't asked to be it. I
2: want to say only oh yeah. But the difference
0: with Lamar is that with Lamar, yeah, he's the most winningest quarterback, but we saw his first playoff appearance 14 and 2, favorites by far against Tennessee, and they lose. His rookie season against the Chargers, I mean, they got embarrassed against the Chargers, quite frankly. It wasn't until his third year to where he finally won a playoff game and then lost the very next week. So, Second year like, one in three record in the playoffs. And in this past year, statistically a down year all around. So, yeah, I said, I think Burrow is better than Lamar because he's a better passer. And I'd rather take him going forward. The winning thing was all cool, but we saw Lamar in those big moments not Perform at least or not win the game, and he struggled as a passer. It's just what it is. I think in those some of those games he had, he completed like 55% of his passes. That's the difference. Herbert and Burrow are in year two statistically, they are the same this past year. Burrow was the first ranked quarterback according to PFF, and he's won three playoff games. He has three game winning drives in these games. Yes, the defense was phenomenal against KC. Burrow had a game winning drive, bro. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah, versus the, the Raiders,
2: stop Mahomes after we went on a whole debate last week about should the overtime rules get changed. The Bengals went out and said, Look, Wait, the are Chiefs aren't
1: gone. We can stop them. The interception took them to what, like, the, the, the 40. You got like 30. That's still a
0: game winning drive, though. And, and Joe Mixon they won the game we'll off that so, drive. Like, Come
1: on, man. like, no,
0: that's it. Versus the Raiders, game winning drive. They had a game winning drive. Versus the Titans, they had a game winning drive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Burrow has these moments, but bro. But, bro, you can't keep flip-flopping between it's not quarterback flip-flopping. versus quarterback versus team versus team. Which one is it? Bro, obviously it's team versus okay. team.
2: all right. But, but don't, don't bring up the, oh, are the you telling Bird me? Are go- you
0: telling me Herbert is in a far worse position than Joe Burrow? Tal- very, similar tal- tal- very similar
2: positions. Okay,
0: and who is the one succeeding? All right, he does bro. not have Jamar Chase T. Higgins. I don't even, and Joe I don't Burrow doesn't
2: have a about top that. 10 offensive line in the even NFL. I don't care about that. Herbert was one game away from making the playoffs, just like the Bengals were. were made the playoffs. They, they won, they won division, the division, to be bro. fair. We're, about- in a very, we're comparing the NFC North to the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Steelers with Big Ben, Lamar sorry, and the Browns
0: who were a the mess Bengals all season. The Bengals finished at, with the same record as the Chargers, bro. I mean, the Bengals finished with the yes. same record as the Chiefs, bro. It was a weak AFC this year, for sure. But you look, Herbert could have been doing, he was Bro, a game away from the playoffs. They lost Someone to the Texans. They lost a gimme game to the Texans. The the
2: Bengals lost to the Bears. They lost to the Jets.
0: Okay, but they made the playoffs. They, they won the, they they, they won the I division. I understand, but just because one Guess bad game. Like, Guess what? Joe Burrow's rookie season, Baltimore and Pittsburgh embarrassed the Bengals. They beat the crap out of them. This year, what happened? Joe Burrow beat the crap out of them. He embarrassed I mean, Baltimore twice. Baltimore's, not just once, Baltimore's twice. This is
1: trash. It's not Not good. the first
0: time they faced them. Not the first time they faced them. And statistically he has he, he dominated them. He dominated them. He did 900 so. yards, bro, in two amazing. games. Like, come on, bro. It's amazing. Come on, bro. Let, let, come on, bro. And statistic. I'm
1: not.
2: No one's sitting here and trying to shit on Burrow, bro. No That's what nobody's doing. No, you're trying but to argue no. the
0: winning quarterback stat. Yes, I just gave you an explanation for all those moments, but bro. It's still nonsense. It's not it's nonsense. Still nonsense. How does it? Whatever fits your come narrative. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. A it's just thing, it's bro. the truth, bro. Nah, it's the truth, nah, bro. I've seen Lamar. Yeah, Lamar has the winning record, but I have seen him in the playoffs not perform. We're seeing Burrow lead his team to an AFC North title in his second season after a reconstructed knee be statistically better than Herbert right. this past it's season and win three playoff games in it's, a he row. Was, he was graded and higher. The than The Bengals him. He wasn't statistically better. Okay, than whatever. And the and the Bengals and the Bengals were underdogs in two of their three playoff games. Yeah, and they they've won. Come on, bro. They've been Come great. on, bro. They've Come been, on, bro. been great. He has these moments. they not ignore them. But that. I'm
2: not taking this one playoff run. Just like I'm not taking one loss by Lamar okay. and being this is the narrative. Joe Burrow is going to be amazing forever and win multiple Super Bowls. And Lamar is never going to win another. A playoff game and, because of one bad series, one bad playoff run, and, and
0: the stat and the, and the quarterback stat also came, uh, came up when he ha- when we had the debate Josh Allen versus Mahomes last week, right? Yes. I said Josh Allen played better than Mahomes, and just because he lost, I didn't think that Mahomes played better. I mean, yeah, Mahomes they, won the game, but I just thought Josh Allen played better. You know, I I just don't base quarterbacks off of the off of if they win or not. Isn't Bro, this what we're talking about right now? No, it's different. <laughs> Burrow is not just winning, bro. He's putting up fantastic performances and doing it. He's not Jimmy g in it. I think we've
2: talked he's about not, his, his playoff performances have been good, but they have not been backpacking them. They have that. been
0: great, bro. They Tennessee, have been great. Tennessee, was that a great he had, performance? He had 240-2. sacked nine times he had, and still led him to a win. He had 240-2 against the he Raiders. He have
1: lost that game if Tannehill was at least a 7 out of 10. He had
2: 240-2 against the Raiders. Solid game, not spectacular. Three hundred yards, zero touchdown interceptions against the Titans. Titans. Fine game, not crazy. And this game against the Chiefs, he had 250, two fifty-two touchdowns and interception. He played. He played. two hundred fifty
0: yards, two touchdowns and an interception isn't a great game. No, are you no. serious? How is that not a great in? game? Great. Are, you are you serious? Are you serious? It's not
2: nineteen eighty, bro. 250, two fifty-two touchdowns, interception is a, the most average stat line you could possibly get.
0: Are you dead ass? That's thirty-four
2: <laughs> touchdowns, seventeen interceptions, and like. Thirty six hundred yards. That would be your. That would be your season set if you average that your entire season. That's actually what he had this season.
0: Two hundred and fifty seven. Two. Aaron Rodgers averaged 250, 257 yards, uh, passing yards per game. Okay. So Bro, two. We, he did he. I'm, he I'm had an average. Okay, no! I'm no, I'm he saying, had an MVP season. Yes, and oh, he averaged two fifty yards per he game. He turned the ball over four okay. times, okay. Joe But Bro he had an MVP over. season. He averaged two hundred fifty yards per game. What was his full sets? Two hundred fifty. Yards no, his total um, totality. Okay, I know. Hold up, let me see. Let me check it. He had four thousand one hundred fifteen yards, thirty-seven touchdowns, four picks.
2: Okay, bro. we're talking about Joe Burrow in the biggest moments. Has had good games. He's been he, great, he bro. He, has he hasn't been, been good. He's
0: been great. Yes, he's been. I don't know what you're watching. He's, he's had been gr- no. He's had
1: great moments. Yes, is that fair? Can I? He, he's been spectacular. He, he's had spectacular, he's spectacular. moments.
0: He, yeah. That, to, that has led them, that has if he's had the biggest plays in those if games.
2: If 252-1 is spectacular, what happens if you throw 300, 300 yards and three touchdowns? What's
1: that? Joe Bro? Like, has he impressed you as much as Eli Manning did in his 2007 run
0: or 2011 run? Well, that's different. I mean, Eli won it all. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm asking you. I mean, we're comparing Joe Bro to an all-time
1: run. I mean, I think— How about 2011? Because 2007, I agree, that was all-time great.
0: 2011, the 49ers muffed the punt and they lost the game. That's why they lost. And and Ryan Tannehill played like absolute garbage. And Patrick is absolutely choked. Joe Burrow is completing 69% of his passes. Four touchdowns to two picks. 280 yards per game in the playoffs so far. 96 passer rating. Okay, how is that not spectacular, bro? Are we serious right now? Okay, he hasn't been Josh Allen flawless. Perfect. You're right. But he's been spectacular in these playoffs. How can how can you watch him and just say he's been good?
2: He's been good. He's been good as hell. But he's not the reason they've been in all these games. The defense has been
0: spectacular. Oh, so he wasn't the reason like the Bengals scored down twenty-one to three and they came back. And he's
2: the reason they stopped the Chiefs on defense. Has held them to three. How points? many touchdowns
1: has he had this postseason? Four, four, In three. He's games. had four, four touchdowns. Yes, yeah, in three games. Yes. He better come to play because I'm looking at Eli Manning, 2011, nine touchdowns, one interception. I'm looking at 2007, where even if you want to say Eli wasn't the main reason they won, six touchdowns, one interception. Listen, let's e- let's ease it up, Joe. Because you said he's
0: Tom Brady. Look, I never hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chill out.
1: I, Chill. I the was hell going out. to say
0: this, and you told me to wait. You said he was Tom. He could be Tom Brady. No, no, no. Th- I never said that, bro. You gotta relax. I said this. We talk about Josh Allen. We talk about Mahomes. because last week, when no, two weeks ago, when they. Played in the playoffs, we were like, yo, this is the next Manning versus Brady, right? It is. And we just put aside Joe Burrow. Like, he can't be in that conversation. Joe Burrow, like Tom Brady, isn't the most physically talented player, but he has the intangibles that make him great. Maybe- he isn't
1: having a Big Ben moment? What? He isn't having a Big Ben
0: moment. He is having a Big Ben moment, but I think Tom- I think Joe Burrow projects more as in terms of like just the qualities they have to a Tom Brady than he does a Big Ben. Big Ben was a guy who was 6'5", I mean, hell of an arm, big body. Like, the guy was physically talented. He was physically gifted. So I compare a Josh Allen more to that because they're physically talented. I agree Mahomes, Manning, you know, just the stats, the eye-popping stats and stuff, just the way they play. Joe Burrow is very technical, like a Brady, that he doesn't wow you with his arm talent, his running ability, all this other stuff, but he wows you with the plays he makes with the smart reads he makes and how yeah. technical and he is
2: situationally he's been spectacular this playoff line. and that's
0: what matters in the playoffs oh, though
2: i agree 100 that's the most important i'd rather you be perfect situationally than be perfect all game and screw up in the fourth quarter
0: and even though he doesn't have the touchdowns to back it up he doesn't have like the seven touchdowns or the nine touchdowns like you said eli had i mean joe burrow is still putting them in positions 100%. to score yes I agree. and sometimes that's what the playoffs are all about the Titans game was a grinded out game he put McPherson in a position to score on that play to Jamar Chase. You could
1: argue McPherson's been their team MVP. He's been. He probably has been. He's, the, he, he's Brady's been. He, just he's like pro- he, Brady. he probably has McPherson,
0: been, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying that. Never once did I said football is not a team game. I know that winning is not a quarterback driven stat. You're right, acting like it. But when you have everything that backs it up, like Joe Burrow has all these signature moments. He has these stats that and match up to Herbert. That's I mean, what I said on, about,
2: that's what I said, the exact thing I said about Mahomes and Brady. When
0: we, when we talked about the top the five, thing. when we talked about, that. when we talked about the top five young quarterbacks in the NFL, it was not too long ago. I put, nice I put Burrow behind Herbert. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, I put Burrow behind Herbert and that was before this playoff run even started. Right. But they were already neck and neck for me. But now that Burrow's done this, I didn't expect him to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can put him ahead of him because he's he's proven it with his play right now. And we all say these things like, yo, but if Josh Allen, I mean, if Justin Herbert, this is his second season, Justin Herbert can still succeed and stuff. I mean, yeah, he can still succeed in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. And if he does, then we start to change these rankings. I mean, the NFL is a year-to-year thing. I agree. You know, Cooper Cup was in the top— three receiver last year. It's a year to year thing. Right now, it's Burrow. And that's how that's how I'm going with it. That's what I'm wrong.
2: Well the with. question is is it's not who is it now? It's who would you take? And who I would
0: take right now oh, is Burrow. Okay. Well, makeup nice. That that no that's a fact. Who would I take right now is Burrow. Listen, bro, I just we can just accept you know, that as a makeup. Three it's, three years ago, three years ago. Kills me. Three years ago, I know. Bro, bro. I know, bro I know. three years ago you say who are you taking Joel Embiid or Jokic? You say Embiid. But now it's Jokic. It's not Embiid. You don't think about it's it. It's not that clear. It is clear. It is pretty abundantly clear. Where's Rob Williams in this? He's not even there. No. He.
2: I saw he uh, has the franchise record for most dunks in the season. No. Love that. I, I, I'm a huge and over so Bill Tatum. Russell and no way. Yeah, Od. I was shocked. Yeah. Interesting, but it was is that is this conversation we're having right now not. Eerily similar to the Mahomes versus Brady. And I said, if you stack it up and it's neck and neck all the way, but Brady has that win over Mahomes, that's gonna put Brady on top.
0: I'm gonna watch the film and I'll be back oh, with you. I'm the film's go, right I'm here. Film. I know. I might go have film. said
2: that verbatim two months ago, whenever it was, a month ago.
0: That wasn't the 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 argument we were having though. And I, I'll go watch the film and we'll go we'll go study it and I'll you know see Rocky get better at. But I'm gonna watch the <laughs> film. I'm gonna watch the film for sure. We're gonna see. All right, you guys well, have still failed to show me the Audentate thing, too.
1: I'm doing you a favor. Oh,
0: I need to see it. No, no. We don't have to do it on camera. We can do it off camera. Yeah, we you forgot still last time. Me. Okay. All is right. There so, something
1: blasphemous about Chase. He said that Audentate could be as good. Nah. I remember, like it was yesterday. <laughs> That's, cap. <laughs> That's cap.
0: So, uh, thank <laughs> you guys. Know. This is gonna do it for episode 151 of the Pick a podcast. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, Merch. and we'll see you next time. And also, uh, we have Ramily t-shirts out now. You can buy them. Pick a side shop. Link in our bio.
1: We also got pick a side hoodies. We got pick a tees. We have one with the circle. That's our logo on YouTube. We have ones without. They're pretty nice. You got a bunch of colors you can choose from. Uh, Pickasidepodcast.com. Check it out.
0: And thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time.